Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. people to believe in me and i want people to believe me when they chase my beer that's what it's about you mean you laid underneath it and tried to put his tongue up the bung (laughs) i like to actually scoop up the yeast Uh and look at it seven o'clock came real early that next morning yeah man thanks for dumbing that down for us you did an awesome job it's all about food and beer punch me in the junk man that thing was thick the point is just beat it like it's your dick i like to smell it afterwards (laughs) are you being sarcastic no bring your body armor i ran in my jungle once on a ball valve on a kettle That's a true happy ending. Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the program. Glad to have you with us on another good Sunday here on the Brewing Network. And, uh, Doc, for me, it's another hungover Sunday, I have oh, to admit. Nice. Yeah, it's been a long... <laughs> festival season is in full force, and uh, it's, this is going to go on from here to October. No, probably. Yeah. Uh, you know that that new mixing board sounding awesome. You like that? Yeah. Oh man. I like the new lights on it. Too. What a stupid! I'm such an idiot. Yes. <laughs> and you just proved it one more time. It yeah. didn't take a new mixing board for us to know that. To figure that one out. Yeah. Well, those of you who didn't listen to lunch meet on Friday, I think that was where I. Uh, <laughs> Which is not many of you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of you already know. <laughs> Most of you know what happened. I. Uh, well, let's just say that Chad brewed a pint of beer that was worth a few hundred dollars. <laughs> it was a, a very... Special beer. It was a very valuable and special... It was, uh, it was a slippery beer. Yeah. <laughs> I dumped an Imperial pint, all 22 ounces, right into the middle of my main mixing board right here in the studio. Yeah. And uh, But only because the Schumanns came in. They, well, the Schumanns yeah. came in, they were... And that's the only reason. ...bugging me, and I was, like, waving them off or something. I had the beer just sitting, you know, inches away from my mixer. I like do, you always do. Right. It's like not because you're a retarded spaz, it's because we came in. Yeah. yeah, there's two completely different things. Yeah. Uh, no 
that. No, yeah, okay. I don't think you guys had to explain all that to everybody. <laughs> and uh, the other thing, too, is uh, my, my spilling aim was extremely accurate. Of the 22 ounces of beer that were poured, uh, not even an ounce missed the board. <laughs> I mean, That's it all good. went right, right down the center. Point blank. Yeah. Give him a 10. Uh, it's one of those things where you just kind of, it's really the brain of the whole studio. You just sit there for a few seconds, just... In like trying to figure out if that actually just happened, and then there's two <laughs> ways you go with it: you either laugh or you cry, right? And hey, that's get another beer. So yeah. after Justin was done crying, we helped him get the, <laughs> the beer out of there. I got another beer. So yeah, it was an expensive mistake, man, and that that sucked. Kind of bummed hey, me out. So are children, you know? Yeah, very expensive mistakes. Ask Doc. Yeah, yeah, and my mom, for example. So we're gonna hang it on the wall here in the studio, as uh, it's been with us for a long time. Don't, don't do this. Yeah, I've had it for eight years. That uh, mixer, and it was in bands. A lot of disco music ran through that mixing board. A long time <laughs> it ago. Deserved to die. Yeah. <laughs> I put it out of its misery. Is what happened. Uh, I want to know how it lasted that long. I know it is. That was actually really our only surprise when it happened. Was you know how did it take that long for this to happen? Uh, We've had beer flying all over this desk. Lots of things. Yeah. So got lucky. <laughs> that it made it that far. Anyway, hopefully everything sounds good this week. Uh, I also have been troubleshooting the buzz that was in the archive last week. I don't think it's there this week. We're still. not buzzed this week? Yeah, we're still... Yeah. <laughs> not yet. I'm sure we will be. There's going to be a lot of beer flowing today. Oh, uh, man. Uh, we've got a lot of guests here already. We've got some more guests coming oh, um, nice. that we met at the Firkin Festival in Berkeley yesterday. So I think they're going to come hang out with us. Some of the guys from North Coast Brewing Company might be stopping by. Oh, cool. It might be all the guys from North Coast Brewing <laughs> Company. I was drunk, so I don't remember how many were there that got Uh-oh. invited. Who knows? See, once again, you're drunk and inviting guys back to your house. <laughs> Never ends good. No. So to speak. So uh, today we've got uh, home brewer extraordinaire Mike Milam in the studio with us talking sour beers. Glad to have you, Mike. Thanks. People seem pretty excited, too. Um, everyone's real into the Belgian and sour beers right now. Well, that's good. And we've had some pros in here talking <laughs> to us about it. But you're the first uh, uh, amateur, the first home brewer who, who's been doing it for as long as you have. Ten years or so? Uh, yeah, I have a beer that's about uh, nine years old. You have a nine-year-old beer. Yep, no I kidding. brought some and I brought an eight-year-old today. That's good. An eight-year-old yeah. beer. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yep. So Schumann, relax. Schumann, settle uh-huh. down. <laughs> and Mike was always talking to me about sour beers long before it was cool. Oh, yeah. Really? And I'm, yeah, it just didn't sound good to me. And he's smacking his lips over this. was about eight, nine years ago. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I changed my mind. Yeah. So Did he finally bring you one? Was that part no, of No, we just no. talked about it before. And it, it stuck in my mind that, hey, if, you know, he likes it, then it must be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to do that. We're going to talk about sour beers today and how we can brew them at home. And you've brought a couple samples for us, I think, right? Yes. Uh, what'd you bring? Just I brought curious. a uh, mixed berry uh, lambic and a uh, peach nectarine lambic. Beautiful. Oh, that just sounds good. Bevo, you're stoked. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a, I have a belief. Uh, fruit doesn't really belong in beer except for alembic. Okay. <laughs> hey, that you know that might be a good rule of thumb in, yeah. in general. There's some good uh, other fruit beers out there. Yeah, well, maybe, f- maybe a Berliner Weiss, you know? Yeah. Fruit, fruit extract belongs in ex- D- Dortmunder exports. <laughs> Isn't that right, yeah. uh, Tasty McDill? <laughs> <laughs> Tasty and Chat were up at Russian River yesterday yeah. while, while we were at the, the Firkin Festival. Me and the Schumanns went to the Firkin Festival. Sammy went with us, too. And uh, First of all, we're out all night with uh, 
Push Eject and Sven came and surprised us yeah, on Friday. Friday night, Friday night was pretty fun. I even got a hall pass. That was great. Yeah, Doc was out with us. We went karaoke singing at some seedy bar and. Um, well, we first we went to the sweaty coffin in Walnut Creek, which is just, it smells like an RV when you walk in there. Yeah. And then uh, we left left Sammy there. Everybody, three cars just get in and leave, <laughs> and Sam calls Sam us. Sam calls us ten minutes later. Hey, where are you guys? I was going to the bathroom. <laughs> Even his wife left him. Bevo, you left Sam. You know what? I took care of myself. I managed to get myself into a car. He needs to do the same for himself. <laughs> I when right. I walked away, I said, I'm going this way. I was going to JP's car. He could have came with me. He That's going to be great to. when you have children, you know? Left all his <laughs> he, she already yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I already do. <laughs> I took care of myself. That two-month-old can find its way home. Okay? Yeah, exactly. So you did all that out late and then went to the, you know... Strapped it back on at the Furkin Festival yesterday, which is a great festival down at Triple Rock in Berkeley, and it was for a good cause. I think the charity this year was for burn victims. We've all been burned once or twice, I'm sure. So i uh, like to see a little charity for that. It's only gonorrhea. 20 bucks uh, got you like five tastings, and then um, I knew half the people in the room, so people kept giving me tokens to get more tastings. Wow. Uh, which is always a wonderful way to go to a beer fest when people just have extra tickets. Uh, so we had our fair share and ended up... Drinking late into the hours with Roger from Drake's, formerly from Drake's. He's selling beer now for Drake's. It's not brewing anymore. Hmm. Selling their beer. I don't know if I'd buy anything from Roger, i got to say. <laughs> I, I, I wonder I, if he has anything to sell. I, <laughs> well, I definitely drink his beer. Drake's beer was always awesome, you know. Uh, but I don't know if I'd buy anything. Roger's a scary-looking guy. But I guess he's doing well. Well, good. He's got the bad boy image, so if you're buying it, then yeah. you like bad you're boys. You're scared yeah. if you don't buy it. Yeah. yeah. So walking out of the Firkin Fest, Hume and I were feeling great, you know, because we had drank away our hangover at that point. But I'm sure that our livers were not happy. I'm pretty sure I heard Schumann's liver talking to him on our way out. Yeah, it was like, hey guys, what's going on? I think I think you could have uh, given me a break tomorrow, Schumann. I sure could use a fucking carrot or something. Did you really have to shoot the tequila? I thought this was a beer fest. Can I get some water or something? I'm a little parched. Uh, my buddy Kidney One and Kidney Two are getting. Real pissed off down here. That's right. I don't want to go back to the bathroom. It stinks in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, it was it was rough, man. But a good time and a lot of good beers. A uh, couple beers to mention. Of course, Triple Rock had a real good one there in a Firkin. Uh, Half Moon Bay had a really nice, true English style Firkin cast conditioned beer. Uh, it was probably the only one there that was. What you'd expect if you were drinking out of a firkin in England. What style you know? was it? Uh, it was saying firkin. It was an English brown hmm. and uh, just real nice and, and mild like it should be and low carbonation. It was it was very, very nice. Firkin awesome. Yeah, it was firkin awesome. Uh, Sierra Nevada. I don't get it. That was dumb. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. I thought it was, it was okay, shooty. Thanks, man. Sierra Nevada had a, uh, a, a beer called Torpedo there, which was a cast-conditioned IPA. It was pretty nice. Um, Stone had a good one. Pizza Port had a really nice one there. So, good festival. And uh, it, it happens every year, so you should uh, be on the lookout for that one if you're in the Bay Area. And the other thing is, the BN Army was bringing it strong there, too. Really? Shirts everywhere, man. T-shirts nice. everywhere. One of them was on one of the brewers at North Coast. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's down there hanging out. He's got to be an army shirt on. A couple hats. Uh, so I met a couple new listeners and met some listeners that, that, that we've met before. And But of all the you know beer shirts that were there, ours was the only one that was repeated several times over. I mean, we kind of owned the place. That's good. Yeah. How do you like that? Nice. It's pretty good, man. 
You should get royalties every time they wear it on. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. We were, I was taking the family up to Tahoe a few weeks back, and uh, we pulled into uh, Sudvork, and my wife even pointed out a guy walking in. Hey, isn't that one of your shirts? Really? There's a guy wearing a BN shirt, so I went over there to say hi. Love it. Um, one guy was a brewer. One guy was just getting into brewing, but on the way, they were going actually the other direction. They were going from Reno back uh, the, no they're going yeah no they live in reno they're going down to the peninsula i think or something and okay uh, they were listening to our show yeah actually they were, listen, they were listening to the jameel show okay first and it was the one i did so it was quality and it was the one that i did on oktoberfest and oh okay it's like, it just weird yeah all the way around and did it did they did you creep them out when you walked up and said hi yeah bitch a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. I always like to meet people. So uh, my wife was the one that actually saw the shirt. That's great. That is cool. Wear your colors, everybody. You will be seen. Guarantee. All right, lots of things to get to today. Uh, Bevo is in your chat room today, despite uh, yes. popular belief. I think they thought that that she was scared away last week after. She's tough. After, if she's going to uh, marry Sam, she can she can deal with jerks in the chat room. Yeah, that's not the first time she's cried. <laughs> Her wedding night. The night Sam. The night she said yes. What did I do? The night after her wedding night, every day since. Uh, so, Bebo's back. Yes. The guy sent an email. Uh, everyone's posting about it in the forum, real worried about Bevo and standing up for you. That was nice of, of the listeners. Nice. Uh, he sent an apology email, which I forwarded on to Bevo. It was, <laughs> I think it, it was kind of a... Mm. It was like a backwards apology. Yeah, it was one of those like I'm, I'm sorry. Really, I'm sorry you got hurt. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm sorry to make you feel bad, but uh, come on, it is the chat room. I'm sorry you're young yeah. and you can't handle things like it's not me. It's, it's you. Gonna, it's gonna happen again. Yeah. Well, if you're listening, you're the only person who's ever offended me and been disrespectful. So take that to heart. Everybody else has been cool. Yeah. So it does bring something up that always happens in this in this you know every few months. You guys get crazy in that chat room, and I'm I'm starting to get to feel like I have to uh, censor you or something. Crack the whip. I'm just sick of it. I'm sick and tired of uh, new listeners coming in and saying you know everybody's just yelling at each other in there and uh, they're cursing like truckers and uh, you know you guys got to remember that the entire point of the chat room the the, the main point is that so that they can communicate you guys can communicate questions to our guests like that's why it's there for you um, and and we pay for it to be there for you so that you, if guys like Mike are in here you want to ask him a question specifically that you'd never get to ask him yourself because you're in nebraska or something you go in the chat you type it to, to bevo and, and she sends it right to me so uh please remember that that's the purpose of the chat room everything else is secondary you guys get to hang out have a good time have fun with each other but don't scare people away who might want to come and ask questions so uh, you know i just i don't know what i'm going to do with it yet but maybe i got to set up a separate room or something like called the douche room that you all can go in there and curse at each other and then have the questions room you know <laughs> Who wants to go in the douche room? You'll be called a jerk by me. We're in the douche room. There's no sex in the douche room, by no. the way. As you remember. Well, the main not... thing is don't pummel the new players. Yeah. yeah. So Scare them away. Maybe settle down this week. Drop the F-bombs for a week. Uh, be nice. And, uh, you know, you don't have... In fact, so nice. let's do this. Every time you feel like throwing an insult at somebody, even though they're jokes... I know they're jokes. I know how we all play jokes. around here, and that's cool. I let's like just jokes. Let's, let's chat. Today, the chat room is opposite day. All right? Just like back in <laughs> kindergarten, and you had to have opposite day. Just like on SpongeBob. Yeah. Every time you're about to call somebody a douche, tell them how nice you think they are. Let's try it for a day. Let's see what happens. I don't know. Hey, Justin. I think you're the nicest guy I've ever met. Thanks, yeah. you're, the, you're the biggest, nicest man I've ever known. I really like you, too. Thank you. Great guy. 
JP is. <laughs> you see how that works? How nice this show's turned out already. Great Man. personality you yeah. have. <laughs> what, did you watch Romper Room this week or something? <laughs> Jesus. Schumann, you're, you're very smart, man. Wow. Schumann, you're, you're real funny, too. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. You're a hilarious guy. Now, <laughs> and good looking. Oh, hey, I stop. Think we're, we're bordering on feelings here. <laughs> yeah, you guys have just upped the gay level. <laughs> That's all right. I'm not worried about that. So, I mean it. Everybody in the chat room, it's, I just want to see how it goes for a week being nice. All right? Other than that, send, Sugarcoat it. <laughs> send your questions for our guest to Beverly there in the chat room. Boo Boo Kitty says they love you, JP. Ooh. They love you, JP. Beverly. See? Beverly. Beverly. See, it's, it's respectful day. It is. Miss Beverly it's is not, in the chat. It's not Mrs. Moore. It's not Beef Whore today. It's Miss Beverly. <laughs> you look uh, really handsome today, Justin. <laughs> Thank you, Schumann. You look straight today, Schumann. <laughs> not, uh, you, you can't be dishonest. Yeah, I didn't say it was lie, It is radio, was... but they're not going to believe you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other way you can ask us questions, of course, 888-401-BEER. 888-401-BEER. It's a toll-free number. You can call us and uh, ask your questions that way. Uh, the other thing about that number is all week long, it is the listener line. So if you want to call and leave us messages, ask questions. Uh, I got a bunch of messages last week. Yeah. And uh, thought it was a real good idea to have a uh, message machine for listeners to call in. Good. I'm, I'm, glad, we, I'm glad we got it again. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad that uh, no other radio station in the history of radio has ever thought of having a uh, a uh, message line before us. No. Terrestrial radio? Uh, never heard of it. I don't I don't know, why would they is. even think of that? Why would yeah. you think of... Why would anybody on Earth think of having a message machine? Why would you put two technologies together? Like the phone and, and the, the recorder. Yeah. And, and three... And, and the radio. And the radio. Yeah. Hey, you're well, making my head spin. Slow I'm sorry. down. You're right. Anyway, you can do that all week long here at the Brewing Network. 888 Beer, leave us a message. I'll play you a montage of oh. uh, voicemails that I got from uh, from last week. And Everyone needs a montage. Yeah. I figure we'll do it at the end of the show. We'll do regular feedback at the beginning, and we'll do voicemail feedback at the end of the program. So You're going to forget about it. Uh, probably so. Chat. Do not let... Write it down. Whatever you got to do, do not let me forget voicemail at the end of the program. You need a pen? Write it on your hand or something. All right. Let me write it on your face, Chad. Safe paper. Your write it, no, write it on JP's no, forehead. But run it backwards so you can look in the mirror and see it. There you go. Chat. A couple of announcements other than the phone line. Uh, I mentioned to you last week, the anniversary party is all set for Saturday, June 14th. It's at Downtown Joe's in Napa. It's going to be a hell of a rager. And we're working on all the details now, so we'll keep So work your livers. Yeah. Make them good, because they're going to hurt. Give them a little exercise. Don't uh, overwork them. I don't want calloused livers. Build up some enzymes. It's going to be a long one, too. We're starting at around 5-ish, maybe even 4 and uh, we're there till like midnight. We have the place, so oh, that's yeah. gonna be great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Working on a couple uh, bands to be playing. Uh, Beverly is invited, but Sam is not. Sweet. We've told Sam that great. already. We don't want him around. Um, Hopefully, Shu will play the skin flute in, in, in intermission or something. I think you will. Shu, do you guys know if you're going to be around to play that show yet? I th- at this point, yeah, it looks like we will be around. Oh, cool. You got fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, almost, I'm really glad you're going to be around to play the party, but it's also bad news, isn't it? You'd rather be out of here on tour or something. It'd be nice to be on tour, yeah. Yeah. Well, think of this as... Uh, like your, your, ju- your jump off for yeah, the tour. It's, like a, yeah. <laughs> it's the kickoff. It's the kickoff party. Uh, it sounds like we're just not good enough yet, <laughs> really. <laughs> but I'm glad you're keeping up the nice thing. No, you guys are really, really good. Great. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah. Hey, you guys I travel the, around just with that band just to see them. You guys are the next big thing. Yeah? Yeah. 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 
Can I be a crash Cold Hot Crash is like the new black. I'm oh. going to get your face tattooed on my face. You think so? That's yeah. how good you guys are. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to be a crash head. <laughs> a crash <laughs> head. I don't know if it's that time yet, but Bad Rock is asking about a beer. Asking Did about a beer. It? Oh, yes. Uh, I believe he sent the La Folie, right? No, the red and white. That one, too, though. La Folie. Oh. For yeah, La- thank you for the La Folie. For Bebo. La Folie, because... It was for me? Yeah, oh. remember? Did we get it? Yeah, remember that bright orange uh, message? Oh, I was asleep, but yeah. You were on the couch, and you, you were like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, never Cut mind. out oh. of it, but... <laughs> we had just finished roofing Bevo at that point. Uh, she, <laughs> she doesn't remember Bad Rock, but uh, we enjoyed the beer. We Thanks. were giving her a break. <laughs> no, so it's it's in the fridge. It's a red and white from Dogfish It. Oh. Is that one done in a Pinot barrel or something oh. like that? It's it's yeah, pino. tasty. Did you say penal? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Oh, man. How long? She hasn't been doing the chat room that long, has she? Wow. <laughs> Just turned into JP. <laughs> Wait, what? Which is great, which is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. JP has the best personality. <laughs> All right. So mark your calendar. Saturday, June 14th. I expect to see you at the yeah. anniversary party. I don't care where you're coming from. Uh, John Palmer, uh, uh, How to Brew and Brewing Classic Styles book combo is sold out of the store, and I can't get new stock. I'm trying. Sold it out. Um, As soon as I do, you guys sent me a couple emails this week. Hey, where's the book? Um, Yeah, it was there for a while, and now it's gone. And it's on back order. So you're going to have to uh, hang in there. I'll let you know as soon as I get more books. But you can still get American Homebrewers Association memberships through the store, and you should. It's $38, and a little bit goes to us. A bunch of it goes to the American Homebrewers Association. And you get a great magazine. You get discounts at pubs. You get all all sorts of benefits. A cool membership card. Yeah, you do get a cool membership card. Chad's always proud of his. Shows it to everybody. He's got it on a lanyard. <laughs> yeah, he wears it. It's laminate for him. <laughs> Everywhere he goes, I'm in the AHA, guys. I can get in any, any place with this. I get All discounts. access. Um, but it really is, it pays for itself easily. And if you plan on going to the uh, Homebrewers Conference in Cincinnati this year, you'll get a discount. So go to our store, hit the memberships button, and sign up for an AHA membership. I'll send it to you right away. Uh, and uh, you can be part of the group. You won't be a nerd left out. Thank you. You can also sign up for donations if you want to help the BN keep us alive. Go to the donations page, and you can uh, do a one-time donation, or you can sign up uh, to for a recurring donation. Anything from two dollars a month all the way up to like some ridiculous amount of a hundred dollars a month if you yeah. have nothing else to do with your hard-earned cash. Uh, but it does keep us alive and keep things going. And I thank every one of you who's already signed up for that. Really, I do. Uh, wouldn't have been able to pick up this mixer that I uh, going to say that yeah. I'm going to probably pour beer on in another week or so without it. So thank you for that. You guys are keeping us alive. Uh, you can send show ideas to Chad at thebrewingnetwork.com. C-H-A-D at thebrewingnetwork.com. <laughs> I'm spelling it slowly for you. The, the listener out there who uh, sent me hate mail because you couldn't figure out where S-H-A-D at the Brewing Network was. <laughs> C as in cat. Cat. Yeah. Or other I words. Know. Or other words. H Still funny. as in whore without the W. Uh, a as well, now in ass. D, as in Dick, Chad, at thebrewingnetwork.com. All That's right? you, Chad. That's where your show ideas Describe go. to a T. And your guest ideas and all that go to him, because I don't care anymore. He does everything. Although, I did book Dan Gordon for us next week, so when you're all cheering that show, it'll be another great appearance. Yay. You can send Chad a big F you, is what you can do, to Chad at thebrewingnetwork.com. Chad, you could do better. That's what they'll be saying. Yeah. Uh, so, Dan Gordon next week. Are you here next week, Bevo? Because you don't want to miss that one. Yeah. I don't know why I wouldn't be. All right. Oh, I'm going to miss and Dan Gordon for the third time. You're gone? I'm gone. Ah, oh, that's right. You're yeah, out of here. To, yeah. San Diego, huh? Oh, oh well. Yeah. That's rough. Sure, Dan won't mind. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, he did kind of ask me, is JP going to be there? I think he wanted to meet um, me. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think sure. you're great, JP. <laughs> 
Thanks, right. Bebo. I'm sorry. I've already I've already gone back on. Um... You're not a bitch at all. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't deserve that last week. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. All right, let's do a little feedback, everybody. Oh my God! You've got mail. Kick ass. <laughs> couple things this week, not too much. No more remix? remix. Let's see, sometimes when I open up the window. There it yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, email, dude, where's Brewing Classic Styles? I'm ready to order it. Uh, it's out. Sorry. <laughs> well, thanks for trying. <laughs> good, a- good effort on your part, my friend. Justin and crew, I found the BN a few months ago and have now taken to listening to the archives while I drive. My friends taught me to brew extract last summer, and now I'm brewing all grain. My wife says I'm so obsessed that uh, all I talk about are things that I heard on the BN more than anything else. I'm now going to package up some of my beers to send out for competition. Anyway, keep up the good work. Love the show. That's from Missing Link. Thanks, man. Glad you found us. Don't annoy your wife, please. She won't let you listen anymore. Or spend money in the store. This one's for Doc. Specifically for you. Doc, first off, discovered BN for a few months back. Now I'm completely addicted. Used to be a huge music fan, owning over 600 albums, ranging from punk to metal, etc., etc. But I haven't listened to music since discovering the BN. That's not not a big range, by the way. The BN. Punk to metal. No, no, it was punk to metal to country to light rock. You said castrated rock. Metal punk's where it's at. I'm not going to read every word, all right? It's a long email. Okay. Uh, let's see. He wants to know... He spent a bunch of money upgrading his system, Doc. Yeah. thousand bucks upgrading his system. Wow. Putting some cool things on there. Got a four-tap kegerator. Uh, one of the purchases to upgrade my system was a pH tester. I'm kicking myself for not doing enough research on pH testers beforehand. I bought the cheap one. Oh. Never buy the cheap one. It's a Hanna Instruments Checker. One. Model one. Yeah. I realized that in order to get a... Plus or minus 0.2 pH, I have to test at 68 degrees, which uh, is obviously no good for sparge water or strike water uh, that's uh, during during the mash. Um, so the only thing I could think of to alleviate the issue is if there's an equation for temperature adjustment. Do you have any insight, Doc? Or, um, you know, should I just go ahead and spend some money on a good one? Um, you don't need to have a pH tester, but if you're really anal about it and really want to dial it in, like me, then you need one. Yeah. But uh, um, no, there's no equations really for it. Uh, the best thing is what I do is I, I just scoop a little bit of the mash water out of there, cool it down real fast. Don't take a lot; just take enough to to immerse the tester in it. Okay. And you'll get it cold in an ice bath real fast, maybe a minute. You can swirl it around and then test it there. Um, so that that'll get you by for a while with your cheap pH meter. Okay. Um, the new color fast strips are real nice too. Uh, they're pretty expensive, but uh, Jay Z says you know, it's great to just slice them down the middle. That way you get two. If you're uh, really good, you can slice them into three parts. Yeah, you don't need that whole wide strip. Yeah. yeah. And, to, and 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 it'll tell you right where you are. They're quick. They're fast. They're easy. What is kind of expensive? Twenty four bucks for yeah a hundred of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess isn't that bad, really. Yeah, it's especially if you cut them in half. It's yeah. yeah, you get yeah two for one, and that works real quick. And they're German, uh, so yeah. Nice. Uh, the you pH know. meter I I upgraded to the bench model pH meter. It's got a separate probe uh, for temperature and uh, for pH. And, you said temperature. Yeah, uh, I said probe, but uh, that that one works for me okay. pretty well. When I, especially when I want to dial it, and and that does have an automatic temperature compensation for it. Okay. I uh, just and you really need to to change out 
uh, the bulb on those because they do get old. So if you've got your pH meter is more than a year old and you haven't been taking care of it, you need it. You need to get a replacement element for and it. And they sell that mm-hmm. separately. Yeah. Okay. All right. There you go. That's your answer. Uh, here's another one. Uh, Justin, you're so right. Brewing Classic Styles will up the bar for homebrew competitions. I've been brewing from a little over a year, and this year, after reading Brewing Classic Styles, I've um, already won uh, for J- uh, Jamil's APA recipe. Second at the Great Northern Brouhaha, third at the Babel Leap Brew-Off, and third at the Kona Brew Festival. Nice. Yeah. He says, I am by no means a great brewer, but this book has definitely helped. If I can have such success, then anyone can who reads it. And he modifies the recipes for his system and availability of supplies, so it's not exactly Jay-Z's all the time. Yeah, at, at that point, it's your recipe. Yeah. yeah. You know, don't call it Jamil's. It's yours, man. He says, I plan to send it to the NHC too, to uh, get some feedback and see what happens. So he says maybe Jamil should add a checkbox on the entry forms identifying Jay-Z's recipe <laughs> and give Jay-Z points toward another Ninkasi or something for everybody who wins. So he says thanks. <laughs> check the box. Yeah, check the box. Thanks, Jamil, for bestowing your infinite brewing knowledge upon us, uh, Brewing Simpletons. Can't wait for Brewing Classic Styles Part 2. It's from JB. So that is good feedback about a great book. And uh, if it was in stock, I'd let you buy it from the store, but it's not. So you have to look back and uh, see what you can do. Well, one great thing about the book is uh, the recipe is going to get you right close to the target of what you're trying to brew. And then almost all the comments are going to be about your brewing techniques. And that's really what you need. Yeah. Instead of having some guy tell you that, you know, it's too sweet for this, you know, for this category or whatever, which is basically the recipe. Yeah. Uh, and you got to dial in on the recipe. Uh, and then it comes down to what, how you're brewing. Yeah. And they say, well, you know, your mash temperatures are too high. They can zero that in. So that's going to help everybody brew better. Sure. Start with a, you know, good recipe and the rest is up to you. So I do think that you're going to see a lot of people. I think Jamil's going to have a lot of folks coming up to him at the homebrewers conference this year, saying, "Hey, man, the beers I entered were your recipes, and I did better than I ever have." You know, because if you've done well as a brewer already, you've already got your technique down, your process down. You know, maybe the only thing that was lacking was, uh, you know, proper recipes. Well, these are all time-tested recipes and competition-tested recipes. So yeah, and Jamil will tell you the same thing. You know, I, I wasn't trying to bag on the guy. You know, if if you if you take something. And you tweak it out a little bit, it, it's yours. I mean, there's only a certain amount of, a uh, certain number of, uh, you know, combinations of grains and stuff right. that you can actually make. So Especially if you're trying to nail a target. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, his his, his recipes are a great jump off. And, and tweak them out, man. Do fact, whatever you want to do. Fact, they're, they're Justin, yours. Justin, you're drinking one of them. That's Am I? Great yeah. recipes were formed and beer styles came about was tweaking the recipes, you know? Yeah. Take a nice base and... Do something to it. Yeah. This this one this uh, brew here. It's an Irish red. It's, I started with Jay Z's recipe. Oh, okay. I had to tweak it because you, you can't get certain ingredients. Okay, uh, but it's a great beer. Tur- turned out really nice. Yeah, good beer. You brewing real good beer lately, Doc. Not that you didn't before, but <laughs> thanks. No, you're really coming around, Doc. Well, you know, every 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 now and then, you know, everyone brews a bad beer, but you've brewed a few batches that I've tried, late, and every one of them has been excellent beers, like competition winners, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I've just been going nuts lately. Yeah. Looks good. I went for a while where I wasn't brewing. Yeah. I'm surprised you're brewing a lot, gimping around in that bad leg of yours. You yeah, know. I know. <laughs> well, I had some help. You came over to help. Paxton came over to help. Lots, lots of help. I can't lift stuff. Now I can, so I can walk around. You know, if we were to put the stripper pole right in the middle of your brew house, it'd give you something to hold on to. That would Ooh. help. <laughs> you know? That would help. You got that big open space right there in the middle, plus it'll remind you. Of uh, not to do dumb things. <laughs> and uh, I think it'd look good in your brew house, actually, the stripper pole. We might miss it around here. JP will, anyway. Yeah, I will. 
<laughs> Caught him on Just it having it here is better, just knowing it's here. <laughs> hey, speaking of competitions, one thing I wanted to mention was um, I got, this was in the forum this week, the the Blue Bonnet Brew-Off. Mm-hmm. Brew-Off. Like 1,100 entries into yeah. that competition. That's a big one, it really is. I think it's the biggest outside of the Nationals. Is it? Yeah. Well, the best of show went to a member of the BN Army. Oh. And he put down the Brewing Network as his club. Oh, great so, job. Who was it? Congratulations to Jason Lyon. Yeah. He's O'Neill 66 from uh, in our forum. He's from Texas, and wow. it was a Hefeweizen. He's in the chat room. Is he well, in there? Well, we need to bestow at least at least one rank up on him. Yeah. And you know what? I think we ought to send him a shirt or something, too. Well, he is from Texas, so let's not get too carried away. <laughs> Maybe a shirt and a hat for O'Neill. Ask him if he has one already. We'll send him one for... I mean, getting up there and getting best of show, and then they announce that your club is the Brewing Network? That's awesome yeah. for us, you know? I mean, out of 1,200 entries or so? Yeah. I think I got I got a, th- a thing that said over 1,100 entries. Uh, a lot of beer and... So good work, my man, and thank you for uh, putting us down as your brew club. I like that. All you guys who don't have a brew club, don't be afraid to put us down. I have submitted the name to the AHA, but, uh, you know, I don't know if it's ever showed up in the database or not. So I think we'd have a lot of pissed off people if we ended up winning club of the year somehow, like one year, just because people were putting our... I don't want to piss off other clubs, (laughs) but it could happen. You've got to be careful out Uh, there. There's kind of a rule about that. About what? About having like an internet club? Yeah, right, Mike. There is. Yeah, uh, there, there's, there's a bit. There's a big problem a few years back. Mike, oh. Mike is going. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. He has a shirt, no hat. The what? All right, we'll send him a hat. Yeah, he was, yeah. Tell him to tell you what he wants. Look at the store. Tell you what he wants. We'll send him whatever he wants. Um, there's, there's a big no internet club rule. Maybe that's why they never well, put us in the database. Kinda, it's, it kind of goes against the Brewers Code about it. And there was a big stink about it. What four or five years ago? No. Yeah. Well, if you have if you have a big brewer and you're part of a club in one region and you're in another, just because you're in an internet club, you used to be able to enter, right? You used to be able to enter in, in the area that you were, not mm-hmm. where your club is. So you can get your club can get more points or points from other regions, and then you come into the and, second round. And you don't knock easier. your own club out. And you don't knock your own club out. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's not like I'm really crying about it, but yeah. I don't know what it is. You look really good, though, JP. <laughs> Thanks. And you sound wonderful. Yeah, you mean you, you don't smell bad at all right now. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad. Uh, You're right, farther so. away than I am. Well, I don't know. I guess maybe we don't have to worry about it until we get a bunch of points or something, right? Tasty. So we can just keep putting down the brewing network, and if we start winning, yeah. like, uh, you know, Club of the Year type things, well, we might have to stop. <laughs> but until then, hey, let's get the word out, huh, fellas? Yeah. Keep putting that club down and winning medals. Good job, uh, Jason. I'm glad for you. Thank you. Yeah, oh, the other guy. The other guy, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, good effort. Though. The guy that won. Oh. 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 Oh, you won last week. Come on. It's true. You can't expect to win both weeks. Bevo, am I supposed to announce, what is this, Community Brew Score Sheets? Is that from our forum or something? Did you type this to me? Oh, I just sent it over. It was just somebody that messaged me, and I didn't know what it was about. I'm supposed to announce that the Community Brew Score Sheets should be faxed to 320-451-8416 as soon as they are complete. Does anybody fax anymore? People no. still fax these? Yeah, they do. I get a couple faxes every once in a while, but... I haven't been faxed in a long time. <laughs> well, it's been a while. <laughs> get a roof of you. You get faxed all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Fax you. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into sour beers with Mike Milam. We're going to yeah. try some, too. we got a lot of beer here. And, and we should drink it. And we should yeah. <laughs> oh, start yeah. drinking it. Also, we'll be talking to Stu Stewart from Belgian Beer Me later on in the program. So stick with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on The Brewing Network. 
Valley Brewing Company is Stockton's premier microbrewery and family restaurant in the heart of Stockton, California, just off the Miracle Mile. Brewmaster Steve Altamari crafts a full array of award-winning ales and specialty beers, from their Hitman Gold American Pale Ale to their Black Cat Stout, or any one of their monthly specialty brews, like Valley's Uber Hoppy Imperial IPA. And the best part is, you can now purchase kegs of Valley Brew to take with you from their all-new 30-barrel brewery, now open in Stockton. So pick up a keg and get a taste of one of California's oldest brewing traditions. To find out more about Valley Brewing's historic past, their selection of beers, or family-friendly restaurant, visit them online at valleybrew.com. Or stop by and sample the beer at 157 West Adams Street in Stockton, California, where pitchers are just $5 all day on Sundays. This is Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to The Brewing Network. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. Sticking in everybody's head that song. It's the uh, hit God, of the summer. Good. The hit song of the summer, Tasty Crack Cans. Everyone's going to love it. I see it on t shirts already. I think Sully's probably going to have a whole army of Tasty Crack Cans shirts. What he's going to do is have a whole army of lawyers after the people who have the Tasty Crack Cans shirts. <laughs> yeah, that might be true. <laughs> that might be true. All right, 888-401-BEER. That's our phone number. And, uh, Shat, will you turn that fan off that got turned on for me, please? Uh, I know everyone wants to be whoa, cool and non-sweaty Thank in the you. studio, but it's getting picked up. That was Beef. Yeah. yeah. I, I was looking around to see who did it. Yeah. I think she needs a new mic fuzzy. I think she puked on it a little bit. <laughs> what a bitch. Hey! <laughs> hey, only the chat room can call her that. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Give me a minute. I can start crying again. Yeah, it's let's opposite. get a cry out of you. <laughs> Shed a tear now. Yeah, oh, she did last week. <laughs> All right, sitting down at the desk with you. us now, we've got uh, Stu Stewart hanging out with us too from uh, Belgian Beer Me. You can go to belgianbeerme.com. dot com. Stu, what's happening? Hey, it's good to be here. Uh, I met you guys at the Celebrator party yeah. uh, a few weeks back, and uh, I uh, and we talked about being on the show, and I got a hold of Chad, and here I am. How's that? See that? Chad did something. How's Chad's you, working it. You get a hold of him, and Chad gets back to you, and he gives you a date, and you show up. It's amazing how these things work around here. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about BelgianBeerMe.com a little later in the show, and it's really great timing because we're about to be we're about to plan a Belgian beer trip for ourselves, so some pointers out of you would be fantastic, and we'll Absolutely. get to find out what BelgianBeerMe.com does also. I'll give you some do's and don'ts. Keep okay. you out of trouble. Oh, that'd be great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we need. Definitely uh, more don'ts more than do's. Don'ts. <laughs> do's. We, we, we pretty much us. have it down. Go to Belgium, drink a lot. But yeah. well, there's more to it than that because yeah. there's, there's a lot of uh, etiquette well, to know in the beer cafes ex- so that you don't become the ugly American. Exactly. That's what we need. We need the don'ts. Yeah. I'm going to bring a check list and then we're, I'm going to check off all these don'ts that you do. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. hey, Justin, that was a don't. No, no. See, the, the, I'm glad that you bring up the uh, the culture and etiquette part yeah. of it, because that's actually something I've always been really sensitive to. When I went to Germany, uh, it was really important to me not to be a douche, and, and there was a couple times that I was just because I didn't know. And right. But I'm always asking. When I leave my comfort zone, I am asking around, what is the right thing to do here? What's proper etiquette? So good. I'm going to like those pointers. Yeah. Help us out with that. So we'll be doing that a little bit later. In the meantime, Mike Milem, who is an employee of Beer, Beer, and More Beer, by the way. What are you, head welder guy there? I basically do a lot of their uh, stainless welding for them. Okay. The, the tough welding, right, Doc? Yeah. That's not the easy stuff to weld. That's my favorite kind of welding. Is stainless. It? Yeah, it's fun. We need, like, a big old MIG welder or something for that? TIG. TIG, TIG. the TIG welder. TIG and lots of argon. Isn't that also the one that's real dangerous? <laughs> like, you don't want to mess with that if you no, don't know actually, what you're doing? No, you can actually probably TIG weld in a, in a tuxedo and not get burned. Okay. Is that why you like doing it? Because you, you get to stay clean? No, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's one of the cleaner uh, aspects of welding. You know, it's um, I like it because it uh, more or less um, you can excel at what you do, and if you like uh, doing really good work and concentrating, you more or less get in a zen space when you're there. You know, okay. Until somebody hammers the desk next to you and it yep. takes you out of it real quick, scares the crap out of you. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, I can really relate with the zen thing. You're just looking at that, and it's it's not loud. There's no sparks, and it's just and you're trying to just make it the best you can, and, and you can't. It's, it's really a finesse kind of thing. Okay, a little more of just of an art than than just a craft. You want the colors happening, and you don't want to see any three-dimensional uh, shadowing in you know, okay. the sanitary weld. You want it as clean as possible. All right. And you want to try to do it you know, as fairly cool as you can, too, because you don't want to overheat the, uh, the stainless and cause any precipitation of the uh, metal. Okay. And so you're mostly welding over there the, their, their conicals and their stainless steel, their whole sculptures, the whole deal, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much as it's needed. A lot of prototyping and stuff, you know? Okay. If you own something from B3 that's been welded stainless, yeah. he's, he's, he's touched it. Sounds like a fun gig, actually. I think that sounds like a good deal you got yeah, going on. Yeah, it has its good aspects and bad aspects, but, you know, it's cool. Yeah, it's great. So it's good to have the job. It's bad to work with JP, right? Yeah, JP's all right to work around, man. Yeah, that's right. He's not that bad. Yeah. Actually, what I meant was I bet JP's a fantastic with. employee. Yeah, and when he says it, it's not opposite day anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> uh, they basically keep me in the shop and keep me away from people and just let me melt metal, you know? Okay. Keep me in the dark, feeding me Yeah, way in the back, you know? too. Exactly. How come the welders are always like that? They're always that creepy guy in the back. They don't. They hide you away from others. It's just. Is that just, you know, they, they go hand <laughs> in hand? creepy. We're actually really nice people, you know? We just actually have to get in that, that frame of mind. We're just dirty because we work, man. Yeah, I you know? see. All right. And I go in there. Well, and manual labor, you know? Yeah. I, I go in there and Mike sees me and we just start chatting it up and then Friendly fi- face. finally all of a sudden he's uh, I gotta get back in there well yeah man. someone just, came back into my dungeon yeah, thank you for yeah. saying I'm hi I'm not making any money I have to get back to work <laughs> yeah alright well how'd you get into home brewing and, and how did you end up at more beer all that give me a little background on you before we talk sours well actually I started home brewing probably before uh, maybe I shouldn't say this uh, before it was legal for me to okay uh, back when uh, Mr. Carter finally legalized it I pretty much started brewing back then and, wow alright um, back pretty much when I got out of high school which was in 76 aged myself there mm-hmm. and uh, brewed extract for about a year and then I got into doing uh, all grain and went from there and uh, discovered that the latitude that you could do with all grain was just incredible. And I haven't turned back ever since. Okay. You know, and... Just uh, really fell right into it. Pretty much. Uh, the reason I got into it is because 
uh, a lot of beers that I had, had previously. I was really into imports and stuff. Uh, uh, you couldn't find when I got to, excuse me, legal drinking age. Uh-huh. Sure. And, uh, Fifteen. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, they were gone. And uh, I wanted to try to recreate that beer and that's what got me into homebrew okay and now, where were you living i'm just curious san francisco I, it, see that's interesting because because back then you know other than the imports you're talking about not a lot of good beer how did you even get into imports and things like that in the first place who exposed you to good beer uh, a good friend of mine okay someone who had traveled and and talked about uh, beer elsewhere my best friend okay you know gotcha a, a fellow 15 year old another a guy i went to high school with you know partner of mine party okay. partner you know all right you know, because it's always got to be some. You know, someone's the one who gets you into. Oh, it. Otherwise, yeah. you're drinking domestics, aren't you? Until somebody gives you something, especially back then, because I was in high school then too. Yeah, and he, we, we were happy if there was a keg of actually Michelob at a party. Really, well, actually, that was a step I up. Schlitz. I liked Schlitz at the beginning. You know, Schlitz yeah. malt liquor, and then yeah. I could get that at home. That a boy. And then my dad was uh, a big kinda Schlitz got, fan. It kind of graduated to like Dinkelacker, which we actually were calling ankle kickers. You know. Okay. <laughs> and it just progressed nice. from there. All right. So you just and then you found that uh, you, you couldn't get enough or of these beers around, so you should brew them yourself. There was just such a latitude of uh, uh, different beers and different flavors and everything, and then I got into homebrewing and, and discovered what you could actually do when you were brewing, you know. And it just it just evolved from there. Okay, you know, it, it basically like one, one of the uh, emails you were reading earlier. You just get obsessed with it, you know. And yeah. uh, when I first got into Doe's, they had a thing where they wanted to be like Mike, you know, because ah. I was brewing every weekend, twice a weekend, you know, and I was brewing all the time, brewing, you know, just all these different styles and stuff, because I like to try to brew the style. Okay. And once you get that down, then you can tweak it out and tweak it to the way you like it and work yeah. it from there. I like right. to hear you say that. I think Jamil would like to hear you say that, too, because those who say there's no place for styles, if nothing else, that's a great place for styles, right? Styles where it all became. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's it's, so much history in beer. It's, it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's a learning it's tool, if nothing else. It's a target, and you can hit the target, and then from there you just can branch off really well. Yeah, but you know, like I say, you know, there's a lot of history in beer. You know, beer has evolved through time, and you know, usually where there's a major civilization that has come up, there was a, a brewery around there because mm. you know, you, bad water. Ago, there was all sorts of disease and plague and so on and so forth. And sure. Now we're kind of real spoiled uh, guys like me now who got into homebrewing much later because we have these places like uh, Beer Beer and More Beer and Northern Brewer and homebrew shops all over the and, country and the internet and the internet absolutely. Yeah, that's Where great. were you getting supplies back when you know before these kinds of things were abundant? I was actually getting supplies in the one place in San Francisco. It was a place on uh, Terravel Street and it was called Homebrew. Okay, and it was a guy by the name of Steve. I forget what his last name was, but he uh, got me into it you know i went there tried a couple beers and stuff and with this friend of mine dave and we started brewing together and dave fell out of it and i stayed with it and um that's pretty much where i started and what point. did his shop look like compared to what i see today when i i mean there's a gadget for everything now and what did his and place 50 look? malts and everything yeah else. all the ingredients at the time, it was very uh, cool and interesting, but now it was very small and scary. Yeah. <laughs> when you think about it? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Like you, th- you didn't know if you were going to get mugged on your way out? Well, no, scary. no, 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 no. Just no. like Doc Drunk. Not that at all. <laughs> very yeah, small and scary. That's yeah. <laughs> true. Pretty much how they were handling all the uh, ingredients and stuff and the oh, hops okay. and whatnot, you know? Yeah. 
Uh, what were where where were the hops in in Ziploc bags? No, I mean, they were pretty much just bags. in like um, plastic bags hanging out on the shelf. You know, really? turning orange as time went by. Oh. And they were whole leaf hops, right? Whole hops. You know, that's and, all you brewed with back and, then. And cans of extract that you don't know how long they've been on the shelf. Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Good for sour beer, although maybe you didn't know it back then. You weren't brewing sours that that far back, but yeah. having nice moldy old hops sitting on the shelf—that's good, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I'd rather age my hops in a refrigerator, though. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to talk about that. In fact, one of the specific questions I got was how to age hops properly. So we'll yeah. get into all that too. Yeah. And so now, for nine years or so, you've been, you know, really focused on sours. Is it? That's. It's not that it's all you brew, is it? Well, I've been brewing a lot of beers. I like to brew a lot of different Belgians. I like to brew. Uh, my favorite style is a, a English bitter. I'm more or less um, brew what uh, I fancies me at the time. Uh, one of my favorite styles is a, a English bitter. But basically, I guess you'd say it's one-dimensional because I do like these like BKG or one hop all the way through it just to get a feel for how that hop is uh, to be used in the beer. Hmm. And I, I just like beers that way because you you know to me if you use too many hops it just it gets too many things interplaying you know and me being a, an experimenter and somebody that just likes to you know play around with something I like to do things that way so I get more of a a, a sensory feel for it and okay. I know what I can do later on with it. and then later on I can you know change it around a bit but all right pretty much one of my favorite beers is a simple recipe with, with straight bkg all the way through it and i got into belgians when my uh, son when my wife was pregnant i figured i'd brew a special beer oh yeah one that that obviously could sit around for a while exactly and so take, take a little bit of effort and a little bit of care yeah so are you going to have a 21 year old beer is that kind of is it going to wait around that long <laughs> god willing maybe I, yeah don't know if I have enough of it, but, you know, I'll definitely brew more. See, now that everyone knows is the problem, you know, I have around here is uh, saving beer. We, mm-hmm. If it's good, we drink it. But uh, something like that would really be interesting to me. Um, and even if I was conservative with it, you'd still want to try it a couple times a year, wouldn't you? So enough little, you know, six-ounce pours, you know, five years later, even if you're not drinking it a lot, it's yeah. it goes down, right? And it's quite interesting to see how it changes over time. Yeah. And I that's bet. why you want to drink a little six-ounce pour a lot. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. You want to check it out. And also, you know, you want to play with it. You know, the, the gooses you really don't mess with until they're, you know, there's recipes where you can uh, do a fast one where it comes around fast, but there, I usually don't mess with it until it's at least two, three years old. Really? Okay. You're a patient man. I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Chad, that's the secret. We just got to find stuff to do other than drink. You yeah, know. Like, like, you know, be a producer. Yeah. <laughs> Like wow. guests, even Doc's giving it to you. What he meant was, you're doing a great job. <laughs> you're a great. So that, that'll just that'll keep you going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, question from the chat here, Bevo. Is this for Mike that I, that I've got here from Brew Tattoo there in the in the chat room? He wants to know if you've won the Ninkasi Award. Maybe he. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, no. Yeah, and you wouldn't claim to have won the Ninkasi no, Award if you no, didn't. No. That's good. Definitely not. He was <laughs> a runner up. <laughs> not even. I did. I've won the Ninkasi Award three times. I think everybody in this room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all, everyone here is one that Nikasi word except for Mike. Yeah. Uh, we all under uh, assumed names, of course. You know, sure. Uh, we all I have... won mine under Jamil Zainashev. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so did I. And you can see it right there. It's, it's hey. twice. One time it was JP. One time it was me. Wow. Yeah. Now we're revealing. I had, really to, I had to send Jamil up there for mine because I couldn't be there. For yeah. 
It's, you know, uh, great writers have pen names. And we have uh, paddle names. I don't know. So, uh, <laughs> That's a whole other show. Known in Kasi winners here. Sounds kinky to me. <laughs> <laughs> JP, what's your paddle name? <laughs> Do it till it hurts. Whack them all. Those are both awful. Is they, that the same as your safe word, or is that something different? That safe word's different, Bebo. Yeah. Safe word is uh, when they're starting to insult you in the chat room or elsewhere. You need to throw out a safe word. Okay. Like, Oddly I'm, enough, my safe yeah. word is do it harder, which is it never, I don't know why. <laughs> is that why you're always yelling that out of your office? <laughs> <laughs> it is funny that, j- didn't John please say just move into your office with That's you? true. You sure at did. work there? Yeah, John moved in with me recently. <laughs> <laughs> and have, has, oh, has that yelling? The door's always closed for some very strange reasons. <laughs> yeah. you know? And the do it harder has become more frequent. Very odd. Yeah, <laughs> and Mike's not even in the same building. He's no, he's he next door it. in the other building. And he's welding, and he can still hear it. <laughs> still. I just hear it when I come in for coffee, and the windows up and above. You know. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we don't even have any sour beers open. We're gonna, I think, really get into this sour beer discussion. You know what we should do is have a producer that would get those stuff for us. Uh, he will. Come on, JP. That's what? Prod him with a. Uh, why don't you just prod him with an electric rod? Uh, oh, next I got a time. rod for. Hey, Chad. What? No taser. <laughs> I got a rod for Tase you. Me, don't <laughs> tase me, bro. Don't tase me, bro. He's going to rod him. All right. <laughs> and Stu uh, is a home brewer as well. You brought us, uh, what did you bring, Saison? Saison and a beer to guard. All right. Yeah. We're going to try those for Stu. He thinks there might be something wrong with them, so we'll do that a little bit later, too. I think that with a, lot of, with a lot of Belgians sometimes, you know? Yeah, well, that's true. And, and sometimes you don't know. You know, a little horse blanket, a lot of sour. That's or, not. Or, or there's, or there's some flavor in that you, you know is there's a flavor, but you just don't know what that flavor is until someone tells you. Yeah. But there are other things in there that can be, you know, bubble gum can be bad and a couple things in there. Right? We'll let Mike tell us about some of these things. You must have had a lot of batches go wrong, right? You've been doing it for a long time. I had one batch that got, I guess you could call it a real horse blanket flavor, but I really can't say that because I've never been drunk enough to actually lick a horse blanket and know what it tastes like. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought it's kind of had me wondering. <laughs> You'll get there Really? Yeah. Or, or yeah. <laughs> what does a horse blanket taste like? It tastes a lot like uh, that beer you're talking about, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay. And I want to know what... Which part of the barnyard you got to go lick to get that barnyard flavor? <laughs> the barnyard yeah. flavor, too, yeah. You don't uh, really lick it. It's kind of a smell, isn't it? Just yeah, it, like, exactly. It's, I was sitting by the stripper pole earlier, and it's a similar smell. I you did get the same smell. You're right. Uh, we haven't washed it since our last stripper was here, and we tell. did that on purpose, too. <laughs> She'll never be washed. <laughs> right yeah. I mean, she was real good. It was Beverly. <laughs> I was going to say, who else was that? <laughs> <laughs> Who else did you put through that misery? Uh, no, but just you and Doc. And Schumann. Talking about misery. Yeah, uh, Schumann liked it. And yeah. Doc. You know, this is I didn't like it. My hurt first, himself. <laughs> my first time in the studio, and I was sitting there, and I'm looking to my right, and thinking, that looks like a stripper pole. It couldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it is. It actually is. Yeah. Hence the everyone loves our show, but if you're not, if you don't like adult humor or bad language, don't listen to the Brewing Network. That's the, that's our disclaimer. Go to the chat room. Yeah. So what do you pour in there? Which uh, which one are we trying? This is a um, lambic that or a Belgian or a Belgian style lambic that I made. That is actually a mixed berry. It has uh, lullaberries in it. It has um, blackberries in it. Uh, various different berries. And okay. It's about nine years old. 
So whereas you like to keep your uh, JP. your recipe kind of simple when it comes to hops and malt, like you're saying, you don't mind throwing a couple of different types of, of, of fruit, you know, different uh, berries, for The example. recipe I use is pretty much straightforward. I uh, use uh, the classic beer style, Sir Lambic. Um, That's is, the book? Is, is the book, yeah. Okay. It's is kind of like a, a basis. It's a very, very informative book. That, that whole series of books is a, is a great series of books as far, as far as I'm concerned. Is this at More Beer, JP? Do you know? Yes. Yeah? Alright, the Classic Beer Style series, and this one's the Lambic. And it's tattered. I like to see a good brew book tattered, man. You've been using oh, yeah. it. Oh yeah, definitely. All my books are like that. Okay. So you took yeah. the recipe out of there? Yeah, I used one of those le- recipes, kind of bastardized it a little bit. Can I say that on the air here? Mm-hmm. And, what? Uh, you can say balls. Kinda. Oh, okay. How old is this? This about nine years. This one's nine years. Nine years, yeah. yeah. I'm honored. And you know, we'll get into more of these details, but just about this one, you know, for, for yeast. You got a pH meter? You, uh, <laughs> it, it's got that. Uh, Tasty needs one. It's around three something. Is it really? Yeah, three, five, three, two. It's, it's getting down there. Mm. That is tasty. Nine years, wow. And you know what? It's really clean. Like, it's not. Uh, a barley wine that's real old, it, kind of basementy, get that celery kind mm-hmm. of damp. Oxidized. This is not like that at all. It's yeah. very, very clean, uh, other than, of course, the sourness. And what what gives it the sourness? What would you inoculate with? Uh, uh, I used uh, Britannomyces, and I also used uh, Lambic Culture. Okay. They were both, I believe, uh, we used. Y-yeast, okay. Yeah, I, used, like, I like to use Y-yeast. Okay. So, wow. just as a, let me ask a, a basic thing here about how a Lambic goes. You... You brew a base beer first, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Something like a, what, uh, maybe a pale? Uh, No, it's actually um, about, it usually is about 35 to 40% wheat, usually unmalted wheat. Okay. And you usually have to cook that in uh, basically a turbid mash. Ah, and which that, is what? What is it? it you're basically doing like like a, a sour. You're cooked like a cereal cooking. Okay. Okay. And then you add that to your mash, and then you run it through your usual mash and get it to do all the conversion. Your best is to do. You can do a decoction mash, or you can do a um, infusion mash. Okay. Yeah. After the cereal yeah. mash. Yes. Okay. Yes. All or right. side by side. And why? Why do you have to do that two-step mash process? Because, well, if you're using the unmalted wheat, you have to you have to use the cereal mash. If you're using malted wheat, you know, then you don't really have to because it'll convert. Okay. Where, and we can get malted wheat now pretty readily, right? Right, but it's not yeah. the same. But ah, if you're brewing okay. to style, you know, you want to do the turbid mash. If you're brewing for competition and all this, you want to do the turbid mash. It takes a lot longer. You want to do the decoction. It, ta- it takes a little bit of time. But, you know, this beer is nine years old yeah you know it shows it, it basically is patience and sure. care you check it out and you, you, you play with it and 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 you really hope that it's going to turn out yeah you know because god knows what's going to happen you know you have all these bugs in there that can turn at any time the secret is is to keep it cold okay you know once you've gotten past uh your secondary fermentation and you've added your fruit and stuff you want to do anything from that point under refrigeration i at see. least i have so this has been under refrigeration for nine years. You've kept it. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Except for when I'm moving stuff around in my fridge, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Well, you've seen how ugly I get at you when I see a keg sitting out. Yeah. Well, what am I uh, all my beers are always cold in. all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As it should be. Yeah. Well, I think it's a good point you make up to, uh, that you talk about, too. We always talk about uh, being patient with the beer once we've brewed it. 
But it's a great point you make on the day of brewing. Maybe it is going to take longer to do this cereal mash, in the, this turbid mash in the beginning. But why not take all the time you need even on the day of brewing? It's not just about being patient after the fact. It's being patient that day, too, if you yes, really sir. want to do it right. Yep. So it's a really good point that you make there about that. So give me a little more details about this turbid mash thing. I'm kind of dumb about it. You know that. So what? It, 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 as simple as possible, what am I doing? Well, the, the cereal mash is, is, hasn't been mashed. The mashing process is, is kind of like, or the, the malting process is kind of like a precursor to the mash. It, it changes happen in the malt. Well, the malt. And, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, it changes in the malt. That's what you when you're using malted grains. Well, we're using unmalted grains, so nothing has been changed in that in that grain at all. Okay, uh, you've got everything locked up uh, in cell walls. Everything else, nothing's been changed. You got long chain starches. Nothing's had anything happen to it. So to get to all those sugars and break them down, you have to go through a mashing process, or basically a, a mal, you know, the, 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 it's a you have to boil them to really Pretty break much. them apart. So that your enzymes can get to them. Okay. It's just a way of being able to use these unmalted grains. All right. So as opposed to taking these grains and doing, say, a, you know, a 152 mash, you're boiling them. You're cooking them. You really got to. Exactly. Gotta, okay. right. exactly. You got you to break everything apart so you can get inside the grain. And how long are you doing that for? About 15 minutes. Okay. 10, 15 minutes. So you can just put them right in your, in your, your boil kettle, right? to do it or is it not that I much i wouldn't do that i'd actually do it beforehand okay. you know uh on a small stove or on a burner get okay. a small kettle and get that together and maybe with 10 percent of your two row add that to it and just bring it up to temperature and then add that to your mash uh-huh and then go from there so it's all of your unmalted wheat and then you're saying maybe also 10% of your two-row. Yeah. You you're can, doing this cereal. Or you can use some six-row, and a lot of people pull it up to you know mash temperature, 150 or so, and mm-hmm. let that sit for a little while and get what they can out of it at that point. Mm-hmm. Because when they start to boil it, they're going to kill off all the enzymes. But you're going to try, you'll get some out of it at that point. And then when you boil it, you break it all apart, mm-hmm. and it goes back in the mash. And if you're really thinking ahead... Uh, it's going to raise your mash temperature. If you can, you really want to do a protein rest in this, because if you really look at this beer, you'll notice that it's clean. Yeah. It's sparkling clean. Yep. If you don't do that, you're not going to attain that clarity. Really? So the and the, so the protein rest to get yeah. some of those particles that would stick around normally? Exactly. Get exactly. Them to fall and, and the hot break. And the boiling uh, actually you know, breaks up the starches, so you're going to get a cleaner, too. You won't have any free starches left in the finished beer. Okay. Or at least a lot less. And strangely enough, this beer was actually made with uh, California ale yeast okay. as, as the primary fermentation yeast. So that's what I was going to ask, too. So you've done your mash, and then you just you just kind of boil it like a regular beer, right? And Pretty much make a regular beer. The only difference is is that it's more has more of, uh, of a wheat grist to it. Okay. And then you uh, just ferment it in, in normal fashion, about 60 to 64 degrees. All right. And you use cal ale for this one, like you said? I use cal ale for this, or you can use a British ale yeast, you know, uh, or something along those lines. Uh, and fairly attenuative. Okay. So you want it to get down uh, to, wh- what's the gra- what's your final gravity you want it to get down to uh, to do a good beer like this? Ish. Well, I usually, I usually in, in the primary ten forty, ten thirty, and maybe it'll come down to maybe about uh, in, in the mid twenties before you start messing with it. Okay, you know, and so you don't want it to finish down it to be real dry, like a ten eight or something, <laughs> and then start putting uh, your your bacteria in there. No, it's going to finish way lower than that after all this is said and done because you, like I say, you can do these fast, but you're not going to get the quality and the. Um, 
the closeness to the original beer, mm-hmm. not that I could attain anything that they brew in the Sene Valley in, in Belgium, where okay. I'm brewing. Yeah. I, I don't say I can do anything near that. But to try it. But, you know. Open the doors and conquer. Y'all like it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, I think I haven't done that bad. And, um... Uh, I think you've done I, a great job. I kind of lost my train of thought there. <laughs> That's all right. I well, I have another question. I think when you get to... Uh, uh, so, you know, you're 1040, you, you've thrown in your callow, you're fermenting. To stop it at 1020, although I've had beer do it by itself because I'm a bad brewer. <laughs> but most people, it's going to keep right on going. What do you do? You just dr- uh, drop the temperature on it to stop it at around 1020? I have a bad... or It's not really a bad habit. I like to cast condition my ales, so I have a tendency to rack them into secondary early and okay. then cast condition in the keg. You will. Okay. And I let I let the keg sit pretty much at a hmm. fairly low room temperature until it finishes okay. so that it cast conditions to a degree and it's a lot softer beer. Really? And I do that with these and then once it gets to that point, then I'll take and I'll inoculate it. Wow. It sounds to me like if you were to put a 1020 beer into a keg to cast condition, it would be super carbonated. That's not the case? No, no, because what I'm doing is I'm actually leaving it out, and as I walk by it daily, I'll, I'll burn all the pressure off of it. You and, will? Okay. Yeah. And you have to do that, right? Yeah. You've got to get that yeah. pressure out of there. Yeah. Once a day, at least. Yeah. Well, the yeast don't like to be under pressure. Yeah. Like they'll, they'll go to sleep if well, you... They just do different things. You've got to babysit them a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, but usually yeah. when I'm fermenting all this, all this has nothing to do with the keg or anything. All you know, The primary ferment, the secondary ferment, I, I do all in, in well, glass and then stainless. Okay. I have uh, some kegs that I actually have done the red letter on. You know, the red letter day, I've marked the big red L on it. Okay. So nothing else tra- touches that. Anything I that I use to brew a Lambic uh, is marked, and I use all my kegs right all pinlock for doing lambics so i don't cross contaminate anything because okay. i don't want to get anything yeah my other my beer that i make so if you're putting it on tap or anything like that you don't exactly. want it to cross contaminate that's good excellent point and keeping your equipment to only do these sour you know so consequently i've got a fair amount of equipment you know yeah i bet <laughs> <laughs> yeah like doc yeah um, equipment's good yeah that's the more fun. you have the better yeah uh, size does matter beverly Feng Shui. In case you didn't know that. <laughs> or was it Fuck Shui? Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's going to be on in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll have Okay, him well, I didn't mean it that way. It just happened to rhyme with Feng Shui, you know? So you, you can't just, say Shui on the air. Y- y- yeah. You're cast conditioning this beer, um, and then you just wait till it's done, and it's a it's a drinkable beer at, by itself before you start messing with it? Or? Uh, actually, the beer I do is... Uh, it's, the goose is fairly drinkable when it is in secondary, and once it comes out of secondary... Secondary, the primary fermentation is with the California ale yeast. Okay. The se- and then after that, one or two weeks, it goes into secondary, and I inoculate it with the Britannomyces and, and the Lambic cultures. Okay. And that lasts till pretty much you drink it, as far as I'm concerned. I see. Um, but, you know, uh, it, it goes in there for two weeks to a month, and then I put it into a keg at that point. Okay. And then I pretty much let it age. All right. And then I let it age for a while, and when it gets to the point where I think it's tasting like a, a decent goose, then I'll wait till the time of year, which is right, right about now, mm-hmm. to when all the fruit starts coming around, mm-hmm. fruit starts coming about, and basically go out there and start gathering it and picking fruit and whatever kind of fruit I want to uh, use. Uh, and then I start 
adding doing the fruit additions. So you're not going to the store and getting frozen fruit to do this. You're waiting no. for the fresh stuff. No. Okay. No, I go out and go out to orchards and stuff and wow. you know, fortunately at work I actually found some nectarine trees last year and raided those and ah. those are in the next beer to be having. Okay. All right, let me back up for just a little bit. So uh secondary fermentation and that's where you're inoculating the beer. And then after what it, you, you said uh how long will it be there? Uh, about at least two weeks to a month. Then it goes into a keg. And when you do that, so you've already inoculated with the bugs in the secondary, and you transfer to a keg, you're not leaving things behind? Those bugs are going with it, so they'll bugs keep are working? Bugs with it. They bugs are. Bugs are going with it. And those kegs, are, like I say, are marked. Yeah, those yeah. Those kegs get used for nothing else because they're contaminated for any other kind of beer. Any okay. other beer you run through there is going to be thin, is going to have all sorts of off flavors. It's not going to be what you expected to right. come out of what all the effort that you put into it. And that's a good point. I've tasted beers like that, and people go, well, I guess I messed up. It's not sour. and But it's just. But you're right. It's It's thin, and it's... It's flat often, and it's not where it's going to be later. Let me put it to you this way. If you ever go to a brew pub and they're serving you a Lambic Porter, that's a definite sign they're going out of business. <laughs> okay. That's an excellent point. At that point, it's, quote, an experiment. I yeah, think, I, I just it's beyond that point. <laughs> I'm just curious if they because you know uh, a regular ale yeast will will fall to the bottom of and so when I transfer I'm leaving that yeast behind. But with the bugs that's not the case. I'm I'm bringing it with it to a certain degree. Yeah, it depends what temperature you pull it at, and um, a lot of times you're pulling a lot across with you. Okay, but a lot a lot a lot you know by the time you get to that point you're done with your primary ferment. Okay, and. Your secondary ferment's pretty much taken over. If there's any residual sugars or anything like that, or you know, it's going to be eaten up by all the other bugs that are coming by. Okay, definitely. All right, it's going to be real low gravity. Okay, you, JP, you're liking some sour beer over there, huh? We're already on the second one. <laughs> all right, oh, wow. we're going to take a quick break. I'll uh, I'll get some of that too, uh, so I can well. enjoy and. Going to keep talking uh, about sour beers with Mike here and um, getting right through the process real quick, too. I like that. It's pretty concise, so we'll keep doing that. I want to talk more about the recipe and how long you know things can really kind of sit and do their thing. So we'll get a, a lot more information out of Mike. 888-401-BEER. That's our phone number. You can call us and ask questions. You can go to the chat room and ask Bevo questions. She'll send them along. You like that beer, Beavis? Can I have some more? <laughs> some more? It's good, huh? Didn't give me very much. No, All right. Really good. <laughs> well, we tasted more. Mike Milam in the studio with us talking sours. We also got Stu Stewart. We're going to be talking about Belgian Beer Me a little bit later. You can go to BelgianBeerMe.com. It's linked right off our page. Hang in there. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. White Labs is a leader in pure yeast and fermentation services, serving the beer, wine, and distilling industries from worldwide producers for more than a decade. White Labs has three all-new vials for you to pitch this year, home brewers, so fire up your kettles, fill up your fermenters, and get ready for Cry Havoc, the signature yeast strain from Charlie Papazian. This yeast can ferment both ales and lagers and is great for bottle conditioning, too. Second, a cream ale blend of ale and lager yeast strains. This blend creates a clean, crisp, light American lager-style ale. Last, a Belgian-style Cezanne ale yeast blend. This blend melds Belgian-style ale yeast and Cezanne strains to create complex, fruity aromas and flavors. Get complete fermentation quickly with this blend's spicy, earthy, and clove-like flavors. White Labs, your brewing partner for great yeast. These new strains are available now for home brewers, breweries, and homebrew shops everywhere. 
everywhere. White Labs, it's all in the vial. Well, I gotta get drunk and I sure do dread it Cause I know just what I'm gonna do Stop spending my money calling everybody Honey, you wind up singing the blues Spend my whole paycheck on some old wreck Brother, I can name you a few But I've gotta get drunk and I sure do dread it Cause I know just what I'm gonna do Gotta get drunk, I can't stay sober There's a lot of good people around They wanna hear me holler, see me spend my dollars And I wouldn't think of letting them down a lot of good doctors, they tell me I better start slowing it down But there's more old drunks than there are old doctors So I guess I better have another round All right, pass it that every day a brewcaster goes to bed hungry? Did you know that that brewcaster is silently calling for the help of people just like you? Do you know that every day the unicorn and the rainbow have to blow sailors for loose change? For less than the cost of a half-calf, quad-shot, venti, extra-hot, soy milk, triple-pump, hazel, low-fat foam, double-cupped macchiato a day, you can help starving adults in Pacheco. Your love can be felt for as little as seven cents a day. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate to sign up today for as little as $2 a month. Private first class in the BN Army. Buy your way up the ranks as corporal, sergeant, ranger, or colonel with an easy-to-do monthly donation that keeps brewcasters alive and your favorite internet radio station broadcasting. No donation is too small to help those in need. Can't you find it in your heart to share your love with a brewcaster? In return, you will enjoy the wealth of knowledge that comes with every episode of the session. The Jamil Show and Yes even that other show. Thank you for listening, and please sign up for your donation at thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate today. This is Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to The Brewing Network. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. All right, we're back. These breaks are going so quick today, Beavis. Everyone's still out peeing and drinking and not necessarily in that order. I don't know. I know. <laughs> Can't even get everybody back to do a show. i got to make our breaks longer, we're I think. We're the only responsible ones. Yeah. <laughs> back here doing things. 888-401-BEER. That's our number. You can use it. Bevo's answering the phones if you have any questions for Mike here. And I got some questions uh, sent in uh, via email. We've got Mike Milam in the studio if you're just tuning in. And he is a sour beer home brewer extraordinaire hanging out. Terrence the Black had come in, but now he's leaving. You're at, that was a quick stop, Terrence. And just drop you. Terrence the Black was just chauffeuring Sam. That's odd. He stole something. 
<laughs> oh man, <laughs> Terrence is is Sam just hammered out there? Is that what's happening? Okay. Oh, hang on. Sorry, hang on. No, he actually looked okay to me. Is he? Yeah. No, no, he's hammered. No, I, I expected much worse. In fact, the way uh, Terrence was talking, I I thought they just threw him into a bed someplace. Oh yeah. Home. No, no, not that bad. Oh, Beverly, oh, could, he, I saw him uh, Friday night. It's just yeah. annoying. Him and I were up to like six in the morning Friday night. Me and Sam. Did I fall asleep outside? Yeah, and then you, and then you moved inside. Yeah. yeah, six in the morning. No. Well, I got you home about we're, what two? Two, and then we smoked a hookah and talked baseball all night long out in the backyard. There so, you go. You know, that was like a plan. It was nice. <laughs> I would have liked to uh, done a little hookah. But I had to be home. I should have been home at midnight, and yeah. I got home at like two thirty. No. Considering six o'clock, I've already got an hours worth of work under my belt. Yeah, yeah. I had <laughs> to get up early night. too. Well, it's, uh, you say that Sam's just been drinking like a fish lately, huh? Showing up every Sunday. Sunday God's because, Day? you know... He's married now. That's yeah. why. Yeah, he's, he's, it's an escape. <laughs> the buildup is gone. It doesn't matter anymore. He doesn't have to perform no, anymore. because Sam has friends that are alcoholics, and he tries to roll with them. Oh, he only weighs 120 pounds. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, good old Sam. What a fun guy. All right, so guy. this is the second one. What's this other <laughs> lambic I'm trying here, Mike? This is a peach nectarine. It's delicious. Guys, try it already. It's about eight years no. old. What I like about the beer is that... Can I finish it? Did everyone get some? Oh, yeah. Uh, we have another bottle, too. Oh. You said finish. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. That's it, a peach nectarine. It's uh, you don't draw any cartoons, we're okay. This they're not, it's not super sour. The the uh, fruit comes through more than anything, and I love that. You can really smell a lot of fruity aroma, too. Yeah. You, yeah. Can, you can really get out of it. Kind of like Schumann. It probably has... I'm just going to guess, but it probably has about... Oh, man. About 25, 30 pounds of fruit. Really? Went through there, yeah. In a how many gallon batch of beer are you brewing when you brew? One. You're sitting down, aren't you? About five gallons. Oh. You how do you even... How, does how do you fit? stuff all that in there? How does it fit? You get a seven-gallon carboy and clean your hands real well and make sure you're real anal about cleaning things, you know? Yeah. You know, uh, and slice stuff up, drop it into the carboy. I have pictures of it. How long does it take you to put 30 pounds of sliced stuff up in the... My God, that's labor-intensive. Mm, takes about... Uh, I can't put it in that... That be confessing. How many beers does it take? <laughs> Let me say it's about a four-joint affair. (laughs) Being very careful with a knife. I'm asleep after half a joint. Yeah. What's a joint? The cousin. (laughs) You need to hang out more often. I know. You can't do it anymore. That's where I'm lightweight. Go to Mike's house and do some fruit. I know. (laughs) I don't know about that. Can we make a... Can we make a lambic? (laughs) Yeah, that's the new code. code. (laughs) Make a lambic. Can we put the fruit in the lambic? Yeah. Now, anyway. is that a general rule for you, that much fruit in these, or you were just effing around? No, it seems that the peach is such a delicate flavor okay. that you uh, really almost have to OD it in order to get the um, volatiles to stay there. Okay. Are and you putting? Plus, I actually had access to trees, so I just OD'd it while I could. Just went for it, yeah. Are you yeah, putting, how much year. of the fruit are you putting in there? You skins, pit it, and then all the meat? Well, this particular beer, I put a case of uh, yellow peaches in and another case of white peaches a year later. And then a year, another year, uh, last year, I put, um, I would just guess, probably 15, 20 pounds of nectarines into it. It smells like peach pie, man. Oh, it's it's an awesome beer. It's all it's all natural fruit. I could eat a peach for hours. Now, I, I have a question about the fruit because we've talked... 
about adding things like this to a beer before, and and we've a, a lot of rules we've been given are saying you know go easy in the beginning because you can always add more, but you can't take away. And I'm curious with this. It depends on the fruit, right? I, I get that, but I guess what I, my real question is, you know, we should do it to taste. But Brett changes over time. Does the fruit change over time too, or will we know almost instantly if we've put enough? I pretty much wait until the bread has done its business. Okay. Until I start adding the fruit, because if I add the fruit earlier, all the other organisms that are in there are going to devour ah. what is there, mm-hmm. and it's going to turn into something that I'm not reaching for. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that, that color is actually not, you know, I don't want that on the palate. So, so you to don't want to use the sugars from fruit as a food for the bread and things like that? I probably am inadvertently. I'm not really a, a microbiologist, so yeah. I couldn't even begin to... To go just wait until late in the game. But just wait, yeah. But yeah, I, I okay. just wait until later on. You know, patience You know, patience is a virtue, and, you know, I'd rather have some than be one. Actually, okay. I'm probably going to be one soon. <laughs> but anyway. Um, <laughs> so you wait, and then, you know, does the fruit change over time after you've added, or do you know quickly if you've put enough in? Um, well, in beer, like I said in the beginning of the show, I said that beer really, in my eyes, beer does not belong in beer unless... Fruit in the beer. Yeah, fruit, yeah excuse exactly. me. Fruit doesn't... I've had a few beers, excuse me. Fruit <laughs> doesn't belong in beer until, you know, unless it's a lambic. And there's always an exception to rule, and lambic's the exception to that rule. Okay. And if you're trying to attain a certain flavor, you know, you want to add a fair amount to it because you don't really have that much of an opportunity or that much of a window to keep adding it to it, you know, okay. to do it right. Because every time you mess with it, uh, you're, you're taking a chance on contaminating it with something as far as I'm concerned. I'm fairly anal about stuff. Anytime I do any any kind of uh, additions, I'll take and purge my carboys with CO2 or nitrogen, so on and so forth. Okay. You know? And yeah. what about preparing the fruit, too? I mean, you're out there in the orchards. Who knows what's on it? Mm-hmm. How do you get that ready to you go take in and You rinse it. I, I took and rinsed it in uh, like a, a fairly weak star sand solution. Oh, okay. And then I took and did like just a fast parboil with it. And peeled the skin off it and sliced it up and into the carboy with it. Okay, you know, with, with clean figure, hands, with clean, well, with fairly clean hands. You know, you can only be as clean as possible. You know, uh, you know, as clean as you can be. Um, but the whole thing is, is there's so many organisms there that are in the beer that are just waiting to start breaking something down. Mm-hmm. Um, that you really, sh- I don't even worry about it. Risk is lower because they're going to take over the organisms you're putting in. There's a lot more of them that are happening in the beer yeah. that there is in the air that's being yeah. or that's on the fruit that's going into that beer. Plus, it's an alcohol environment exactly. already, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, and, and low and pH and everything. No else. pathogens, you know, are going to grow. Okay. Um, do you worry much about pectin haze with all this fruit you're putting in? Do you use a pectic enzyme? No, I haven't used any, these, anything. These at all. beers are not hazy. I, I thought is it at all. would a haze be bad? Would it not be part of the style? When you use a lot of raw fruit, you can get uh, a pectic haze. Yeah, but yeah. is that not a lambic fe- feature? It's not a trait that should be in a lambic. See what I mean? Well, when I racked this beer, it was fairly hazy, and, and then I pretty much age it for a while. Hmm. After afterwards, when I racked it off the fruit, yeah, you know, I put it in the fruit for like say, or on the fruit after doing all the all the initial primary and secondary fermentation, it went on the fruit for let's say maybe maybe a month under refrigeration, yeah, and then after all the fruit pretty much broke down into nothing, I racked it off of that into kegs and just let it age in the keg in the fridge yeah. for a couple months, and then the first couple couple beers you pull off of it are going to be a little hazy, okay, but over time everything drops out and. 
This and is what you get. We always give you the last of the bottle, Justin. So mm. it always looks hazy. Well, I'm not saying I'm not saying that I know the answer. I'm asking the question if there if it's okay to be a style of. I think it's fine. I mean, it's just right. it's just appearance. I mean, you know, if you if you're going on the judging, what you get three points. For I think it has everything like to do with shelf life too. Okay. If you have a lot, of, if you have protein in there and everything, your shelf life is not going to be as long okay. as as it should be. That's and a good point. Pretty but, much, this beer pretty much shows because this beer is. I brewed this beer pretty where I brewed the uh, the berry beer in mm-hmm. two thousand. Okay, and I brewed this beer in probably, and he's, no, excuse me, the berry beer I brewed in ninety nine, and this beer I brewed in two thousand. Yeah. He's he's really talking about everything. He racks it a lot. But he, yeah. he says he's real anal about it and, and purging the kegs. You don't want to have any oxygen pickup because this would not last if you picked up a lot of oxygen. Well, you know where I live. It's fairly hot, you know? Yeah. And, you know, you got you have to be because, you know, when it's cooler, the organisms are a lot slower to, <laughs> to take over, you know, and to multiply. But when it's hotter, everything goes you, like you, you got the infection problem. You got oxidation problems. And you're going to be racking this beer a lot of times. And so every time it goes up, because <laughs> I said rack. You said rack and something else. Like, I'm dying over here. <laughs> Between JP and Bevo, you guys are like the dirtiest people I know. That's good. Give her more Lambic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It basically comes down to a lot of patience. If you want a nine-year-old beer that still tastes awesome like yeah. this, you, you have to be real careful. Was nine. this one nine as well? This one here is actually eight. Eight. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Sitting around. But using uh, some sort of enzymes to get rid of the, the pectinase, pectinase is, is something that could be done, Doc, yes. is why you're asking. Yes. Yeah. A lot but of people, I, when they brew fr- fruit beers with a lot of fruit, they're going to get this hazy beer you cannot get rid of without using an enzyme that will actually break down these walls, uh, the, the the cell walls that are in the fruit, cause the pectin haze. So is that just something at the homebrew shop? You, a little you additive? That, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, something else you might want to use is like a little acid, uh, acid way to uh, blend the at or to balance the acid when you're using berries and stuff because berries have a tendency to take the pH way down. Oh, okay. Last time I used acid, Mike, it was a bad scene. You know what I mean? Things walking. Hit a bad on, lambic trip. Walking on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I want to avoid that one. Uh, okay. Tell me about the recipe on this, on this beer, Mike. Uh, go through, uh, you know, because we didn't really talk about hops and, and how you get those prepared. So maybe tell us about the beer we just had. Well, the hops that you use in here would be pretty much an aged hop, and it could be either a um, uh, noble hops, you know, like um, Sots or Hollertau. Yeah. Along those lines, Hollertau and Beaufroy, or you could use a British hops like BKG or Fogel. But you want them aged. You don't want the uh, alpha acids in there. You basically want the lupins. You don't want the hop flavor. You want the uh, the astringent quality of the uh, lupin glands okay. in there. And pretty much if you age your hops for three to five years, you know, if you have hops, just sit around in your freezer or refrigerator for three to five years. I, I get a lot of those. You know, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. a lot of those. And, you know, they're great for that. And whole hops is what you want to use. So even though they've been in the freezer and and, and the sealed packs that we buy them in... Unusable for anything else. 
And some things, uh, some things go away, and, okay. and there's other a lot of other compounds in there yeah. that you can use. That you know, the bittering kind of goes away, but the the other flavoring the compounds are there. Qualities are still there. Everything breaks okay. down over time. Because I thought I had heard of having you know to take a take hops and put them in a like a paper bag and put them up in your attic for a year to get this kind of musty aged thing out of them. But yeah, I've actually heard ex- brewers talk ex- about accelerate it, but you're going to get yeah. other things too. Okay, that's okay. I'd rather not have you know spider eggs and so on <laughs> my beer. Even yeah, you though, even though you know it is, you can't you know it is definitely a crime to kill a spider in a lambic brewery. <laughs> and that's right, it is, isn't it? They're there to uh, help. Keep things the way they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Keep the amount of flies um, around that should be there. I was Excuse slightly me. not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Was were you just talking about the best way to age hops? Mm-hmm. Okay, never mind then. No, were they asking that from the chat? Yeah, too? yeah. I was I just going to pass so. the question along, but so you don't do cool. anything like that. You'll go, you know, keep them in the freezer for a couple years, and those yeah, are your age hops. You know, I, I, I'm getting up there in age. You know, I was born in '58. I kind of forget about stuff. If I left it out, you know, might not. <laughs> might not might ever not remember them until yep. you know it's too late. So I just leave them in the freezer where he'll, he'll find be. an ounce of something around the house. And I know yeah. they're there. That's gone. Ah. Is there a general rule? I mean, does it have to be a year? Could it be six months? Are they still too fresh? Then do you use any rules? As old as possible. Just as old as possible. I, well, within reason. You I know? never use all the hops I get. Cause they usually come in two or four ounce packages, mm-hmm. and I'm going to have a half or an ounce or, or whatever left over, and I, I date it, put it in a plastic bag, and throw it in the freezer, and, and I dare go back and look in there, but I've got hops from 2000, okay. 2001. Mm-hmm. Is there easily. a point that they've become too old? It depends on where you keep them. If they're up in the attic, probably. What depends on how brave you are. Yeah, okay. All right, but you so you want these things to break down, but uh, I assume then that there's a point that things break down too far, and it's probably not. Well, I'd say you know you know five years is kind of pushing pretty it. much the limit. You know, if you have something in your freezer that's older than five years, you know you better either really like it or have some sort of attachment to it or yeah, get rid okay. of it. You know. All right. And then is it a, a you're not using a lot of these hops also in the beer? You well, actually use a fair amount of them. You do? Yeah. So for 5 gallons, I mean a beer like this, how many ounces of of hops were For you? 5 gallons I probably used uh probably about 6 ounces of hops. That's a lot. Okay. You know? And that's because you said that kind of that the the bitterness part that hot part isn't there in, anymore. So yeah, there's no bitterness. It's all basically um, the protective qualities that the hops uh, give to the beer for as far as the uh, anti-spoiling. Okay. All right. Well, let me go through some questions I had come through from uh, the listeners for you. Sure. Um, someone wanted to know if uh, it's okay to use plastic buckets as fermenters in sour beers. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Uh, we get that answer a lot. <laughs> you can to start. Yeah, I don't really see any problem with it. But you know, uh, for your primary, but for your secondary, it's going to be over a fair amount of time. Yeah. So I would actually suggest that you um, have a couple dedicated carboys that you do this process in, especially once you pitch, once you pitch the se- the the actual bugs into there, your your Britannomyces and your uh, your Lambic cultures. Mm-hmm. Once you've pitched those into it, anything. Any other beers that touch that are going to quite possibly be contaminated. So you want to definitely have those for lambic only. Okay. So you can use your, pro- your uh, you can use your uh, like a glass carboy for your primary fermenter. Mm-hmm. That's okay. But once you go into your secondary and you inoculate it with with your bugs, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, then no other beer goes in that secondary, and that's just pretty much for lambic. Okay. Is the thing that you worried about uh, too long in in a plastic container the oxygen? 
that and other types of contamination if you have bacteria that's in there and basically just it, it going awry because it, it's inoculated with um, contaminants already. Okay. You know, it's basically a controlled spoilage. Okay. And really the only way to control it is to pretty much stay on top of it, pay attention to it, and once you get it past its uh, main primary, or actually when, once you get it past its, its secondary ferment, mm-hmm. then you keep it cool. Okay. And one of the main things that I've found out is you kind of crash it to keep the, to kind of kill the yeasts in between. Mm-hmm. Not really kill them, but uh, dormant. Put them in dormant. Make them, make them dormant so that you can deal with things and let them build back up and get the flow back going. Okay, you know? I'm sure that changes the culture quite a bit too because strong survive the ones that go sleepy. Yeah, uh, within reason, but yeah. uh, I also have a habit that I like to take the dregs from my uh, goose kegs and take and put that into my next batch. Really? I'm getting ready to brew again soon. I have some friends I'm going to get together with and brew, do a, 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 a Lambic brew, a, a goose, mm-hmm. and I'll take the dregs from my two uh, gooses that I have and put, put those into the uh, secondary ferment. Okay. All right. Make your own cultures and, and go from that. Keep the good living. Yeah, well, that's your house culture now. I guess, yeah. yeah. That's true. If you go through a couple generations, so it's, when it's you definitely. So you get it, uh, you crash it, do you bring it back up before you put the fruit in there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bring it back up to you know, fermentation. Up to pretty much uh, fermentation temperature, depending upon what the room temperature is, something more the yeast is going to take off mm-hmm. at. Hmm. You know, and then, but, then throw the fruit in there and let it do its but thing. But really, you really don't want the yeast to take off and start eating everything because right. you want uh, a lot of the volatiles and everything mm-hmm. in the fruit and all the oils in the fruit there to stay there. The, a strong fr- ferment will just scrub all that exactly. right out of there. Exactly. Because these, exactly. these beers are awesomely fruity. Yeah. They're not sweet. Because they're, they're just that, fruity. The, well, and that really is the difference, too, isn't it? They're not syrupy and sweet. Exactly. But they're, they're, just, they're intensely yeah. fruity. Yeah. And that's, have, that's, so that's why you're saying you have to get it to be able to ferment again. At a certain time, so it doesn't scrub it all right back out of there. Exactly. And that's where the patients come in. Yeah. In. And how long is that process, then, before you want it to get cold again for aging? Um, well, between your, in your primary, after you go to primary, you can... You primary for about two weeks, and then you kind of cool it down, crash it a bit, and maybe into the low 50s, okay, high 40s, and then bring it out and then inoculate it. Okay, let and that's that ferment, secondary. Secondary, let yeah. that ferment out. Mm-hmm. How long? And how it, long with that? Uh, it depends really on how much time you have and what the weather is with me. Right, because I live in a hot area. When it gets hot, I want to get it under cool, and under cool. Conditions. So you don't want to let it go nutty at at ninety. No, want, yeah. no, no. You want to keep it around sixty four, sixty eight max. Okay, you know, especially if you're getting a pellicle forming. If you get a pellicle forming and you have an area to put that carboy in. Under refrigeration, right? Do it because you want to do that and just keep it there and just let it go for a while, and then do you rack worry it about off it? Of there. Do you worry about anything coming out of the out of the airlock uh, when you're in that secondary? You got to pay real close attention to that because your airlocks will dry out. Well, that and mm. I, I'm you know I'm wondering would you have some of the bugs off gassing into your fermentation center? Well, my fermentation center when I'm doing the lambics <laughs> is actually. Uh, that's a good one. <laughs> it's actually just, just taking care of Lambics at that time. Okay. 
So I, I, I definitely am a firm believer uh, in cross-contamination. Seeing as how I am a welder, I definitely watch out for that right. because it definitely exists in a lot of cases. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So when you say you know you don't want to get too hot, you're waiting on the temperature. So that, that secondary could, could be six months or it could be four months, but it's not a year, is it? Yeah, no, it, I'd say it uh, gets maybe three months, maybe six months max. Okay. Max, six months is pushing it. It's more like about three months. Okay. It, 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 like I say, it, it really, it, it depends how much time you want to put into it. And this obviously has had a lot of time put into it. And mm-hmm. like everything else, the more time you put into it yep. and the more practice you put into it and trying it and testing it and evaluating it, you end up with a decent product. Absolutely. You know? Okay, so you go then from you, you then rack it again from its secondary, and now it's cold. You crash it. Then it's cool. You crash it, and then rack depending it. upon where you're at and the time of year and mm-hmm. the fruit coming in, okay. how much you want to lay out for the fruit. If you want to go out and you know spend seventy or one hundred and twenty bucks for fruit to take care of it, you can do it that way, or you can wait till fruit comes around in season and go out and pick it, save a fair amount, and have fresh fruit that's ready to go. Okay, and then you just bring the temperature up at that point. And go for it. Go over the fruit. And then how long are we there on the fruit before racking again? Uh, I'd say two weeks to a month. Okay. And then we crash and rack again? Uh, You basically let it sit on there. You crash it. You rack it. More fruit? then, Then you let it rest for a while. Okay. And then you try it again. Cold. Yes. Okay. And then you try it again. Through through time and when when you th- you know pretty much when I think about it you know I'm kind of weird about stuff I'm busy and mm-hmm. um, like everybody uh, and then I uh, will maybe even wait until the next year and add more fruit to it like I say this peach here has had three editions of of different peaches to it in next wow. rains okay. do you do that in the fruit season so it comes around the peaches come around again you buy more and you throw them in for another year and you got it all right and what season's approaching. Uh, peach fruit season. season. Fruit yeah. season's approaching, and I have 10 gallons of goose I'm going to mess with. Great. Oh. <laughs> and every time, so if you, go, if you go three additions, you know, over a period of time, every time you add more fruit, you raise the temperature again, add the fruit, let it sit, or, or do you not? Or do you only have to do that pretty the first much, time? Yeah, pretty much. I take it, take it out of the keg. Once again, I'm fairly anal about stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll take and purge the cardboard that it's going into mm-hmm. with a CO2 or nitrogen, rack into that, you know. First, I'll actually deal with the fruit. The way I do it is I, I take and take care of the fruit and cut the fruit all up, get the fruit all prepared, put that all in the carboy that has been purged, and then I'll uh, rack the, the uh, goose on top of that. I and see. then that goes into a fridge. Okay, so you won't let you don't. That doesn't have to sit up at sixty-eight again. Uh, it might sit up at sixty-eight for a day or two until I see some sort of activity happening, mm-hmm. and then once I see the activity happening, I don't want it to get you know out of hand and cascade into craziness. Yeah. So it goes into the fridge. Okay. It keeps, probably keeps a lot of the fruit flavor and the fruit aroma in there, too, yeah. by doing it that yeah. way. Yeah. It doesn't scrub it, it, it all back up. It keeps the wild yeast to a minimum from eating everything up. Mm-hmm. Okay. They will, they will eat it down until it just dries a bone. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And you lose everything you put into it. And actually, over a period of time, you know, from year to year, you'll notice that, that a lot of that has depleted. But as time goes, it loses its ability to eat all of that. Okay. You know, the, the the organisms die off, so to speak. Yeah. And there's more of that fruit character left behind. Oh, that's good to know. That's and interesting. it's built up and it adds up in the complexity of the product afterwards. So right. your third uh, addition to this one, you, you got a lot more of that fruit character out of the, more quickly, too, than the, than the first one because the bugs had kind of tired out? 
Uh, within reason, it still had a lot of Peach character to it, but this added a lot of the Nectarine character to it, and it kind of just balanced it off and rounded it out and, and just made it a, a, a real fine product. Yeah. It's so many people lately I've talked to when they try to brew one of these with fruit, and it comes out just no body and hardly any fruit flavor. Yeah. Like it smells like fruit, but there's no fruit flavor, and it's just all been gone. It's like brewing a good mead. It takes time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, plus, I think that people get scared about putting too much in because they don't want it to taste like a fruit bomb. So I think people are sometimes conservative. That's why I was asking if, you know, that's a lot of fruit you're putting well, in there, really man. it really depends what you're adding. If you're adding syrups, that's one thing, you know, like, okay, lin- yeah. like, like take Lindemann's, yeah. for instance. That, to me, is an Americanized version of, of a Belgian specialty Okay, right there. It's very sweet. It, it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's likable. It's a good dessert beer, mm-hmm. but it can't hold the candle to Cantillon. Right. I'll you give know, you that. Or anything along And they those are very lines. different. You're absolutely yes, right. And some of those beers are basically for the strong at heart because um, some of those will actually make your socks roll up and down on their own. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Some will blow them off, actually. He said up and down. <laughs> you like that, don't you? <laughs> All right. I have some more questions here from listeners, too. I got a lot of them. Great. One of our listeners, Bug Eater. Been with us for a while. He says, I have a sour beer question. I brewed a wee heavy a couple of months ago. It fermented out, it fermented out too clean and uh, finished at about 1035. Uh, no, sorry. That can't be right. <laughs> that's, that's pretty high. He's got yeah. a, No, well, he's got his numbers backwards. I think it finished out 1010, he's saying. No, oh, here we go. It started at 1.1 1. 1, okay. and then finished out at 1035, he says. And wow. he says it's too sweet. That's beyond a wee heavy. So it's just yeah. too sweet yeah. for him. That's a barley wine, dude. So what yeah. would you think about adding a Rosalaire blend to that and then letting it sit for nine or ten men, ten, nine or ten months? <laughs> nine or ten men. You already got to get him out, boy. Yeah. Now, now you're talking my language. A Rosalaire blend. Nine or ten minutes. Yeah, that's the, the new... Um, Why Yeast is coming back out with their Rosalaire blend. Um, it's which, for Flanders Red. Has for a like a Flanders Red. It's like red. a Flanders Red it has type yeast of and, culture. Yeast yeah. and bugs already in it. I would suggest taking part of that mm-hmm. and trying it. Okay. Yeah, you know, not don't do the whole don't beer. do the whole thing. Just try a little bit, and then you'll know from that point. You know, and if you find something else you like, um, you might want to try to use a little bread on the other. See how it is, because bread always adds uh, a very nice um, kind of a soft edge to stuff. Okay. He's got an input on this because right. he kind of had a little bit of uh, a similar problem. <laughs> I've always had problems with the. Uh, Big beer uh, well, essentially down. stuck fermentations. Now, 35 is not bad. I mean, it started at 1.1. Mm-hmm. 35, probably pretty close to the attenuation of that yeast. I mean, think about it. It's a lot. But, yeah. It did go down. Nonetheless, it's still sweet. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, that's not good. So, you could. Uh, what I would do is like a nice size starter of the 099, the uh, high-gravity ale yeast, mm-hmm. which is great for that that beer because yeah. it has sort of an English flavor to it. And I'd throw in a little beano. Oh Just yeah, for good measure. Yeah. <laughs> Pinot oh, yeah. for good Just measure. Just for good measure. Yeah, Pino. the Pinot yeast is and uh, Tasty did that, and his beer is still phenomenal. It's wait, got wait, a whole you're saying Pinot yeast, but he's saying Bino. Bino. I thought it was Pinot. I was wondering. Yeah. Pinot, 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 Pinot is confusing me. The uh, you know the uh, I heard the enzyme. We'll be farting after. We'll break it down. No, he had another. You know the enzymes is how like Sam Adams makes their really strong. What do you call it? The with Utopias? Bino? Yeah, Utopias with Bino. Yeah, not Bino, but Enzyme. They, they use an uh, uh, enzyme, and mm. basically the way we can get it, it's Bino. Mm. Uh, but, uh, Over the counter, right? Yeah, they use they got the real stuff. big cultures of it. 
That name just makes me laugh. It always yeah, makes me laugh. What is, you know? Why you, yeah, sounds stupid. like a good name for a product. The pills are shaped like little beans. <laughs> sounds too close to Bevo. <laughs> Bino. Um, changing so Bevo's name. Weasel's in here, too, and he's saying that uh, if you put that Rosalaire strain in with that high alcohol, it'll kill the bugs. Oh. Okay. No, that's so maybe well, shit, shit I think that's why Mike said don't do the whole thing. Try yeah. some of it, you or know. Maybe maybe put two packs in Shift there, it into a know? different direction. But I, yeah. I think Tasty has a pretty good promo. I would put the Beano in first mm. uh, and break down some of the uh, longer chain sugars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then go from there and put the high gravity uh, yeast in well, there. Well, maybe even if you put the Beano in, that'll be enough. Because, yeah. you know, what the, the yeast are stopping because they can't they finish can't ferment the down, they can't sugar. Break down the sugar. So you break down those sugars and maybe they'll, they'll kind of start right back up again. And warm the fermentation up. If you've been yeah. uh, fermenting it like 70, you might try 72, 73. Warm it up. La, 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 la. Now, someone's asked uh, what you think about the um, the lambic blends, the yeast lambic blends from both Y-Yeast and White Labs, you know, the, the, the different ones they're making now that they're mixing. They're fine. Yeah? I have no problem. I haven't used them recently, but, you know. Okay. Um, the ones I've used, I've really had no problems with. You have? Okay. Yeah. And, and you use uh, Y yeast, uh, just Weiss Brett, is that uh, as one of them? And that and the uh, Lambic culture and the culture. Okay, yeah. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got from these guys here. Does Brett still work okay if the temperature's in the low fifties, or is that too low? Brett works uh, probably better a little bit higher, probably in um, the higher fifties, the lower sixties. Yeah, I've noticed you don't. Yeah, you over a you brew pretty much in the in the sixties, and you've, you've you've never mentioned going any higher than like what sixty four. Not unless I'm going to do like you know triples or something. You know something. Well, yeah, we're talking about the, your lambics and things, and and some people let them go wild, let them do what they want to do, and you seem to really narrow it down to where you want. I have this thing about fusel alcohols. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't like headaches. <laughs> So, yeah. and I like to keep things fairly in control, and if I can keep it for, you know, um, within a fairly reasonable uh, narrow, frame narrow, of yeah. temperature, you know, I can, you know, control it a little bit better. But if I let it go too hot, it'll ferment out too fast and get some off flavors and get too much phenolics right. happening. I, I try to keep everything, whatever my temperature is going to be, I, I, I narrow that band down and try to keep it at that. When it's running wild... You used to like to do strange things. Mm-hmm. It's more predictable when you can fence them in. Oh yeah, a little bit. You said dictable. Said <laughs> <laughs> predictable. Another listener here has asked uh, what you think about souring a hard cider with some bugs. He says he has one, huh? And it's been in a carboy with Brett for about a year, and it's. He says it's real slow to sour. I have no idea. You never done it. I have yeah. no idea. To be honest with you, I have never messed with any ciders. I, I and I wonder if what Weasel was saying about the other yeast, if the with the alcohol, does it seem like the alcohol content in a hard cider would be bad on something like the bread? So do you think too? too. The pH yeah, also. Well, and I'm also saying. warning that if there's enough nutrients in a cider for it, uh, other than a beer, okay. there might not be enough nutrients in cider. <laughs> you love that, don't you? <laughs> Is that Dick inside her? She had more. We've had more entries inside her than ever. What was it at the NHC? We, the yeah, exact. We've uh, had. It was like seventy-eight oh, we, entries inside. We her. had a record <laughs> number, number of entries. entries inside her this year at the NHC. I thought you were. You couldn't breathe Seriously? for the. Oh, We're man. sitting at the award ceremony, and 
and the woman stands up to do the the cider category awards she, and she's says, "Really hawking the cider. Let's go more ciders, more yeah. ciders." She said, "This year we've had a record number of entries in cider," <laughs> and JP just loses it, and he's and none of us got it. No. JP's laughing for fifteen minutes. He couldn't stop before he finally tells me the sentence. I tell Doc, and then Doc, it's it's quiet in the room, and then Doc howls laughing for fifteen minutes, and then Doc got me going again. <laughs> All right, back to back to work here. Okay, That's awesome. Oak casks. Uh, someone asked if you've ever used oak casks to age or anything. No, I haven't, but I would love to. Yeah. Okay. What about? Have you I ever used oak to. chips or anything like that? I've actually used oak chips. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good results there. Um. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. I, yeah. I was just telling Mike at the break because he talked about we were talking about oak casks and uh, does is now starting. I, I put up a, a barrel crew. Uh, Paxton's starting that. I'd love to have you in on the barrel crew. Should do that in barley wines. Oh, uh, we've got a few things going, a few different barrels. Cool. So, talk to me. We're, we'll get you in on this, and it'd okay. be awesome. Okay, sounds good. Someone asked if you blend your lambics. No, never. No, I actually like to keep them separate because then I notice a difference between uh, batches, mm-hmm. and uh, you notice there was a difference between the berry. It was a lot more um, tart. Not only from the berries, but the actual goose that I used for that was mm-hmm. a little more uh, tart okay. than so, the one I used for the uh, peach. That's good. Did we try to blend yeah. the old with the new? That kind of thing. So that's, I thought that's what a goose is. If if I actually had the uh, equipment in the area to do it, I probably and the would. Time. But I'm so paranoid about contamination and stuff. Hmm. You know that it would be some big uh, Rube Goldberg contraption. Yeah. That, you know, was just a separate house funny fifty yards away know? just for it. Yeah, laminar <laughs> flow hoods blowing all over the place. You know. Yeah, yeah. I thought isn't a goose like a, a a couple year old lambic blended with a fresh lambic? I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the yeah. yeah. Stu. Yeah, you're, you're the Belgian beer guy too. Yeah, that right? it is. Okay. And then a pharaohs when they take a like a young lambic and put sugar in it. Oh, okay. For us Americans, yeah. Okay. Oh, there, there too. Yeah. All right, couple. Here's a question from some listeners. These were emailed into us for you too, Mike. Everyone was just waiting for you to get in here, man. Yeah, I saw that on the forum. Um, some are welding questions. I guess this one is from a contradiction that the person has heard about hops, and he wants to know the difference. You, the one side says use old cheesy hops in your lambic, but boil for three hours to get the nasty cheesy flavor out of the beer. Whereas the other one says use old cheesy hops in your lambic and boil as normal. I uh, used uh, old hops. I don't know how cheesy they were, but uh, and I boiled it as normal. Okay. I didn't boil for three hours. Just did normal. Cheesy did in, normal. cheesy out. So I think when people talk about these old cheesy hops, they're really talking about being able to open it up and smell that it's an old and kind of rotten hop and thinking it, that that's what they're supposed to use. T- everybody smells the fresh hops. Uh, I always like to open all the hops I'm brewing on that day and just smell one to the other just to smell the difference. Wonderful smell. And uh, it's a different smell. Do these old ones not it, it, smell rotten? It doesn't smell like your ass or anything. That but would be bad. It, yeah, I know. They are definitely not as aroma as as uh, aromatic as the uh, fresh hops. Um, they're definitely not, definitely not as sweet. Um, but you wouldn't describe them as cheesy. No, you wouldn't. No, okay. not at all. No, maybe if you use like old Cascades or something, you might get towards the cheesy end. Mm-hmm. To me. I okay. would think it kind of has a cheesy smell to it and taste, but I would say that um, BKG and the lower um, alpha acid hops, BKG, Fuggles, and um, Hollertau and Sots, <laughs> okay. yeah, I haven't had any problem with it. Okay. So kind of like that blonde at your 30-year re- reunion? 
she was really hot then, but just mm. kind of a different kind of hot. Now she's kind of cheesy. She put on just, 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 just a different kind of hot. Yeah. Still hot. Spicy hot. Yeah, spicy hot. I still took her home. You would. <laughs> At your 30-year reunion, you took her home? Yeah. Uh, here's a good one. I like this question. Uh, Lambic that I've been aging for a year has blue mold growing in the airlock. Should I replace the airlock? Um, there's nothing blue growing on the beer itself. You got some mold action on the airlock. Change the airlock. Change, the airlock. Change it out as fast as possible. <laughs> go now. Run. Do it. Do it. it should have been done. Okay. Listen to the archive. Just go. Go. <laughs> All right. If you can see it, get rid of it. All right. Here and then this. This is from this. I think it's from the same person. While I was making a Perry, the batch got infected. I let it go, and now it's got blue mold on the surface of it. Is my experiment done? Should I throw it away, or am I still just seeing? Um, you know, kind of a normal process, it might turn out good. I have never seen a blue mold on a lambic. Never. If you get anything, you'll get a pellicil, and it'll be kind of a off, bone-white color. Kind of like yeast-looking. But right? it, 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 it was that covering on, on stinky cheese. Pretty much, yeah. It's that white kind of covering, and okay. people get freaked out about and that. you don't want it to fall. No, it's got it falls, it, it, it's rack time, baby. Yeah, because that, that pellicle stays on the top, and it blocks out the oxygen, which is what you want it to do. Uh, but on a peri, I, I don't, I'm not up for throwing out anything. No. So you just let it go to completion and then taste it. If it tastes like shit... Bring it here. No, bring it here and give it to your friends. Oh. Good point. Usually <laughs> if I see mold growing on something, though, it usually tells it's going to have that moldy flavor and just that nasty mold funk to it, you know? Hmm. And I just... Probably won't kill you. Okay. A question from listener. Do you have any wisdom to share about culturing from the dregs of commercially available goose bottles? Have you done that? Yeah, I've actually done that. I actually used to pour plates, uh, make my own plates. Okay. You can actually make your own plates for bread. If you use a little bit of calcium uh, carbonate in there to drop the pH, you can grow bread on that quite quite nicely mm-hmm. um, you can culture it up you can actually uh, like I said previously I take the uh, basically the dregs out of my uh, kegs that I have my goose mm-hmm. uh, aging in and when I brew uh, another batch I will take and I will add that into the secondary okay so I'm basically pretty much repitching those bugs right Mike used to make all the agar plates uh, for b3 in fact he taught me he's the one that taught me how to uh, use electrical tape around them and I'd rather not use that, but yeah. Well, it's just to keep them closed. It works, yeah. And uh, use different colors to, to have your different auger in there. If you're, so if you're into streaking plates. Yeah. Streaking! Woo! <laughs> oh, not you, please. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see some. Oh, this no. listener says, uh, I'm curious if there's any advice about wild fermentations. He says, I live next to wine country in Oregon, and I'm looking to try to get a wild fermentation going at some point this summer. I would do it small. Okay. And um, usually wild fermentations, unless you uh, are a microbiologist mm-hmm. uh, and are able to check it, it can get out of hand. Um, I would be very careful. Like I say, if you're going to do it, do it in a, a small amount and see what goes on. But okay. it's something that's going to be very, very hard to duplicate, and I think you're better off trying to do it under controlled uh, circumstances and use known bugs and yeasts yeah, okay. a lot of these bugs are not necessarily from outside in these lambic places there uh, a lot of them are actually in the brewery themselves hmm. that's why they don't wash the walls they don't take down the spider webs they don't do any of that and Stu, you've been to a lot of these places i imagine you could probably yes. tell us some will actually open the windows at, 
and let the bugs fly in, right? Yeah. And uh, others, it's like Doc saying. They have what are called cool ships, which are really shallow, sw- shallow swimming pools in the attics. Mm-hmm. They spill yeah. it all out there, and they have louvered vents on all the air just wafts in there. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, in is that, as a general rule, across all of these Lambic breweries in Belgium, is that what you'll see? Yeah. Yeah, they're all doing that. They have a cool ship. Okay. And it's usually up in the attic. Yeah. And... Uh, I've walked through a couple of them in in Belgium. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Okay. Usually copper. And yeah, they're usually copper, and yeah, you have to do that. They're pretty big, and you can see the louvers right right there. And usually, there's a hatchway you can go out to the to the roof and look over the whole village. Right. They talk a lot about uh, like the, Quasimodo. The, uh, <laughs> is that is that the hatch to the safety meetings? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> same hatch. Cool. Yeah, got to be safe, Mike. That's right. <laughs> the Lambic guys, they talk a lot about the uh, the terroir, like wine producers. Mm-hmm. You know, having to do with the microclimate, the uh, the uh, flora, the walls, the ceiling, <laughs> yeah, uh, dust, everything. And that's why they say that true Lambics can only be produced in the Piotin land just west of Brussels, a little 10-kilometer region. Yeah. But obviously, you can produce them other parts of the world, too. But, you know, part of the mythology surrounding them is that ones like Cantillon and Dry Fontaine you can mm-hmm. only get in that region. Yeah, and it was an interesting, uh, talking to people who had visited Cantillon, uh, thankfully that the U.S. started buying so much of their beer because they were talking about having to move the brewery from where it is yeah. and feeling like Cause the land, the they were never going to brew the same beer again if they had to move. Because well, the land is worth so much where it is? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't even know if it was that. I, I, it's a weird industrial area, I think, that it's in, isn't yeah. it? Well, I, I heard that they were trying to expand and do another brewery, oh, okay. but they could never get the beers to turn out the same way. Yeah. Because the bug, not just the region, but the bugs on the walls and the whole bit. Right. Yeah. And I've, yeah. I've actually heard of breweries, you know, taking uh, bottles of Cantillon and shaking them up and spraying them on the walls and trying to re-inoculate the breweries mm-hmm. with that. Um, yeah. or whenever they take yeah. a sample. Take a sample and splashing it back on the wall. Yeah. yeah. Don't yeah another thing to point out is they only brew from fall through maybe about now. Mm. Because in the summertime, it's just the... Too many bugs. Well, yeah. It's just completely uncontrollable. Okay. Good gig. Kind of like Chad. Summer's off. Yeah. Well, no, then they then they spend their time blending. Oh, so it's not really yeah, awesome. summer's they're on. Baby, blending, but they got to taste it to make sure it's blended well. So summer's drinking then. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> okay, a couple more questions, and uh, we're going to move on to, we got a lot to get to today. So, um, But uh, questions about bottling. Um, let me do this other one first. Uh, someone says, I have a Belgian blonde beer that I've fermented with Brett for two months and then added both lacto and pedio and he says when is this fucker done fermenting i'd like to (laughs) bottle it and i'm not sure if i need to add fresh yeast for bottling or if i need to add sugar for bottling and these are a lot of the bottling questions people have too give it a good six months keg it and counter pressure it counter pressure in the keg right yeah what if people don't have kegs can they still do sour beers and and bottle these things you can yeah but maybe uh, just go spend the fifty uh, bucks. I like what uh, Kuda was telling me last week. Uh, he he'll put it into a keg with the bottling sugar and maybe a little bit of yeast. Maybe he says about ten percent of your fermenting yeast. Then bet, bottle out of and, the and then and then he he'll bottle it. He put it like maybe five pounds of pressure on that keg and then he bottles that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he fills it right up. Then he corks it, and that works out really well. It can it, it's just really done well that way or, okay. if, or if you are, are going to bottle it i would uh go along the lines of making some fresh wort okay and doing mm-hmm. it that way rather than adding sugar to it all right 
That's a good, yeah. This, in fact, that's what this other person was asking uh, specifically. You know, if his beer's down to say ten oh five, you know, it's down there. You know, wow. would you repitch fresh yeast and add sugar? Um, you know, in order to get kind of the three volumes of CO two he's looking for. Or, but you're saying maybe wort instead. I'd use wort, and if you really wanted to get into it, I'd use a mixed culture to bottle it with. Yeah. But what do you mean by mixed uh, use, culture? Use uh, some of your Brett and uh, regular yeast okay. in there. Yeah, that's a good idea. And bottle it there. A little bit of both. And then let it condition. Okay. 10.05? That's pretty low. That's super low. Yeah. I've had some nice dry lambics, though. Real low like that. Well, or vowels well, like that. Mm, so we're all really going to get that way. Yeah. I like that. All right. I think that's about it for our... Um, all right, wait, here. One more. For making goose... When you have to do that blend, how do you blend them so that when bottled, there's carbonation? I actually, like I said, I don't blend my goozes. I um, pretty much brew them, and then I take and I just ferment them out in the in the keg. Okay. And I just, I pretty much uh, uh, can uh, carbonate in my kegs. You can. You just yeah. counter pressure. Counter pressure. I'm- Pressure. I'm a big fan of counter And also, as it's fermenting, even under pressure, it is still building an immense amount of pressure, mm-hmm. cold, mm-hmm. inside of that keg. Okay. So, uh, if you haven't checked your beer for three, four months, and you go and check it, you better let some pressure off of there. Okay. It's really carbonated. It's going to blow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's going to have lots of foam. <laughs> hey, I had a question. So, the pellicle, how are you tasting your beer during that time? You're not. Okay. You're not until it's gone? You're not. You mm. pretty much try your beer after you take and rack it off of there and cool it down. And then a couple weeks after that, you might try it. Okay. You know, if you're patient, you can try it beforehand. And do it before the pellicle falls. Now, with a barrel? Uh, I usually rack after the pellicle falls. Yeah? Yeah. And right when it falls. Right when it's right, right about that point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's time to get it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then if you're using a barrel, it seems like the Belgian guys bang a nail into the middle of the bottom of a barrel, and they actually just pull the nail out and pull a sample so I, they don't disrupt the pellicle. That's what I've heard. I have no idea. Yeah, they I, actually just bang a nail, so it's just you know a little plug. They hmm. just pull samples off. I hope it. it's a stainless nail. You said bang. Yeah. <laughs> you said plug. I thought it was pretty cool because we saw... <laughs> you said nail. You said nail. <laughs> <laughs> we saw Vinny's barrels yesterday, and he had a nail in the bottom one, and we go, what the hell is that? You know, And he goes, oh, well, that's how he pulls samples without disrupting the interesting. pellicle. Interesting. Okay. That's okay. Interesting. interesting. I have so yet to visit Belgium. him. I want to visit Vinny and talk to him. He said nail again. I'm going to go bang a nail in the bottom of one of your stainless steel kegs out there, Chad. <laughs> plug. So you saw Vinny's barrels, huh? Were they nice? <laughs> oh, man. Were they natural? <laughs> All right, and we had a few questions about welding come through, and I'm not going to ask all of them. I'm going to ask the one that was that came through several times because I think it's an easy one we can cover. Uh, since you are a welder as well, people want to know what the hell is a sanitary weld. <laughs> a sanitary weld is basically a weld that you're ready to kiss it after it's cooled off. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's basically uh, very um, smooth, smooth, Clean. shiny, pretty. It's going to have all sorts of colors on it because the whole idea when you're stainless when you're stainless welding mm-hmm. is to pull the colors out because that's showing that you have a good uh, gas blanket over there and there's no contamination happening okay you don't want any pitting you don't want any pinholes you know you don't want any kind of three-dimensional shadowing you okay. want it as smooth as can be 
So sanitary doesn't, it's using the word not to describe that it's uh, sanitary in terms of germs, but that it's done well and it's a clean well. And it's clean and there's no rough surfaces or anything for anything to possibly get caught on and cause a buildup. And do you back gas? Everything. Yeah. uh, I've been back gassing all show. I'm anal. Anal about Uh, it. If you're welding on one side. Gas in the same sentence, but. (laughs) If you're welding on one side of stainless and you're getting good penetration. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Uh, And if you don't have have gas on the back side, uh, you're going to get that that, the candy sugar. Easy beautiful. And you're going to get pitting. We call them lung boogers. Yeah. Because if you don't wear your mask, that's what your lungs are going to look like afterwards. Okay. All right, good to know. So uh, it's, it's got to be clean on both <laughs> good sides. Good visual, huh? Yeah, good to know, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Mike Milam, king of sours around here. Yeah. Good man coming in here, hand. bringing thank these. You. Uh, thank you for sharing your, your knowledge with us, man. Uh, and your so, beer, man. A lot uh, of years of experimenting that this man's done that he just passed on to you folks at home. So uh, now I would say you go do it and maybe send Mike some beer if it comes out good. <laughs> all means try it. It's yeah. fun. Experiment. Yeah. I have some patience. I think that's the main thing here. Have patience. patience. Chat, you going to give it a try? Enjoy. Oh, yeah. It sounds like it. Chat, oh, Chat we, and I have a beer. We, sour beer that we brought. Yeah? That, I brought. yeah, that you guys house. brewed? Yeah. Oh, is it sour Two weeks ago. Mm, it's, it's sour. It's, it's all right. It's not super sour, but it's getting there. We got a junky one sitting under that desk over there that we threw a bunch of junk in a long time ago. We've He's never tasted junk. it. Not Schumann's pants. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Schumann's been putting like his, Schumann's feet all the time. Yeah. It could be pretty funky. Right near his dip tube. Uh, in there. <laughs> all right. When we come back, we're going to take a little break here. Stu Stewart from Belgian Beer Me. You can go to BelgianBeerMe.com. It's linked right off our homepage, too. He's got the headshot there. Sent us the nice Stu Stewart headshot. I got to get one of those, man. A little beer glass in hand, looking sharp. A glamour shot. Yeah, it's like, a, hey, I won't rape you on my tour kind of a picture. <laughs> if you, <laughs> only if you ask real nice. <laughs> yeah. It is Belgium. Hey, Stu just left. Where's he going? <laughs> <laughs> BelgianBeerMe.com. We'll be talking to Stu Stewart. We come back, figure out how to plan our Belgian trip a little bit here and uh, talk more beers. We also got a couple of guys from North Coast hanging out in yeah. here drinking beer. Yeah, we need to talk to them. And uh, we'll get, get everybody on the air. We'll do that. So a couple more beers for us. Go pee. Have a break. We'll be back in a few minutes. It's the session. Hang in there. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Attention homebrew shop owners. At Fermentap, they know you're tired of buying the same old gear that everyone else has. That's why Fermentap offers the newest and most cutting-edge brewing equipment known to man. Since 1998, Fermentap has been leading the fight against the boring and mundane by offering strange, unique, and just plain smart equipment. Like their stainless stone false bottoms. Never deal with the floating plastic castle of other false bottoms again. And since they're made from stainless steel, they'll last a lifetime. Fermentap's line of copper wort chillers are the best on the market. Designed to cool your wort faster and more efficiently than other immersion killers. They actually invented the equipment to make these killers not only work great, but look great too. How about a fantastic line of ingredients including vanilla beans, sorghum extract, blue agave extract, hot bitterness extract, unique wine yeast, 
green coffee beans, sake kits, all stuff you can't find anywhere else. Fermentap carries all the standard products and equipment you need as well, such as all grain systems, stainless hardware, kettles, carbonation stones, you name it, they've got it. Fermentap's entire line of products has been helping retail shops meet the demands of their customers for nearly 10 years, and they want to help you too. For more information, see them on the web at fermentap.com or call Jason at 1-800-942-2750. Fermentap, better beer through innovation. shortage. He's in the basement. Oh, please. My tripled it cocked it imperial pilsner. It's all gone. We'll never brew again. Damn this hop shortage. Damn it to hell. Was is los? Hop shortage? Who are you guys? Ich bin Doppelbach. Ich bin Kölsch. Und ich bin Münchener Helles. We don't need a lot of hops to be delectable. Now brew something. Malzi. Use less hops, brew more beer. Northern Brewer has kits and ingredients for dozens of worldwide beer styles that don't require a lot of hops to make a great pint. Like the cool blonde Kolsch or the ponderously bottom-heavy Doppelbach. Keep drinking great beer. Order at northernbrewer.com and get flat rate $7.99 shipping anywhere in the contiguous U.S. One beer kit, $7.99 shipping. One million beer kits, $7.99 shipping. Together we can beat this hop shortage. Mm Mm-hmm. Now get blowing! Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And, and it's stuff. just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to the 
Session. All right, welcome back to the program, everybody. Trying to get as much done as possible today. we got one of these long shows going on with a bunch of good information. And uh, thanks to Mike Milam. Still hanging out, I hope, having some beers with us and uh, sharing a lot of good beer and good information. I appreciate that. That's going to be a good segment I think people are going to use for a long time. So thank you to Mike. And uh, you could always uh, find him uh, somewhere at More Beer, welding something, if you ever need to uh, go over there and get yourself some stuff welded. We're about to start talking to Stu Stewart from BelgianBeerMe.com. He's been hanging out with us today and uh, doing the hang here in the show. 888-401-BEER. 888-401-BEER. That's our live number. It's also your listener line all week long. You can call in and uh, leave us messages and uh, you know let us know what you want. I got a montage of, of this week's messages to play for you guys later. Bevo, you're going to like it. It's a lot of fun. I'm excited about them. He yeah. said montage. <laughs> A lot of fun things there. So Stu in the in the in the Belgian beer business and uh, owns BelgianBeerMe.com. So That's right. You run the thing, which is a, a great website. I was browsing around quite a bit. Um, a lot of good information and good links on there too. Thank you very much. I can credit Marta Olson from Minnetonka Design in uh, Mackinac Island, Michigan, for that. Okay. And you spend your time both here on the West Coast and Michigan, too. Is that right? You, I, you're from Michigan? I or? do, as, as uh, JP likes to point out, I'm bi. And, um, <laughs> yeah. But JP no, does no, like no, to no, pour I'm, that. I'm bi-coastal. I, I live on Mackinac Island, Michigan in the summertime, and then I base out of Mendocino, uh, Northern California, in the wintertime. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's not too bad, is yeah. it? No, not too bad you're at all. You're a snowbird. Come out to California when it gets cold out there. Yeah, although people in, in Mendocino, they they you know that's the best time of year to be there. It's summertime, and I take off then, so they can't understand it. Yeah, because so. that's when they're harvesting all the weed. That's why it's good to be in Mendocino around then. Do you know how Mendocino got its name? <laughs> no. Because weed was already taken. <laughs> <laughs> I went up there for a, a, a beer festival, and I asked. It's, it's beautiful up there. I, it is. I love it up there. And I was asking a, a local, you know. As beautiful as downtown Pacheco? Much more beautiful oh, than Pacheco. Okay. If that's possible, then it is. I don't know. In the summertime around here, the weeds are just popping <laughs> just nice. Yeah. Well, I asked the guy, I go, it's beautiful up here. I'd love to live here, but how does anybody make a living up here it's there doesn't seem to be jobs and he looked me dead in the eye and he's like man you don't realize that weed is literally a part of the economy in the mendocino county man it's people are paying their bills with this stuff. yeah so i'm sure there are real jobs but yeah although they say if you move to mendocino bring your own job because yeah. really you know which is what you did basically. i did yeah <laughs> right i did how did you get into the the beer business or specifically the belgian beer biz well, that's a good question I, I got into belgian beers back in the late 80s i had a girlfriend who was uh into chimay and she turned me on to it. Okay. And then I uh, started drinking more and tasting more and reading and uh, traveling to Belgium. And then uh, about a year ago, I developed a Belgian beer appreciation class through okay. the Experimental College at the University of Washington in Seattle. What is that at college about, briefly? I it, saw that, that you do classes there. The Experimental College is uh, run by the Associated Students, uh-huh. and uh, it's a collection of about 200 different non-credit classes that uh, are open to the general public and University of Washington students. Okay. So it's part of the uni, but they don't give credits for this. Right. Class. Okay. Right. It's, it's pretty unique. It's been around since the 70s. Huh. And they use primarily people from the community to teach everything from kayaking to pottering to pottery to relationship classes. to. That's experimental. Yeah. yeah. 
Belgian beer. Belgian <laughs> beer, yeah. yeah. Great. So you started doing a class with them there. I did. Okay. And uh, then uh, people said, you know, you should just start taking people to Belgium. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I guess I should, because, uh, you know, based on what I know, it's just, it, was a, it was the next logical step. So uh, this past summer, I, I created uh, the tour part of Belgian Beer Me okay. and got the website built, and we're up and going now and hope to have the, the first official tour go at the end of May coming up here uh, that's going to be so you're just starting this thing it's yeah. going to be the first official right. tour okay right. so is this the uh help me pronounce here arden the arden mountain spring beer tour right it's may 28th through june 5th and um i assume that you've done some pretty extensive research on the area to be able to say that i can give you a tour of the i have in fact most recently i was in belgium for three weeks in uh, october Okay, and uh, I went everywhere, just checking out hotels, restaurants, uh, beer cafes, breweries. Okay, meeting the brewers. Uh, the brewers in, in Belgium are awesome. They're so approachable. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. You don't, even, you know, it's like uh, you don't even need an appointment. You know, you can just walk in, and if they got time, they'll have a beer with you. They'll Great. never hurry you. It's okay. It's great. So now we're going in September ourselves, and um, I've never been a big tour guy i won't take the tour bus right i won't uh, i I'll, I'll generally avoid the tourist areas unless there's something really significant i want to see right so what i'm curious though is i also have questions about when i'm there and, and i don't want to miss the best things sure. i don't want to i, I want to educate myself enough to do it so you know why do i need a, a tour like yours what what do you provide for someone who's going and they really want to make the best of their beer life when they're there I'm like you. Normally, I wouldn't want to go on an organized tour because I want to do my own thing. I want to sleep in. I want to stay an extra day somewhere. Yeah. But this is nice for a couple reasons. One is it's a beer tour. You don't want to be a designated driver with a group of guys on a beer tour. There's nothing sadder. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> Miserable <laughs> life. Not me. And We're stuck here then. So yeah. you know, we hire a professional driver who drives the coach. And so you don't have to worry about driving. So it's worth it right there. Okay. Uh, secondly, we take all the guesswork out. You don't have to worry about where you're going to stay, where you're going to eat, uh, which breweries you're going to maybe see, maybe not see. Yeah. You know, so it takes the stress out of it. Okay. The other thing is it's structured, but only up until a point. It's like uh, some mornings you'll have free. Sometimes you'll have evenings free. Some meals you have together, others not. So you're with the group. For part of the trip, and then there's a lot of uh, downtime, too, where yeah. you can sleep in, you can shop, you can go to a museum. See, it's got to be important, and especially, yeah. I mean, really focusing on a beer tour, you know that you're with people who are, they are beer geeks, right? and they want to focus on beer, but that also means they're going to drink a fair amount and want to do other things. Or they're going to have their wives with them who, Maybe the who, who yeah. want to do other things. Yeah. Right. So you are keeping it kind of loosely, loose-fitting. and Exactly. And what is your idea of, uh, this is your first one from the 28th of May through June 5th. Right. Um, is that kind of the average length that you're thinking of these things? Typically 10 days, 9 nights. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Although that one's just a little bit shorter, the spring one. Okay. Yeah, I think it's 9 days and 8 nights. So. What will people see on this particular tour? We're going to be in the southern region, which is Wallonia which is the French-speaking region. And this is another good reason to go on an organized tour is Americans oftentimes are intimidated by the language barrier. Yeah. And uh, so by being on a coach with a driver who speaks the language and it's much more it's less stressful you know i'm yeah. pretty sure doc starts speaking french after a few beers you could ask uh, yeah. our listeners well when i i got down that part it's uh, all of a sudden i'm trying to 
I, I was in the northern part of Belgium. And Flanders. They're, they're, yeah, and they're speaking Dutch, and my German doesn't fly then. <laughs> and uh, then I went to down where they're speaking French, and like, I'm dead now. Yeah. And I'm trying to speak English, and they're just looking at me funny. And then I spoke, spoke German, and they were okay with that. Ah, so it was, it was so common language. It, there, it, yeah. it, it all is, yeah. you forget it. it's like speaking Nevada or speaking yeah. Oregon. But it does help so to close. have someone. And when you, you, when you have somebody like that. Right. So, you know, that that's, that's the upside of being on a tour is that takes the guesswork out, no stress. No driving. Uh, they're really strict on DUI over there. You Are they? Do, yeah. Do not want to meet Bob. Yeah. Bob is their uh, breathalyzer they have over there. Okay. It's an acronym for something. You Does he, he have a cousin named Neil? <laughs> <laughs> Just to the fact that when you end up like at dinner and you don't even know, you can't even read the menu. You don't even know what's right. going on. <laughs> well, my my French is good enough so I can read a menu. Yeah. But a lot of these people aren't. Right. Yeah. And uh, so. it's uh, it's... After two nights of not being able to know what to eat, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> that's true. You sometimes, if you're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants, which is yeah. how I like to travel, mm-hmm. you you can stumble upon some just fantastic places. Like sure. sometimes it all falls into place. But you know, I got to say, two out of three of those nights that you're doing that, you end up eating you know something at the local uh, corner store that you just pick yeah, you pick right. up a loaf you're, of bread because you've missed the you didn't know the restaurant was going to be closed. You didn't yeah. know what you wanted to eat. So yeah, these you, are the times. You walk into the place and they see the big glass counter and you point. Yeah. And they give you that. Yeah. So that, I assume you plan out these kind of restaurants and meals yes, and things like that. Exactly. For a lot of people, this is going to be like a once-in-a-lifetime tour they do. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they've always wanted to go. They've been drinking Belgian beers. They want to see where it comes from. Uh, these are not inexpensive trips, you know. And and so if you've got 10 days there, you don't want to dilly-dally around Belgium for four or five days trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah. You want to be able to move from point A to B to C, eat well, drink well, mm-hmm. make good use of your time, and uh, feel like you, your money was well spent. And are these all inclusive in those terms with the beer and the meals, or are you paying as you go? We have some meals included, all breakfasts, some lunches, some dinners, but some you're on your own, too. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. So the group meals... Are those uh, generally... Typically, there's, uh, there's going to be like uh, three dinners and three lunches together, yeah. and then all breakfasts. So you will have some breakfast or lunches and dinners on your own, too, okay. which is nice because, yeah. you know, uh, let's face it, you, you need some downtime away from the group. Okay. Yeah. And what about beer? Is that, that those mostly consist of, you know, brewery tours? That's where you're getting the beer on Right. Those? And during the group meals. Okay. Right. That'll be covered that yeah. way, too. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, how many breweries, for example, on this uh, Ardine trip? Arden, oh, uh, probably eight or ten. Okay, and some of the ones that it's a lot uh, in ten days. That you're, yeah. Well, we're going to be moving. Great. Yeah, we're just. Good that's how I'd want to do it. it. That's yeah. exactly how I'd want to do we're, it. We're going to be, you know, just moving through these places. Okay. And, uh, uh, some of them that that Americans are familiar with are a shoof. Yeah. Which is down in the Den Mountains, and uh, Chimay and Orval and uh, Caracol. Okay. Caracol is a really fascinating brewery because it's the last uh, wood-fired brewery in Belgium. They're actually throwing wood under the brew kettle. Wow. What a pain in the ass, and, huh? Uh, said wood. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Does so, it really make the beer taste uh, better? <laughs> just makes them work hard. Very traditional, though. That's the last one doing it, huh? 
Yeah, okay. it is. So right. like Caracol, Shuf, Chimay, Orville, those are the ones that Americans will know. But then we'll end up going to some that they've never heard of that you just don't get here. Good. That yeah. are also excellent. Good. There's got to be. There's got to be so many Belgian oh, yeah. breweries that we that aren't exporting their beer. Like Stella Artois. You know, mm-hmm. we never like, yeah, yeah. similar what? to that. But I, maybe I, not. I've never heard of that one. <laughs> People always say, what's so great about Belgian beer? Well, a lot of things. But one of the things that's so great about it is the sheer variety yeah. They have more than 500 different styles of beer brewed by roughly 100 different brewing companies. Wow. And not just 500 different styles, but really good ones. Right. So you could spend, you know, a lifetime and never have them all. Sure. And, you know, it's uh, you could be there for 10 days and obviously never duplicate a beer if you yeah. don't want to. I see. That'd be, I, I would do that. It'd be great just to keep moving and trying and shaking. You would drink twenty four seven if you could. Right? Pretty much, yeah. Do you do do they make prescriptions so that you don't have to sleep for nine or ten oh, yeah. days? They do. Yeah, it's yeah. called meth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I'll bring a bunch. I do live in Pacheco. I'm sure it's, I can get you plenty in Berlin and go across the street. Probably. That sounds good. I'll have that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm up now. Give, give me a pint and some crystal, please. <laughs> <laughs> On this Arden trip that you're doing. Yes. May 28th through the 5th. Right. You got some spots open. Yes. What's the cost on something like this? Because it's a big trip. It's about $2,500 for land only. Just for land? Okay. Yeah, I don't handle it. The, uh, the air? The, the air, because people like to use uh, frequent flyer miles. They like to uh, come in a little early, go to Amsterdam, Paris, or Frankfurt. You said Amsterdam. <laughs> what the fuck? He also said go to. <laughs> I'm or, sorry, Stu. Or they like to uh, hang said, out in Europe for, you know, a few days afterwards, too. You yeah. said days. And, yeah. I, and I recommend that people actually show up in Europe two or three days early just to adjust okay. to the time zone, get the jet lag out of their system. Yeah. So by the time the tour starts, they're not zombies. They're ready to go. Right. Because, you know, you don't want to spend your first two or three days of your tour just sleeping. See, mm. I can't do that because I'd show up those first two or three days. By the time the tour started, I'd be hung over. Where's the beer to it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to be one of those, yeah, you get those Americans who, they're at the bar with their luggage. They I have to show up yet. morning yeah. of. <laughs> do we have a caller for Stu? Is that the topic, Bevo? All right, then we'll take it. I believe so. All right, looks like we got... Not drunk of the week. We got Richards on the line. What's happening, Richards? Hey, guys. Yeah, oh. not drunk of the week. Okay, yet. yet. Yeah, well, you got time. No, was, um, my ears perked up because I heard Stu saying that he's from uh, Mackinac Island. Yeah. I'm going there in a couple of weeks, and I was uh, I was wondering, is that like where you're basing this this whole Belgian tourist thing out of? Is it is it out of the Michigan area? I mean, how, or how do you round up your people to go? Is it? That's a good question. How are people finding you? In the summertime, I'm on Mackinac Island, Michigan. I uh, I'm a stand-up comedian by profession, and I do my show there all summer at the Lilac Tree Hotel. Okay, so I'm there like mid-May through mid-October, and I do about 88 yeah. shows, two shows a day. Do you know that place, Richard? I hit it up a couple times every every year. Okay, where you teach? Don't you teach stand-up classes too? I, I do. I teach a stand-up comedy class. In, in Can you Seattle. teach JP to be funny before you go today? Oh my God, he could teach be me. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> better, better hose me down, no, Justin. He's great. He's great. <laughs> you said hose. Hoser. And I meant it. Damn it. I gotta separate you two. <laughs> We're gonna me. put her like a robin just in a booth. <laughs> yes, we need to hear you need That's only booth. because of the, the J- gases. JP reminds um, me of uh, David Cross on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bald head. <laughs> definitely not with the checkbook. <laughs> no. Yeah. Definitely not. Not yet. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be famous. Get some, some lamps with a photo strap skin suit, you know? 
I can't understand you. You're way too excited. He said Photoshop. He said skin suit. And that just automatically points right to you. (laughs) Justin, is this... Richard, we're speaking with? Richard. 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 Well, that's it's Richard, is it, though, isn't is it? Is it Brian Richard? Brian Richards. Yeah, yep. Brian. Okay, yeah. Brian. Brian, where are you located? What's your 1020? On oh, my couch. I'm in uh, Marquette. Oh, yeah. I heard you guys just got like two feet of snow last week. <laughs> we nice. got shit on. Shat <laughs> <laughs> on, excuse me. Yeah. yeah. Spring no, is not like, coming to the Upper like Peninsula. Uh, oh, man. That's why I moved from the East Coast, man. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. You can get like three feet of snow one day, and then like three days later, it's like you know sixty degrees. Yeah. Do you know uh, Chum at the Veerling Brew Pub there? I do very well. Yes. Chum, Chum's a friend of mine. Tell him I said hello. I will. He's the head brewer there. Kind of wish my name was Chum. That's a good name for a dude. That's your beer. I'm Chum. Chum drives a blue '67 GTO. Oh, nice. He's yes, about he does, three yeah. about three feet tall. He brews some kick-ass beers. Is that there. right? Yeah. All right, Richard, thanks for the call, brother. Did we answer his question? What was I it? I think so. Well, where you're based out of. Oh, yeah, right. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds to me like since you're letting people do their own flights, it doesn't matter where you're based out of. Right. It, it, this is international. Meet company, me so. over there, basically. That's what happens. We, we meet in Brussels, and we go from there. Okay. Yeah. But there's no, like, home office that anyone could walk into in Michigan or out here. Well, there is, but it's just a desk and a chair. Okay. <laughs> meet meet yeah. at the little dude pissing? <laughs> it would be a, yeah, it'd be a letdown. Okay. I, it was. Yeah. Does that cover it for you, brother? Um, well, are you doing this just once a year, or is it like a seasonal type thing i mean are you back and forth no the plan is to offer uh four trips a year and have them offered uh, roughly the same time each year and then uh that that's the plan right there four different trips i'm looking at right now you got the one coming up in may right it's the end of may then you got one coming up in the middle of october october 18th which is a trappist tour <laughs> right that's a cool uh, now now that's when i'd be um Really interested in checking out to get in yeah. on, on the Trappist Brewery. That's going to be a popular one. That one will probably sell out here quick. You've got a Christmas... I would, uh, I would be all about that one. Yeah, that one sounds good. Uh, the Essen Christmas Beer that. Festival in December. Right. The effing Christmas what? Essen. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you going to be on the island at the beginning of May at all? I'll check you out. I'll be there in the middle of May. Uh, I'm easy to find at the Lilac Tree Hotel. There you go. Yeah. Two shows a night. I'm the funny one standing up. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you hope so. Call us back and let us know if he's the funny one. He might just be the one standing up. You never know. Yeah, Pritchard will be the heckler. Yeah, yeah call, us from, call us from the show. <laughs> hey, Stu! Hey! Hey! Okay, hang on a I'm on the line with the guys yeah. right now! They say, what a jerk! I'll be the heckler in the crowd with the hop grenade on my t-shirt. Yeah, that's how you know. That's how He'll you spot know. him. All right. Thanks, brother. Thanks for calling. Talk to you later. Cool. All right. BelgianBeerMe.com is where you go. How about some of these do's and don'ts for folks going over to Belgium? Uh, Bar etiquette. Let's start Uh, there. How to be not an ugly American. Yeah. First of all, uh, nobody in Belgium wears baseball caps. Except police officers officers and people who work at McDonald's. Really? That's it. So if you're wearing a, a baseball cap, it's a... It's a, they it's give a flag away. right away that yeah. you're American. Okay. Not, uh, that, not that you're now, third baseman or anything. But is it offensive to people? No. Or it, they just think you're a doofus? They just think you're a doofus. Okay. Yeah. Oh. What about, but can you wear other sort of hats? Sure. Okay. <laughs> like like a cowboy my hat? Like him over there? Right. Yeah. Like what, yeah. Can you, what can you wear? I have, I have two of those. What kind of headgear do they wear? Uh, more like, uh, you know, like English driving caps. Okay. Or, 
or uh, stocking caps. So basically everything yeah. that we think makes you look like a doofus over here, they be, you, wear you the can, Jane hat. You can wear over there. Yeah. Great, because i got a whole closet full of those things <laughs> that I could never wear. Wear right. the Jane hat, you'll be yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing is uh, white, white tennis shoes. That's a no-no. Well, it's not a no-no. It's just that you're an American. Really? Just nobody wears white tennis shoes over there. What With black are, socks. Is no, it? they all wear nice leather footwear. I see. Yeah, they have nice shoes. All comes up from Italy or wherever, you know? Yeah. And okay. then uh, the other thing is the sunglasses. Very few people wear sunglasses in Belgium. Is that because it's cloudy all the time? or because I, I think it is. They're, they're at that, like uh, the, the 28th latitude or something. It's like, i got to say, these are good things to know. Because yeah, so you've just taken three things away from me <laughs> that I wear every day. Sunglasses, a baseball cap, and, and white shoes. Tennis shoes. Yeah. you got one thing that's going for you. What's that? You don't shower. <laughs> that I don't shower. That Now, do I fit in with that? <laughs> that I don't shower? No, they shower. Oh. Yeah, so. not, not every day. And I don't even yeah. have that. So now you can wear those things, but if you if you dress that way, they'll just I'll know a block away that you're an American. Okay, all right. But they they like Americans individually. They just don't like our government. All right. But they love Americans. Well, so that's not a problem. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, I I really hate looking like a tourist. Yeah, yeah. me too. That's why I you know I try not uh, to. Yeah. My I went down to Huntington Beach and where I'm from, and my mother-in-law wanted to take the kids out. And she's so New York, and she just made me feel like a tourist in my own town. It was so horrible. Really? Oh, it was horrible. Yeah. See, I don't. I certainly don't mind uh, being discovered as a as a tourist and an American, but you don't want to be walking down the street as right. a, as a banner of a tourist. Right. So yeah. that's why these tips are good. Then I like this. <clears throat> well, okay. What about you what else? Tip. Or what um, about bar <laughs> etiquette? I'm going to turn you, both of you guys off if the he said things keep going. Sorry. If you have anything. Uh, <laughs> If you have anything with a Canadian flag on it, that's good. Yeah. Uh, uh, not see, I, don't, Bevo. I don't like that. <laughs> no. I don't like that. I'm teasing. You don't? They, no. they don't like that over it's there. It's true, no. though, isn't it? No, no but, but but how else are you going to break down the stereotype of loud Americans if you're saying you're from another country? No. I, mean, I say, no. fuck that. No, that. Be proud to be an American when you exactly. cross overseas. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But it, Hence the loud American. But the Canadians are so scared that they're going to be mistaken as an American that they have, like, Canadian flag everything. Right. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Their travel outfit is all Canadian flag. They actually wear Canadian flag. Yeah, that's all it is. Interesting. Tattooed maple leaf. Yeah, yeah. But to answer your question, uh, back to the bar etiquette. Yeah. Um, and these are just kind of like real vague, loose guidelines. And this is my own observations. And someone may challenge me on them, but if you follow these guidelines, you'll you'll stay out of trouble. The first thing is is when you walk into a beer cafe, mm-hmm. and in Belgium they call their bars beer cafes or taverns. They don't call them bars. Okay. So if, if someone says cafe, it doesn't mean you're going to a restaurant. Necessarily Great. means you're going to a bar. Good. But uh, when you enter a beer cafe, always make eye contact with the bartender. Okay. And it can be really busy, but just look at them when you walk in or her, and they'll look at you, and that's it. It's just it's ah. a respect thing. So you don't even mean as you're ordering, as you're entering. Yep. Okay. Yeah, before you sit down, as soon as you walk in, just look at them and look at you, and then everything's cool. There's no wave or hello. You just have to make eye contact. Yeah. Or you can just nod or smile, or you can say hi, but you just got to show your respect and pay your respect. So I climb up high enough over the bar, I can make eye contact. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Stand on a bar stool, whatever you got to do. Give them a little wink. I got to say, I like that. It's uh, instead of everyone being a faceless stranger, you're going into someone's establishment, and you have to own up to your in their place, right? Right. Well, don't, don't you feel a little weird when you walk into a sushi bar and every you, as soon as you walk in, it's like, hey, 
and they all recognize that you're there. Yeah. And that makes me feel weird as an American. Yeah, it's not normal it, for us. It's just different. And what he's saying is uh, show your respect when you come in and make some eye contact with the, the bartender yeah. coming in. Okay. It's, it's a little different to us. Yeah, but I like it. That's good to know. Okay. Usually in beer cafes, it'll be table service, so you can sit down, they'll come over, take your order, and get you what you want. Um, but if you sense that maybe that's not the case, you know, uh, especially if it's really slow, there's two people and a bartender, mm-hmm. just ask them, say, hey, would you like me to sit down, or you want me to order here, and I'll tell you. Ah, uh, okay. So, so it's all right to go to the bar and ask what's what. Yeah, but nine times out of ten, make eye contact, sit down, somebody will come over and take care of you. Okay. It'll be good. Um, the other thing is, is uh, if you want another beer, and the waitress is walking around the room, don't use hand signals to get her attention. Okay. Here again, it's all just eye contact. You just look over, raise an eyebrow, smile, whatever. Just, but it's just it's subtle. Okay. And she'll know that you want another beer. I hate it when people do that here in America. In this room. Yeah, they go, hey, you. Well, snapping, and I, and I, I, I think, that. across. But I think a lot of times in, in, in the U.S., it's okay just to kind of... You're you're getting her attention with a hand or a something. Small, a small Snapping wave, Snapping is maybe. different. You never snap yeah. your fingers. I don't care what country Not, you're that's, in. That's the Midwest. <laughs> that's a terrible thing to do. But I think here, it's okay. Even when I was a server and a bartender, you know, you, you're focused. You know, a, a hand is okay. But there, a hand is not okay? You no, know. keep your hands down. What about a... Yeah. And, and <laughs> you never really go, should be. And yeah. you wouldn't say, excuse me, either? There wouldn't be a verbal... If she's walking by, didn't you could say excuse me? You could. pat her on the butt if she you walks by, or, or the yeah, you could grab a Belgian, <laughs> the Belgian equivalent of excuse me. Is there something that you could say? No, you know. could say excuse me because almost anybody in the service industry is going to know English okay. at least enough to serve you. Yeah, yeah, you got served. One time I was with uh, I was with a group of Americans, and um, this one woman in the group she waved her hand at a waitress. And we just got ignored for like 45 exactly. minutes. Exactly. Really? And I thought that maybe they were just busy and they'd get to us. And then finally she came over and she chewed that woman out. She said, look, if you want a beer, you look at me and I'll, and I'll know you want a beer. But don't ever do this, waving, waving like this. She said, because that's how you call a dog. And I am not a dog. Huh. And everyone was like, wow. <laughs> you know, the only thing I find interesting about that at is it wasn't I'm, you. I'm okay with that being the, the etiquette and the general rule. Yeah. But. If you've discovered that your patrons are are tourists and maybe didn't know that, wouldn't your first warning be nice? Like, wouldn't you? Wouldn't it be okay to say in Belgium we just look? And if you do that, everybody in Belgium will, will know. How many times you see what I mean? Like, why would you yell about it? How many times a day do you have to tell somebody that? And you're working at the same place for yeah. six months, yeah. and pretty soon it's going to get old. Even you are going to be intolerant. Well, but are you saying it any less by being mean? You're still saying it a bunch no, of times. No, but, but way. we're human, and we get sick of the same. No, thing I get again. that. I understand. I but, just but I'm I'm with you. Okay, you're you're in a tourist place, mm-hmm. in that and. Okay, if you didn't want to put up with tourists, you wouldn't be working here. Yeah, and and, and tourists do things that are out of etiquette. Right, right. Uh, you're, you're you're right actually. Now, a guy does it repeatedly that night. You kick him in the balls. Okay. Get out of okay. here. Okay. I get that exactly. But, they yeah. do it repeated. You got that that rude guy from yeah, I don't know Pacheco. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. But right. Yeah. Ignore him. But the first round. Here's here's the exception to the rule. Okay. Here's the one hand signal you can use. Okay. The international symbol for I want my check. <laughs> Ah. Which is just scribbling in the palm of your hand. You can do that. You can do that. Uh-huh. Because anywhere outside the United States, as most of you may know, they'll never give you your check until you ask for it. Yeah. It's considered very impolite. Mm-hmm. So if they're really busy, you can do this. Like, I'm, I'm scribbling into my hand. 
Uh huh. Yeah. And that, screwing my crotch. They're good with that. That won't help. I don't think that's so, a, that's called scratching your nuts. But, oh, different establishment. Uh, that was mis- misinterpreted. <laughs> but you know, and these are extreme situations. I'm pointing out. They're they're very friendly. They're hospitable. They like having. They're, they're very. Uh, they're fascinated that we're so tr- so intrigued by their beers because they've been drinking them their whole lives. They're like, it's just beer. What? Yeah. You know yeah. what's up? You know. Yeah. All right, we've got a caller from Canada, I think, wants to chime in. Uh, maybe oh. yell at JP is my hope. Yeah, never, America's never hat. Really yeah. <laughs> Go Sharks. Uh, well, it's Blobberglop is his name. What's happening? Uh, what's, the, what's the real name? Sounds then? like something you do in the palm of your hand. Oh, crap. This is Matt. <laughs> it's Matt? Is that the name? Yeah. What's happening? Where are you calling from, man? Uh, Northern Quebec. Okay. Ah. All right. It's cold there. Are you? What do you got? Oh, well, there's three feet of snow in the room. In the in the, in the room. room. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, not You're room. not in Canada. You you would have used a metric system. <laughs> yeah, that's a good uh, point. Yeah, kilometers. Three kilometers yeah, of yeah, snow. Yeah, kilometers and all that crap. There's three kilometers of snow in your room. <laughs> that's a lot. Oh, no, no, three. Okay, so we use both. <laughs> uh, wait, hang on. Where, Where are you really? Yeah, hang on. You're gonna have to start over. We laugh. Gravity Fahrenheit when I brew. What can I say? All right, fair enough. What are you calling no, about, Fahrenheit. my friend? Well, I I just wanted to I just wanted to clarify something. I just want to know why do Americans have to put Canadian flags on all their stuff. Just, just in general, why do we put Canadian flags on all of our stuff? Is that the question? Yeah. Yeah, oh. a lot of like... like why, why do you have to identify yourself as Canadian? You mean on our junk? Afraid to be <laughs> no. like, I, got, I got underwear like that. A lot of a lot of kids like backpacking to turn Europe. They're like like we were talking about a little bit before. They, we don't want to have a target on our back. How's yeah, that? yeah. It's yeah. I, I think it's. I think oh, it's. Okay. I don't think they do. I think it's really just the joke that they do. Don't yeah. George Bush. Well, I think that there was a period of time. You know, a couple of years after September 11th, that it was actually not a joke at all. It was very much a thing to do. Um, yeah. uh, maybe not right after, you know, but once the war started and things like that, it, be- it did become an. E- you just got hassled less, I think, if you appeared to be a Canadian because we were the most hated country on the planet at that moment. There's just well, things you don't do when you don't want to get hassled, like driving my Hummer oh. through Berkeley. And but since the Canadians, <laughs> you know, all I, all I can say, guys. Yeah. All I can say is you're welcome. <laughs> All right. All right. You're welcome. Thanks you're for the hat. Welcome, yeah. Thanks for the hat. You're welcome, Bevo. Ah, there you go. Give it to her. She's the she's the Canada hater too. I know. I don't hate I'm Canada. <laughs> just no. just happy when you're not I'm drunk, around. I hate Canada. Just when you're drinking IPAs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I've been to Canada. It's beautiful. I really enjoyed it. There you Everybody go. was very nice. Yeah, it is opposite day. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you should come up here. There's, there's still one meter of snow up here. One meter. That's three feet. Almost. <laughs> A little exactly. more than. All almost. right, brother. Thank you for the 39 call. 39 inches. Au revoir. All right, thanks. Cheers. Take care. Later. All right. Matt from Canada there. Maybe. Maybe not. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he knows both systems. Yeah. It's just more intelligent than we are. Uh, okay. How about some more uh, don'ts? You got anything else that's real important there in the in the bar etiquette world? What about, can you get drunk at a bar? Like here, you can get hammered in a bar. No one cares. Good question, because obviously you can. And what happens is... You will. You see with the, the Brits more than the Americans, because the Brits really throw them back. And they, they quaff beers. Okay. And if they've never been to Belgium, and they try to keep that pace up, yeah. Oh, like, they just like, blow like, out. Yeah, yeah. like, like uh, those, those slow-drinking English beers, and they just get... Oh. 
get a couple of big big belgians big belgians and yeah. they just go down right. okay yeah uh you can get drunk but interesting thing is that getting drunk and crazy and doing stupid things is not uh it's not uh, respected and lauded in the Belgian culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, for example, uh, legal drinking age is 16 there. Mm-hmm. Although these kids have been drinking their whole lives, you know, with their families yeah. and whatnot. Right. Yeah. So there's no novelty factor to it. And uh, when you go to a beer festival, in fact, I went to a beer festival, get this, you guys, that is a fundraiser for a Boy Scout and Girl Scout troop. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. That's my kind of fundraiser. And you would never my see kind that of Boy here. Scout troop. So... Uh, all the scouts are there working and serving the beer. Uh, and then the ones who are 16 and older, they're actually sitting at a table, the boys and girls, drinking beer. And it's really odd to look over and see all these teenagers drinking beer. Yeah. And they're not uh, out of control. They're just, uh, oh, they're just used to it. The same beer. thing yeah. happened to me. I was in Antwerp. Yeah. And I'm having lunch with my wife. And a couple guys a couple guys come in with their backpacks on. They're probably maybe a junior or senior in high school. And I sit down. They have a couple of beers next to me, and they don't get out of control. They just have a beer. They're talking yeah. and sipping yeah. their beer, and they get up and go. And I'm like, whoa. It's just part of it. Yeah, yeah. Get, getting drunk and crazy is not, it, that's not, uh, okay. it's not appreciated. But it's not, I mean, if you sat there, and, and I get, I, I think that getting sort of crazy, it, it's the world over. You, you don't really do that even here if you're yeah. going crazy. But if you were sitting there with friends, and, and you ordered several Belgians like we would, and, and mm-hmm. they knew you were drinking a lot, and you're laughing, and you're loud, and, and, and kind of having a good t- a, a really good time, mm-hmm. but not, I don't mean out of hand. Right. Is that acceptable? Sure. Or, oh, or yeah. do you need to keep it down? And, no, no, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Because that's, you know... You, Nobody's punching people and nobody's throwing up. Well, let's face okay. it, yeah. I mean, you're going to be there. You're going to be drinking big beers, and uh, yeah. before you know they, it... They, they will warn you that that's a big bur- beer, sir. Yeah. At the 10... Ber- I got warned... Like, yeah, that's I why I ordered it. was it. a 10% beer, and like I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bring it on. I know, you didn't have any strong ones. That's why I ordered the 10. I got it, yeah. <laughs> you were all out. Okay. All right. What else? What else you got for me? Uh, you know, what about traveling around? Um, you know... You are setting up a, a bus type of a tour, right? Um, what other kind of transportation uh, type of things are there besides that? Are there local trains? Uh, there are. The, the rail system taxis. is really good. If okay. you're going to be in major cities like Brussels, uh, Bruges, Ghent, yeah, uh, uh, Leuven, Antwerp, Antwerp, you can move, move between those. You can move around on a train. Okay. But if you're going to be trying to get out to some of these breweries in the country, country mm-hmm. back roads. you pretty much got to have a, a rental car or be part of a tour because if you try to take their public bus system, which is really good, mm-hmm. it just takes a long time. Okay. And you got to, you know, go through a, a lot of information to figure out which bus to take where and yeah. that kind of thing. So if you're doing major cities, train is fine. Okay. But if you're uh, in the south, especially in Wallonia, the French-speaking region, mm-hmm. uh, it's quite rural. And you just cannot use the trains to get to these places. Okay. So, so you need a ride. You need a car. Okay. Yeah. Now, how about expenses? Is it an expensive place to travel? I know right now uh, everyone knows that the dollar is weak, the euro is strong, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a, uh, you know, what are beer prices like? What are travel prices like? Uh, compared to what Americans are used to, yes, it's expensive. Yeah. Hotels, uh, meals, beer. But my advice is this. First of all, you only live once. Right. Yeah. So if you're going to wait around for the dollar to get better or for whatever, you know, you're just going to grow old and that beer is going to be not getting, you know, any, You'll miss any all younger. That. Right. You could have gone twice. So, so just go. Yeah. Uh, my second piece of advice is, is when you go there, take your dollars, turn them into euros and don't look back. 
Yeah, just don't, stop thinking about the exchange. Exactly. Yeah. I have that problem. Mm-hmm. Every time I pay seven euros for something, I'm going, well, shit, that's a, that's a $12 beer I just drank. Yeah, don't, you know? don't do that. You'll just go crazy. Yeah, you're just, right. Just have fun. That's going to be tough. It's, it's called vacation. Yeah, but you know how it is. When everyone who goes on, especially when it's on a dream vacation, you've, yeah. you've sort of made it happen, but it's still, you know, we're not rich people. It's also working class. It's also know? hard when you're not a dentist. <laughs> hey, <laughs> vacation. <laughs> That's true. You learn little, little right. tricks, too. Um, for example, I always joke around that in your hotel room, they give you a shower cap. Yeah. But I always oh. joke around. I say, that that's not really a shower cap. That's a sandwich bag. So that when you're at breakfast, which is part of the deal at all these hotels, you can make a little ham sandwich, whatever, put it in the shower cap and put it in your pocket. Yeah. And then you got your lunch. Save keep a little it, dough. Keep it warm. So now you just save 15 euros on your lunch. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, I'll tell you what, that's really good advice, the forgetting the exchange, man. Yeah. You're absolutely right. That's got to so, be done. It's not crazy expensive. It's more expensive than what we're used to, mm-hmm. but, um, well, you know. But when we buy Belgian be- uh, beers, for example, you know, a lot of these sour beers we've had in here today, some of these other Belgians, you go down to the liquor store, they're fairly expensive for us here. Mm-hmm. Are they cheaper there because they're oh, made sure. right there? Sure. So that we, we might save some money. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing is, is when you go to major cities like uh, Bruges, for example, they have the, the tourist beer stores. Yeah, okay. Where the prices are inflated. Yeah. But if you go around the corner to the grocery store mm-hmm. where the local shop, <laughs> it's like half price. And there's got to be great... Is, is there great beer at the local grocery store? Oh, yeah. There yeah. is. Yeah. So I would think so, because it's part of their culture, right? And you will continually run into stuff that you've never heard of that's not available here. Okay. Well, okay. It's normal stuff to them. Yeah. But to us, it's... Uh, yeah, we, wow, we, we yeah. nuts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, see, that's, that, they're, they're going to know we're tourists just because we're going to be making a lot, of, a lot of wow noises over in the beer aisle. Here's a mistake I made that um, was good and bad. I had a rental car for uh, about to two weeks and about 10 days into my trip i realized i had about 50 bottles of beer in the trunk of my car ah. and i got like four days left with this car I, I can't carry this much beer with me i can't drink at all i, I kind of went crazy because you know you take a brewery tour you feel obligated to buy some beer and you want to buy beer yeah you go to the grocery store oh there's one I and i got 50 bottles of beer so i started just giving it away to people at my hotel and having parties and and drinking as much as i could and then some of it I did bring back with me, but uh, yeah. it's easy to go overboard. But sure. I've heard of people that they throw away their luggage, the, the laundry and their clothes, just because they they got to put money, they got to put the uh, beer in that luggage. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not uncommon for people to travel over there with one empty suitcase or just buy another one when you get there. Right. And then uh, bring your beer back. I maybe just bring all the clothes that I haven't fit for a while. They all got holes in them and stuff. That'll be my Euro outfit, and then just leave it all there. I'll come home with boxer shorts and a t-shirt, man. But it's only got one hole in it. <laughs> That's fine. The, the problem <laughs> is the do. weight. Yeah. You, know, you get about 15 bottles of beer, and that's about what your suitcase can take weight-wise. Yeah, I guess you're right. Now, I have another... You brought up another... Uh, Reminding me of a question I have about etiquette. You mentioned yeah. you go on this brew tour, yeah. and you kind of feel obligated to buy some beer. You want to buy beer. Sure. But is it an etiquette thing? If I go Napa wine tasting... Some of the places, I feel like they don't want me there unless I'm, I'm going to walk out with a couple bottles. Mm-hmm. Others, love to have you taste the wine, see you next time. Mm-hmm. How about the breweries there? Do, is, do, you have, you know, do they really no, want you to? Well, they, they, want, they want you to, but there's no pressure. There's they're no. extremely polite people. And, and you're not being rude by taking a free tour and walking out with no beer? N- no. Okay. No. All right. 
Not at all. Yeah. Especially, I mean, I would if if it's good beer. You're the first one out, and you leave him behind. And he's <laughs> got to answer the question. Yeah, yeah. Well, if it's good beer, you're going to buy it anyway, right? Exactly. But, but, but sometimes, yeah. And I'll, like you say, you don't want to overdo it. I always wonder. You know, like you said, you got 50 in the trunk already. Yeah. yeah. Can you handle a couple more? And say, oh, damn. That's the thing. And you feel bad because these people are really nice. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chad's a big guy. We're just going to make him carry all the beer, man. He'll carry all the suitcases, and he's, he used to play football and all that crap. No problem. Yeah, One hand. Let's give it, yeah, let's give it all. Give it all to Chad. <laughs> he's he's used to holding up crazy bitch. He can handle yeah. easily three hundred pounds. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got to get to uh, oh, uh, tasting some of these beers too. Yes. Well, how about uh, Stu's beers? Break. Come back. Going to talk about some classes that Stu does. Okay. And we're going to taste his beer. And then we're gonna wrap things up. And there's there's that that's Chad and I sour beer. I and I did taste it. Let's do that do. real quick. It's right there. We have I a already lot. had the other glass of it too. And no, I liked it actually. Which one? Well you poured it for me and said, Here's my beer. That's right there. Is there like two beers or is it three beers? That one. Stu. Stu. I'm not gonna two argue with you. Right. It was a good beer. Two. And let's talk about it. Did everybody else have of some of it too? But mm-hmm. well, then I've got a couple other ones of uh okay. that I brought I want you to taste. Which one's that in your hand? Um, Stews or, or JP and Chad? Oh. All right. And they basically have the same thing going on. Uh-oh. And what others? Those are the two well, he, he was asking. He's like, he thinks he, he already knew that there was something going on with these yeah. things. And there's a wild yeast in there. It's got that mm-hmm. Band-Aid-y kind of flavor. Uh, you, you look at it, and it's kind of cloudy because it, it just they don't like to flocculate. And it's almost the same thing. you got a house yeast here. and it, it's a, it's a, That's what that... that puckering kind of a band-aidy flavor is and it's not overpowering so you probably got it late how do you get how do you avoid that uh it's probably in your transfer um possibly or or in your cleaning of what you cleaned and they're both the same so maybe it's in your fermenter Hmm. whatever whatever the the beers touch the same thing possibly maybe some some tubing or something yeah tubing in, in the process uh uh if you're running everything through a sanitizer, you're okay. It's just maybe sometimes where you are. Uh, if your wife's mad at you and vacuuming at the same time, that'll that'll go in, especially in your bottling. Um, but that, that it's the same thing in both beers. Hmm. Uh, I can tell that the base beers are pretty good. Uh, you're you're on with that. It's just got that 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 one flavor right up front. Will that ever go away? No. In time? No. It's just there. No, it's just there. It might even get worse, yeah, right? Flavor. Uh. Yeah, because uh, wild yeast will, will actually ferment down things that the the brewer's yeast won't, and they'll, they'll actually throw off more of their own flavors to get that. Interesting. Out. And and that's that that it's a, kind of a band aidy clovey kind of thing. Yeah. Do yeah. you brew a lot, Stu? Mm, maybe three times a year. Okay. So I I would I would uh, maybe throw away your fermenting vessels if you got buckets, and and get new buckets because they might be embedded in the buckets. Buckets will get scratched. But these were done in glass. Okay, then it may be something in your transfer tubing. Then something plastic. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Then buy some buckets and throw them away. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) But it's probably something, uh, and it's the same in both. So it's probably your equipment more more than what you're doing, uh, because they were done at different times, and 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 in the process you can get uh, wild yeast in there, but it wouldn't be the same. It's more than likely it's probably uh, in in your equipment. Could be something as simple as when you're transferring, having air getting sucked into your train. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's talking with Nailed his hands again. Microphone. Uh, but yeah, it, it can be that. It's not really an oxidized taste, um, but it's it's more just wild yeast. 
Uh, and I wouldn't even go wild bacteria because yeah. it's not that dry. Wow, so maybe just kind of by accident I made a sour beer. Yeah. Wow, I made a lambic. I didn't realize Nice it. work, yeah. Stu. You made something. <laughs> <laughs> so if we mix these two different ones, it could be a goose. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Good luck. No, it's, it's got... It's got <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would change yeah. whatever you're brewing with. I think it's, it's probably the tubing. The tubing. Yeah. If you use the tubing too long, yeah. and it, everything gets scratched. This plastic and it harbors yeah. things. Uh, Resentment. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it starts. <laughs> the tubing resents you after yeah. a while. Yeah. Damn that tubing! <laughs> I hate you. But if you think you've used that, you know, brewing equipment a little too long, especially if it's plastic, no. lose it. Okay. The only thing plastic is that tubing. So yeah, I'll get new tubing. There you go, and it's cheap too. I know guys who uh, get new tubing every time they brew because it's Lucky not that expensive. Right. So you know, every time they rack, every time they use yeah. tubing, they'll just dump it, buy a new one. I buy a roll, so. 100 feet at a time. You do? Yeah. And do you use brand new stuff every time? Then? Every time. You do? Mainly because I'm not clean when it comes to that shit, like storing my tubing. Hmm. I don't care. It's just something I've always been bad at, so I figured I'll just use new tubing every time. Chad puts his tube away dirty a couple times a week, too. Yeah, he does. Oh. I'm lazy. I've used the same tube for years. <laughs> I, I keep it clean. Yeah. I've uh, got some I got some original tubing that I got when I started. Yeah? And it's still... And you're still using it? You're drinking it. Yeah. Came out all right. You're yeah. doing all right. I think... I don't know. It's cheap. Yeah. Well, no, I'm lazy. I'm just lazy. Uh, yeah, you know, it's good. You've got to cut all right. It's just where you want it. And and you, I just rinse it out when I'm done. Rinse it really well. Yeah. It's and an anal process. It cleanliness to yeah. the max. Rinse it out and let it dry. Okay. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll do Chad and JP's beer. Talk about that, um, which is a uh, recent attempt at a sour beer, right? Lambic? September. Okay, we'll do that. We've got some classes to talk about that Stu does. Uh, a couple more beers to drink, and we're going to get out of here. Plus, the feedback line montage. I'll play that for you. It's fun. Nice. Some funny stuff we got this week. We ain't getting so, out of here. Uh, yeah, we're going to try. Oh, yes. We what got some it? craftsman it's, beer. It's, it's eight, right about now. We're shooting for 830. And craftsman beer to drink? we got some craftsman beer. Stick with us. Plus, we've got North Coast here. I want to talk to the North the Coast guys. We're listening we'll be right back. When we come back is when? On the Brewing Network. Did you know that you can not only order from More Beer online at morebeer.com and receive free shipping on most orders over $59, but you can also shop in person at their two retail locations located in Concord and Riverside, California. In fact, the Concord facility has grown to over 15,000 square feet to fit all the new products, expanded showroom, and new knowledge center classroom. And now, in conjunction with the Brewing Network, More Beer is making it easier than ever to keep up on what's happening. Download the More Beer monthly podcast by clicking podcast at morebeer.com. You'll learn about More Beer's history, sales and discounts on More Beer products, get to know team members, and hear ways to save you money. They're also launching a brand new website soon with more features and a better online shopping experience. So go to morebeer.com or call 800-600-0033. That's 800-600-0033.
And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your colon won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Like beer, radio shouldn't suck. We are back, still hanging out. Uh, people don't believe me that we're going to get out of here by 8.30. They're probably right. We're trying to uh, get things done. Bevo's got her members-only jacket on now, which uh, is very stylish. can wear it in Belgium. You won't be offended. People, you won't offend anybody. going to work. We're still here with Stu Stewart from BelgianBeerMe.com. You can go there. And Mike Milam's still hanging out in the studio doing some tasting with us because uh, we had JP's beer. JP and Chad uh, brewed a sour beer, um, which I wanted to talk about really quick, actually, uh, because we'll... 
It's just going to sit here and we're going to forget about it if we don't do it now. So uh, you want to tell, tell us a little bit about the beer between Chad and, and JP? Yeah, it's uh, basically a, a California common recipe. It was extract, just something I was farting around with. And uh, uh, Chad came over one day and uh, I had uh, I have hops in my backyard, a Centennial and a Columbus. And so we picked uh, 12 ounces of that. And um, just brewed up this beer one day and uh, put the bittering hops in, which I think was Northern Brewer, but I can't really remember. Yeah, I think it was. Um, it was, what, like an ounce and a half yeah. or something. And then um, and then uh, six ounces of uh, of this hop mixture between the two plants um, in the last, like, ten minutes. And then six more ounces in the last minute, I think. And then fermented it with uh, Britannomyces. Had you planned the whole time you were going to do the, the Britannomyces deal? I think we were just going to sour it at first, right? But then I mm-hmm. think we were at the shop picking up yeast, and it was like, well, screw it. Let's store everything this. in there. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a shot. So all four Britannomyces cultures that White Labs makes uh, just went in this. No no brewers yeast at all. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and this was done in September, you said? It was done in September, and then I think around January, I put about an ounce of uh, French oak cubes in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I can pick that up now already, i got a pertinent actually. question. Yes. Did I get any? <laughs> yeah, you did. It's in that Orval glass. Okay. Yeah, yeah try it. Uh, it's not, I guess, a weasel was here trying it, too. You can, you guys are right. You can pick up a little sourness in there. It's a little, uh, it's more tart, I think, than a sour, which I think is a definitely a different yeah. flavor. Yeah, and, and you always pick it up in like, well, when Doc was saying earlier, and, and Mike was telling us, too, the pH has a lot of effect on it. And I and it almost tastes like just that it's acidic more than it's sour, right? Yeah. If that's what you mean by tart. You know, you get that acid. Well, you, there's thing no happening. Brett characteristic whatsoever. Yeah. No. Just that kind of acidic thing. Happened, it's weird. Which I, isn't bad, by the I way. I had a 100% Brett fermented beer. I forget where. I think it was something from Pizza Port or something. And uh, and it was good. It was really, really interesting. Um, just really interesting flavor dynamics. And I figured, eh, let's try it. I mean, you know, it's an extract batch. I don't know. And I think the wet hop character really carried through, which is I was really interested to see how long that would last. You know, it's kind of an herbal, not really... Super hop. Well, you know, just like any other harvest beer or whatever. Yeah. So it's not old hops. It's not like to the style of a... No, no. Anything it, like that, it's, but. Um, yeah, it's just... I said, what did you guys hops? say? Give it another, you know, few months, right? To see if any of that uh, takes hold. Mike was kind of saying... You said... Did you say six months, Mike? At least three to six. Yeah. Another three to six to hang in there and... Well, bring it back. You know, let's try it again later. And you made Bevo yawn during your discussion of your beer, so I guess it's time to move on. Well, just like every other girl. (laughs) It's kind of your M.O., isn't it? In fact, I can't tell if she's angry at you or or Sam, because he was in the room for a minute, and that always pisses her off. She's lucky she didn't get a baseball bat to the head like every other girl. (laughs) She she put her jacket on. (laughs) All right, so give it some time. But it's nothing wrong with it. It's nice and clean, I think. It it seems to me like the Brett's starting to do something. It's not clean, right? Well, in the... Um, yeah, in, I mean, I don't know. I in just a good way, it's not. Thought I'd brought it. I keep telling Chad I'd bring it in, and uh, I finally kegged it. Last I'm surprised month. with the hops. You know, I thought the hops would do something a little funky. We had some really good cones we pulled off the, the yeah, plant. Yeah, that's pretty good. Cones. I do get some hot bitterness out of it, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's well, happening. The bitterness we use the just the pellet hops. No, it's we almost did. it's yeah. almost like a cider. Yeah, 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 a little bit. Uh, Inside. In what? In what way do you mean? Like a strong alcohol? Inside uh, you? No, it's it's uh, the, the fruitiness and uh, the tartness. Uh, yeah, it's okay. tart and it's fruit and it's it's it just goes along the lines of a cider. Okay, 
All right. We got some other things to do, some other things to taste, too. Uh, guys from North Coast hanging out with us also. Uh, give me a second. We'll introduce and, and get these guys on the mic. Stu is still with us from BelgianBeerMe.com. I, I have a question from a listener that came through at the break here, Stu, which is a great question Hit me. about uh, <laughs> etiquette. And it is tipping in Belgium. And tipping's different all over the place, too. So that's a good question. I'm going to have to go Chelsea Clinton on him. That is none of your business. <laughs> your business. Who gets a tip? <laughs> no, certainly not mine. <laughs> What'd you do with a cigar afterwards? <laughs> what's the edit? What's the rule? Here's the rule. The rule is is with food and beer, uh, the gratuity is included in the price. Okay. However, having said that, if you get really good service, or you got a bartender with some really good banter going, or you just really like them, you know, always kind of round up to the next euro or whatever. Okay. Uh, but it's not expected. No one will ever chase you out of a beer cafe going, God damn it, American, where's our tip? No, okay. they don't expect it. It's all They'll do that here, in the price. and they yeah. should. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, like that in Germany, too, where it's included, yeah. but you, but uh, often people tip over also. Yeah, they'll just round up a little bit, but not expected. And, and usually it's just like, I say, if you get a bartender you really click with or yeah. whatever. Now, what about, you know, you go into one of these places and you're eating and drinking and, and you're in a big group. Yeah. Um, you know, we like to, we, here in the U.S., you have to go, hey, can we split checks? Can we have five checks? In Germany, they often know that you're going to split checks when you come in with a big group. Uh, the, the, you don't even have to say anything. The, the, the waitress or the waiter will come right back and give everybody their own check. How's that work in Belgium? Are you allowed to say, you know, we want to split up or? It's, it's very situational. Is that? But what I would say is, yeah, let's say we, let's say you have, uh, 16 people in your group and you're at four different tables, just get one check for each table. Yeah, okay. So it's just a general rule there. Yeah. See, I always thought that was really kind of strange in Germany that they would, you could have 16 people and they'd come and give you 16 checks if you didn't say we're all paying together. They just knew and they kept track yeah. all mm-hmm. the way through. And that that would never happen here. You go in with 16 yeah. people, they go, you're paying for 16 people. Right. That's yeah. what's going on. On the yeah. flip side of the coin, if you're saying, well, I only had water and everybody else drank, uh, too bad, pay too your bad. share. That's right. That's another upside about going on a tour. Mm. You don't have to worry about that because I'm paying the bill because you've already paid me. Yeah, true that. That's a good point, yeah. actually. I like that. that How about it's taken tonight? Care We're of. going out after this? <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. You, you're paying that one, too, Stu? <laughs> I saw the McDonald's done by the Super Kmart. I already, already hit that. All right, so the Ardennes Mountain Spring Beer Tour. Still got some seats left in that. May 28th through June 5th, and you go to BelgianBeerMe.com. How many I, people uh, about do you have on those tours? Oh, uh, My plan is to have them be between about 8 and 20 people. Oh, that yeah, that's the nice At the most. Yeah, yeah okay. but I'm, my, I... Envision them hovering around 15 people. Uh, that's a good yeah, good small-knit group. Mm-hmm. It's nice. And you also do beer appreciation-type classes. I do. And you got a few of those coming up in the Portland and then Seattle area, too. I do. Um, what do you do with the beer appreciation classes? Appreciate beer. Well, we, we sample seven different Belgian beers, and we covered a vast array of different styles, and we have food, too. And we talk about cultural things about Belgium. Okay. And basically, I give people a platform from which they can grow and learn more about Belgian beer. Yeah. I find that your average beer consumer is a little intimidated by Belgians because there's so many. They're like, oh, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. Well, if I can teach you what uh, a double is and a triple and a quad, and I can teach you the difference between Trappist beers and Abbey beers, if I can teach you about Saisons, table beers, yeah, Lambics, any of that, yeah, then you have a platform from which you can grow and be comfortable. Okay. 
So that sounds now that when I was getting started into these kinds of beers, I think you know we got lucky because we we had people coming in and telling us about that. But if you don't, man, that's a tough thing to start with. Those those beers are complicated. How often do people go and go? There's something wrong with that beer. It's infected. No, yeah. it's not. That's the best Belgian beer I've ever had. Oh, oh right. ew, it's, that can't be beer. <laughs> yeah. So that's so you're really kind of teaching where where these come from and and, and about the styles to people. Right. Who, how they achieve these flavors? Are they and, all beginning type of classes? You know what, what's nice is. Well, at the beginning, beginning of the class, we all go around, introduce each other, and I say, what's your beer background? So I know who's there. Yeah. So if i got a bunch of beer geeks, I kick it up a couple notches. Okay. If it's just like uh, couples and, you know, the wife bought this for her husband for a birthday present because he likes beer. Yeah, okay. Then I gear it towards that, too, and that's fine. Okay. So I know who's in the class, and I can adjust. All right. That's what I do. All right, so you've got four coming up uh, in, in this month, all in April. Um, you can go to BelgianBeerMe.com, but there's one in Portland on the 12th, and uh, also just outside of Portland on the 13th. Another one on the 13th? One, one, in, in, Seattle? one in Portland. Ah. One in uh, Federal Way, Washington, which is a suburb of Seattle. Ah, Seattle, gotcha. At 99 Bottles Beer Store, which is a great beer store. It's the best one between Portland and Seattle. Okay. 99bottles.com. Uh, go to their website. And then uh, one at Beverage Place Pub, which always wins best pub in Seattle every year. On, Great. Like uh, Northwest Brewing News and stuff. Yeah. Beverage Place Pub. And they have a new location, which is across the street from their old location now, which is going to be uh, even better. And then I'm at the Stumbling Monk on Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's all of them, I believe. Okay. So you can go to BelgianBeerMe.com yeah. to get all that information. You don't have to remember it here. Yeah. Um, it's all there. It's all right there. And check it out and sign up for the classes. Uh, you pay when you get there. Kind yeah, of thing. People just show up. They call you first. Yeah, or? they can just email me or call and sign up and then pay when they get there. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you provide all the beers, beer and food. Yep. All right. Anybody have any input on that? Say on the email. Sure. I'll take requests. No, that'd be great. Yeah. That is good, a little tailor-made class. I yeah, like that. exactly. I, I've never, making I, it difficult I've, on you now, Stu. I've never tried such and such and uh, do that kind I of like thing. like to try that. All right, and i got a little bit of a syllabus here from some of the classes, and it's pretty comprehensive. You are covering a lot of things, and you give a lot of good recommendations. I see a couple of your uh, reading recommendations, one of which I've heard other people recommend, too, The Good Beer Guide to yep. Belgium. By Tim Webb. Uh, it's the Bible yeah. for Belgian beer and traveling Belgium. Okay. Yeah, as you can see, it's all dog-eared, and there's... Yeah, you got little Notes papers hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, If you go to Belgium, you got to have one of those. So I got to get this before we go. Right, and you can go to uh, a website. It's linked off of my site too. It's called uh, booksaboutbeer.com. And okay. You can buy it directly from the author. That way, the money goes to the author. Nice. I like that. And they they update these things every couple of years, so it's all fresh information. It's always changing. It is. You know. And then the companion book to that is Around Bruges and 80 Beers by Chris Pollard and Shaban McGuinn. Hmm. And, uh, and uh, Chris Pollard also wrote Lambic Land, which you guys may know of, which is one of the best beers on Lambics. Okay. Lambic Land by Chris Pollard. And if you go to booksaboutbeer.com, you can get a combo deal on the Good Beer Guide to Belgium and Lambic Land. Sweet. And they'll ship them right to you. I'll go for a little combo deal. Need that. You, you need, like that combo we're gonna, thing. Yeah. The Eiffel Tower. I do. The Eiffel Tower. Bevo, that's her favorite one, the Eiffel Tower. But, uh, yeah, well, i got to stop up, stock up on books anyway, because uh, we're going. She turned you off. Apples baby. don't fall far from trees, I guess. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, do, do you teach timing in your comedy classes? 
<laughs> Stu? Timing. Yeah. I'd like you to stay afterwards. <laughs> You're gonna need... Well, if the mic was on, it would have been ten times funnier. Yeah. <laughs> Damn that mic. There's a reason I keep it turned off. Yeah. Uh, How do I know I'm the funniest man in the room? Timing! <laughs> what am I, Sam? <laughs> All right. Everyone's gonna. Everyone's starting to get crazy. There's beer flowing now. A couple of guys, a couple of brewers from North Coast. You want to introduce yourselves? Tell everybody who you are. I just met you guys yesterday, actually. I met Chris once before, I think. Uh, I'm Morgan. I've been working at North Coast for about eight months, and I just had a crazy kind of deja vu today. Yeah. Uh, so we went to the Trappist for the first time, and they just got our prankster, our Belgian Golden, strong yeah. Golden Ale there. Good beer. Which it's I a good lo- beer. I love that beer. It is it's nice, a good beer. Which, which we're drinking right now. And oh, you guys there. pouring it? Sweet. Yeah, we, we are. Ah, oh, Doc. Got one for you here. Oh. We can do it. Here, I got a glass. Let me... You can do it that way. Thanks, the waitress sir. got the uh, the keg tapped up, and she poured one off, and she decided that it wasn't presentable. So, you, know, you guys want a beer? And I don't know. You can never turn down a free beer. You no, just, you, you got to take it. But then I realized, I get this beer for free every day, <laughs> and I got to drive out of here. Ah, oh, yeah. So it's just silly. And so we just opened up another prankster and poured, and it just got handed to me. And I got the same dilemma. You got to <laughs> drive in. Twice in one day. Deja vu. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's plenty of couch space. Stay as long as you need, and there'll be food going afterward. You'll be fine. Right Justin, on. can I point something out about this prankster? Yeah. One of the questions they get in my class is, they say, Stu, what's a, a Belgian-style beer from the U.S. that's good? And this is the one I will always name. Really? This is my, my favorite Belgian-style beer brewed in the United States. And I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here with your hand on my knee. Um, <laughs> Chris. <laughs> it's no, not on your knee, dude. Seriously, this is, this is so authentic. A little this higher. This is the best. A little higher. And, and I'm going to plug you. Uh, I'm not going to plug you guys. Shameless beer. <laughs> but they're now packaging Prankster in this 750-milliliter bottle, which we have here. Mm. Which I think is going to really give it the, the respect that it deserves. Just set that down anywhere, JP. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, timing. Yeah. <laughs> so seriously, this, this prankster is good stuff, and um, it, now that it's in the big bottle, it's going to really command the respect that it deserves. Yeah. Well, a big problem with new beers is when you're look, you're staring at a six pack, you don't know what the hell it is. Do I want to commit to a whole six pack? I'm going to spend eight bucks and hate it. And you got these 22 ounces or uh, the 750s. You know what? I'll buy one. Yeah. I don't care if it's as big as half a six pack. Sure. But I'll try one. And it's a good way to go. A little variety. Yeah, it really helps increase its shelf presence, too. It makes yeah. it stand out more. I've told We're of. big Belgians. Yes. Now, that's Chris from North Coast, by the way, speaking there. Chris, uh, saw, I found Chris yesterday because he has BN Army shirt on, man. Yes, I do. Smoking, dude. Well, I shipped. A, I was doing shipping a couple weeks ago. I saw that one of the addresses was to North Coast, and then I met Chris there yesterday, and, and I said, hey, are you the guy that I shipped the shirt off to there? And that was you, man. So no, we've, we've Thanks for supporting our colors, man. Yeah, definitely. I'm surprised the boss man didn't say, no, you got to wear... Uh, I wear one of our shirts, a North Coast I'll wear the Boss Man shirt when the Boss Man sends me to the festival. (laughs) Nice. Good. All right. In the meantime, you're plugging us. I like that. Absolutely. No, that was cool, man. You guys were just in town yesterday for the Firkin Fest. Is that why you guys came down? Yep. You could say that. Yeah. I got Firkin screwed, though. I can say Firkin. (laughs) Literally? I decided, well, so to speak. Okay. I decided to play it casual, show up a little late, you know. Yeah. Festival starts at 11. I'll cruise in at 1230, make a cool entrance. Unfortunately, about 100 people had the same idea. So there was a line yeah. going down yeah. Shattuck a mile long, and I he said Chad, Chad and Tasty ran to yes, and he did. called me. In fact, I almost I almost didn't go. Chad called me. They just got there. They said, "Hey, man, we're not even going in the lines around the block." And I, yeah, I almost yeah. didn't go, but we we decided, ah, we got to make it. Got to try. By the time we got there, man, we came late. 
two o'clock something. You it's know, fine. the bad I could have made that. Could have? Oh, I got home. I was uh, doing things at the office. And uh, I, come, I got home at two. Family's gone. They didn't, uh, they didn't show up till seven. Oh, that was plenty of time. We were out of there. By, I was wondering, why am I sitting home? We were out of there by five thirty or something, man. You had plenty of time. And it was I could great have been beers back there, and they too, would have right? Never known. There were there were some great beers there. Yeah, a lot of different styles. Thanks for letting me in on that. Uh, you did know about it. I told you the night before. Oh yeah, you just were hammered. It's not my fault. Oh, you on. don't remember what you what told Light you when you were, were drinking. Shoelight and I were uh, shooting Jaegers. We, we lost it. <laughs> yeah, Doc's yeah. like, I got. He tells yeah. me at one moment, you know, I, I got to be home. I can't be out too late. Uh, five minutes later, he's ordering Jaeger shots yeah. at the bar. <laughs> Yeah. I found somebody that'd do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, and just in case anybody doesn't know the name North Coast, you guys are one of these breweries. You make a lot of different beers and a lot of great beers. And sometimes a brewery's specific beer name travels farther than the brewery's name. And I think that Russian, uh, the uh, your Russian Imperial Stout, the Old Rasputin, is one of those beers. Where Old Rasputin, everybody knows that name, I think even before yeah. they know the name North Coast. Yeah, I think, I think you're right, and I think that happens with the Red Seal also. People know the Red Seal more than they know Absolutely. North Coast. Yeah, you guys have done a great job of sort of marketing the specific beer, or just that the beer is so good it's, it's become very popular. So, if you didn't know the name North Coast, Old Rasputin, man, and, and that was the... Uh, uh, first Russian Imperial Stout I've ever had, and I think still the best Russian Imperial Stout I've ever had. That is like the old standby right there. Is yeah, there anybody, yeah. have you ever talked to anybody who didn't like Old Rest No. I, I don't think anybody said no. Uh, I don't like that one. And I think it's in the uh, it's it's referenced in the in the beer style guidelines. I think as as Probably. yeah as one of like just the. I think great it's examples. in uh, this. I'm not sure, but it might be in this month's uh, beer magazine. Really, too. the one that you like with the slutty chicks in it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. It's a good mag. I think, I think it's pronounced for the hustlers. I hope one of the sluts is holding the uh, one of those. No, I think, they, I think they rate they rate beers every month. Oh, okay, they're rating that one. And they're they're doing stouts and they're doing all the different stouts. How do we do? Uh, I think pretty good. Yeah. How could it not? I'm telling you, it's you know, it's, do it's, well. it's yeah, it's yeah. You guys both brewers up there? Yes. Can yeah. You say that. How many brewers is are at North Coast? Two. <laughs> You'd think that if you go down on the floor. Yeah, um, but there's actually a lot of other brewers that hide and um, you know avoid the slime. Okay, so but there are several of you there that you guys. Yeah, you're kind of small. You're climbing that manhole pretty easy. <laughs> whoa, whoa! I hold it in by his feet. Come on now. I, I haven't been in a manhole yet. So. Yeah. <laughs> good on you, Chris. We got a little guy. We got a little guy Al. We put in all the manholes. Okay, good. <laughs> Do I have calls on the line here? Yes. A, what do we got? A drunk? Anything important? Go ahead, caller. Well, maybe we should wait on it. Let me see. Go ahead, Tulsa. We got Derek from San Francisco. Derek, what's happening, brother? Hey, what's up, man? Is this a drunk of the week um, call? Yes, I'm drunk as shit. <laughs> I'm right. drunk as shit. Tell us what you've had. Um, I've had a uh, 750 of Chimay, a six-pack of Maximus. And um, I'm on my second six-pack of uh, double barrel ale from Firestone. He's taking it down a notch for the third round. Yeah, exactly. Maximus, good Lord. Let's just back it off and go with double barrel. Maximus is delicious. It is good. I'm not going to argue with you there. I I think I would get full before I got drunk, though. Maximus, that's just a big beer in general. You got a Chimay to start? Yeah, Chimay to begin. Chimay, sir. Chimay to start, that's how you gotta start this. Huh? Red, right. blue, white. What's your flavor? Yeah, which one was it? What's that? Which Chimay was it? Red, blue, white. 
It was red. It was, it was red. red. Yeah. Red's my favorite, actually. Yeah, it's a good one. You know, I can tell you drank a lot, and I hear it a little bit in you, but yeah. you're a pretty mellow drunk of the week so far. We're going to have to take some other calls. We're going to give you 15 oh. minutes. Bring it on. Yeah. And I can't All just right. give it away right away. We'll see what happens no, here. No, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. All right. All right, Derek. Thanks, brother. Right. He definitely drank enough. He's just not there. <laughs> yeah, we get yeah. that a lot, though. I mean, uh, most of us have drank that much by the end of the show and still pretty sober. I'm just sounding. amazed a lot of these guys have been drinking since noon East Coast time. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> by the time they make it over here, it's like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't even tell that guy was driving an 18-wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Our, yeah, our combines. That newfangled so cell phone is real quiet. Those new cabs, man, they're, they are quiet. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't drink and drive, everybody. That's why, it's, that's why Internet Radio is the perfect place for beer radio, because Internet is not yet as mobile as it will be later. So we know that all our listeners who call in drunk are, chained to that, uh, are sitting at their desk. Computer, yeah. yeah, exactly. And most of them wake up right there, too, a couple hours after the program. <laughs> With no pants. Yeah. Which is always kind of fun. How did you guys find us? Uh, do you guys listen to us in the brewery, Chris? No, we don't listen to anything in the brewery. We like to keep it quiet, you know, so we can hear what's going on with the tanks. Focus. But you know, quiet. How did you find the, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. How'd you find the program? Quiet as our 19 pumps. Yeah, um, can be. I, you know, I'm not sure how I found the BN. Um, I've been listening for a while now since, well, I don't know, maybe September or something. Yeah. Okay. Um, Started with the John Meyer show and thought it was ah, an awesome show. And it's a good one for the pros to listen to right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. So I just kept listening and okay. trying to catch up on all the old ones now. And how long you guys been brewing there with North Coast? You know um, I've been there about seven months. I think Morgan's been there eight. Eight months, okay. I'm a little longer. Little seniority the there, huh? That's right. Yeah. You guys are to be grizzled. <laughs> <laughs> you tell Chris to go clean the mash tun? Sometimes. Just sometimes it's for fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. All right. Career Brewers here with North Coast. I'm glad you guys made it. Just got to meet you yesterday. That was very cool. And uh, glad you came up to the show, man. Stayed a little pleasure. extra. Yeah. You now, stay a while after the show? A little bit. we got to make it back to Fort Bragg tonight. So. Ooh, man. Yeah. Someone's driving, someone's sleeping, I predict. That's a long drive right there, man. Rochambeau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. We're going to Rochambeau for you. All right. Uh, Chad, you doing all right? You got, you look you got in your hand, You're looking lost, but you look like you got Ooh. good beer in your hand. Chad's Holy got hell. a pen of pot. <laughs> so, uh, there's just this little bottle of beer that I found in, um, Stu's bag. Oh, yeah? <laughs> you just raided it? It's called, uh, Penapot. Oh, it? oh, boy. <laughs> Are Everyone you kidding your glass. me? You, you had that in, in your bag, Stu? Stu, you're welcome back anytime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow, that is a hell of a beer to bring to this studio. You know, we just had them uh, on the show not I too know. long ago, the Destroysa uh, Brewers, so I am glad to be able to drink that again. Well, somebody give that to uh, Chad right there for me. Put it in his face, yeah. and, then, and then read it to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Um, all right, so we'll try that. Maybe while we're getting that beer out, about to talk about it, I wanted to play for you guys our first ever uh, voicemail montage. Oh, Chad! Um, I just yelled in the mic. I apologize. <laughs> As it happens at this time of show, every week, things getting a little crazy, a lot of chatting going on, and uh, beer being spilled. Just keep it away from my mixer. I'd appreciate uh, because we've we've uh, ruined those before. All right, you guys ready for the first ever uh, voicemail feedback, Doc? We've got our regular feedback, and now we've got our 800 number feedback oh, like, line. I, I've been waiting to hear this all night. So I put it together. We had a few calls, and uh, it was pretty fun for me to yeah. be able to listen to these people. Well, it's the oldest and, radio uh, gag ever. Yes, the you call know? in and leave a message gag. Yeah. It is one of the oldest gags ever. But now you can do that all week long at uh, of gags. Uh, 800 
What's 401 beer? Yeah, that's our number. All right, so let me uh, play it for you guys. You can check it out here. I don't know if there's a show tonight. No, I don't know if there's a show, but I, I, I like to calling. And there, no, he answered. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I love JP. Jay, hey, this is Drew, otherwise known as Steelers and Beer. Not once one for your uh, hippie stuff. I just had a chicken fajita burrito from Trader Joe's. Boy, that shit fucking good, dude. You might be on to something there, brother. Anyway, take care. Keep up the good work. See ya. Tasty crack can. Tasty crack can. Tasty crack can. Hey, this is Brew Tattoo. I want my meat. You haven't posted the last meat, and I missed it. Because I was on my way to Chicago. See ya. Tuesday crack can. Tasty crack cans. Oh my baby, those are tasty crack cans. Back home. Hey, Zimmer Holland calling in. Sober and sunny. Uh, just listen to the show, and all I can say is, uh, wow, that was a mess, and I'm not gonna do that again. Wanted to make. A good effort to get the drunk of the week, and I did that. So uh, we'll we'll move on from there. Got a uh, big boudet plan for tomorrow, so hopefully I can tune into the show and uh, give you guys a ring and let you know how it went. Later. Tasty crack cans, and I don't care. Tasty crack cans, and I don't care. Tasty crack cans, and I don't care. I can't get to one a. I can't get to one a. I can't get to one a. I can't get to one a around here. But I'll have some in June. See you then, back holes. There you go. Our first ever uh, feedback line. How about That's, that, huh, guys? That was good. Man. Yeah. I'm really surprised uh, JP didn't call in. Uh, yeah, if maybe one of those guys was JP. Maybe the one that said I love JP. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> must have been. I thought really it, must have been. I thought it was funny that uh, a bunch of those calls were about uh, the Two One A's new techno song. That's a great song, man. In case you didn't uh, hear it last week, we'll play a little bit for you here. Tasty. Doc feels like he's at Burning Man again. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people call. I got stuck in everybody's head all week. Tizzy Crack can. It was stuck in your head, wasn't it, Bevo? I can tell you like this song. Yeah, Bevo's ringtone. Can. Uh. The great Push and Sven. Uh, Push, actually, I think. Uh, that's his solo project, actually. It's Let's not see. the same without both of them. Yeah. David's on the line, Drunk of the Week. Dave, what's happening, man? You there, buddy? Oh, how about now? David, you there? Hey, what's up, guys? What's going on? You drunk? There's nothing, dude. Just chilling, drinking. <laughs> yeah. Me and my cousin. Yeah. <laughs> We're all fucked up, dude. <laughs> Where are you calling from? We're calling from Austin, dude. It's like crew drunk of the week, drunk of the house drunk of the week. Hey, boss, yes, sir. Boss, awesome. We've been drinking awesome. since about 12 o'clock, maybe 
Austin, Texas time, you know, it's, that's how we roll over here. But, yeah, we've been drinking some uh, Steamboat, a little bit of Mexican Corona brought up from Mexico, and uh, some Paps. Yeah, nice. Top it off with some Paps. That's our favorite cheap swill, you know, that's uh, how we roll over here. JP's that's right. too, man. You're that's right, baby. Orally, son. You, you just got JP's vote. <laughs> Homebrew? Hold, hold, hold on, let me put you on speaker. My cousin's on here right well. I feel like I'm in L.A. again. My cousin's on there. I feel like I'm in Concord again. <laughs> I feel, like I'm in, feel like I'm still in Pacheco. I feel like I'm at work. Yeah. Hello? Yeah, what's happening? Who's this? Hold on. What's up, guys? Hey. All right, we're on speaker. Who are we talking to now? We're talking to Dave and George, dude. We're, like I said, we just, we just finished going now. We're fucking kicking back into some homebrews. Yeah. These guys don't sound like their names would be Dave and George. No. And no. I guarantee you that one of them has a, a tattoo of Mother Mary on her on her shoulder. Of a, I think of a, it's, of a teardrop nah, coming out of one of the eyes. I think it's Come on, I'm messing with you. And his, and his car's lower than I couldn't even walk under. Dave and Jorge. No, it, it's actually, it is Jorge. And, uh, <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right, truth comes actually, out. It is, it, is, it is Jorge, and uh, a lot of people at uh, in my school and at work call me Jorge. Yeah. I'm with George. But, uh, can, yeah. can we gotta, call you Jorge? You gotta own that shit, man. Don't don't say George. Yeah, it's Jorge. No, no, no I, do, I do call it. Everybody at school calls me Jorge. All right, good. All right. So uh, yes, I am Jorge, but you know. Uh, well, I gotta uh, say right now that uh, yeah. you you guys have beat Derek for drunk of the week so far because you got the gang drunk. Oh, we, yeah, I, I have. I, I can't connect to you guys on the on the internet. No, oh. so I was just trying to call in to see if you guys were still on. Yeah, you want me to just put you on hold so you can listen to the show over the phone? <laughs> no, they're on podcast. They can only get podcasts. Yeah. To the Brewing Network, and I've been listening to you guys on the podcast mostly. Cool, thanks, man. to the new shows and stuff, but man, you guys are awesome. I've only yeah. done about, about five brews, you know, mostly a mini-mash, but man, some of the stuff that you guys talk about, it just helps me out and shit, so... <laughs> I kind of, Let me tell you, I when we dreamed this whole thing up, we were like, I hope that we help people out and shit. <laughs> oh, Particularly no, people named Jorge. And then I have friends from, like, Dawson Zealots that kind of help me out as well. It's in I love these guys, club, dude. So, you know, <laughs> these guys are great. I, you know what? I have Corey Martin and stuff. You know, he's a real good friend. I work with him, and he's the president of the Austin uh, Zealots, so... You know, he helps me out a lot. I, I think I might annoy him a little bit, but you know. No. <laughs> yeah, what? Help somebody brew, just like you guys, you know? I mean, it's just. Well, you're saying we annoy you? <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to keep brewing, man. And I'll tell you, I, I, I'm sorry that you guys can't listen live because I sure would like to hear more from Derek and. and yeah. uh, uh, sorry, from, from David and Jorge. Yeah. I'd like if you yeah. guys called in more well, often. I mean, coming from down here and listening to you guys, I mean, you guys are so far away. Hey. I mean, you want right to you want to watch me get guys, instant street I've, I've cred with these guys? I've listened to you guys right, and talking about uh, uh, about a. Uh, just like turn it off for a few minutes, come back, still be there. I like these guys. <laughs> they are cool. They're great. Yeah. We, they need, we need an Austin update. Hang on. <laughs> Do you have uh, La Bamba on the on the thing? I could probably get it. That's kind of rude. Get get their number off the air. It's a good song. Oh, there's a chick in there. <laughs> JP yeah. just got an erection. You guys Keep on doing what you guys are doing, and I mean, be an army for life. You guys yeah. yeah, that's all you had to say to win right there. That's I'll tell right. you right now, your only competition is that Sam's husband, Bevo's husband, Sam's passed out on the couch in here. <laughs> he's competing with you for drunk of the week, man. Uh, we, know, we know that you guys don't like Coronas and Paps, but we love Paps. Hey, I love Paps, man. Uh, actually, JP likes Paps, and I'll drink a Corona. I don't mind. 
fresh. So it's all and good. One, one of the things that we know um, is that uh, we tried Dos Equis here, and uh, it doesn't work here because it's a little bit, uh, I don't know, it has an off flavor. Uh, we tried it off in Mexico, actually uh, from Monterrey. Yeah. And um, actually we tried it from Monterrey, actually from coming down, and, and it actually tastes pretty good down there. And it was so good, huh? it fresh, yeah. it actually tastes that much better. I mean, you got to get it from the source. That's where it's fresh. If you have it, if you have it, heat, as I always say. You have to change your tubing. <laughs> All right. It's <laughs> my new mixer. I had to fix. If you have somebody, if you have somebody that comes and brings you anything, yeah, uh, tell them to bring you some of that off Corona, some of that off Sotechi that comes from Mexico, because it tastes that much better than anything from up here on the stage. All right. Well, you know so, what uh, they say. What do they say, JP? I don't know. I'm asking you. All right, brothers. You're drunk to the week. I give it to them. How can we not give it to them, right? Exactly, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. David and Jorge, drunks of the week. Official. You get it. Yeah. Mucho borracho con ganas. Oh, JP. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Mike's at work now. All right. Who else is in the Thanks, room? Thanks, my brothers. Who's in the room down there? I want to know that. Hey, go Chivas, right? <laughs> Introduce us to the room. Yeah. yeah, right? That's yeah. right. I know yeah. what's up. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> That's right. Who else is with you there? Yeah, who's there? Well, Introduce, Introduce everybody. Oh, come on. Her name's Maria, right? Hey. Ten bucks. It's Mary. <laughs> is, is that Guillermo? Call us to nombre. Come on down closer. They can hear so you got to speak a little Spanish here. Yeah. Then. I know. I so, you know, so you don't get shanked. Hey, right here, guys. <laughs> it's a verb, right? Did she say she's smoking a spliff? She can't talk right oh, now? We're, we're in the city yeah. limits. See, I'm, the, I'm the official bottler of the beer, the homebrew. That's all I do. Oh, really? They only let you bottle? They only let me bottle. I'm so trying, I'm that's trying weak. To, I'm trying to get a, a kegging system, guys. I'm, I'm up to that show. I was kind of hoping that I could still call in for that show for the... For winning the kegging system. See what you started, Stu? <laughs> yeah, I think you can. We're still bottling, and Katie, my girlfriend, is still the bottling person. She does a great job as uh You know when she's not there, he calls her the bottling bitch. But she's standing right there, and she's the bottling person. We got a little tripod going right now. She's a lovely assistant. So hold, what's her what's tripod her? going right so now? Is that like the tripod. Eiffel Tower? Is that a midget? What's her, what's Jorge, what do you, what do you call her when she's not there when she's bottling? Is that a midget? Actually, we don't call her anything. We only call her as a tripod. Uh, so when she's not working, we don't work. So uh, we have something right now going on. It's fermenting right now. It's an actually David. Uh, it's been fermenting for about uh, maybe a month. I'm trying to get the kegging system. We need, yeah, we need to get the kegging system, but at the at the at right now we. Uh, all right, that's all I can take, guys. I gotta go. But you are officially drunks of the week. What, what's her name? Did we get her name? Katie. Oh, her name is Katie. Wait, no. what does what does Jorge do for a living? I'm just curious. Is he a doctor? Or? Uh, uh, Jorge, he's a. Uh, I'm, I'm a chef. <laughs> chef. Uh, nice. I'm a chef. Studying to be a chef. I'm studying to be a chef, and, and I'm uh, going to probably study to be a brewer, so he can get a. Yeah, uh, David's trying to be a brewer. So nice. A, and I'm in nursing school, if that counts. <laughs> yeah, so you know what so it does. So you're a stripper then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't laugh. N- nursing hurts. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to get her to do that so we can get some extra money. <laughs> yeah, it is good money. You're right about that. I need a good bottler. Not here it is. I know, exactly. You know, There's no money I'm, here. I'm trying, I'm trying to get her some extra cash, you know, trying to get a stripper so we can get our brewing system going. Um, 
So or at least an offering or something. I don't know. It's a really good thing to do right now. Yeah. So. All right, guys. I'm glad you guys have a speakerphone. You got to keep on brewing and uh, keep on calling. And, and, and if anything, I can send you guys pictures. If you can get that, send me your email or whatnot. Yeah, I'll all right. hook you guys up. Yeah, we'll hook you guys up. Hey, Jorge, are you on right. the I, the what? forum? Are you on? Uh, the I no, no, yeah, he just not, started. I'm, I'm, I just logged in myself, but um. Okay. Yeah, e- email we're, we're your phone right. number in. Yeah. Just email. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Email um, your phone number so we can call you back. Phone number, phone number is 512. No, 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 uh, e- email Doc at the Brewing Network. There you okay? go. Doc at the Brewing Network dot com. No, no, really. E- guys, email me at the at the Brewing Network. All right, there you go. Uh, wow, I love those guys. <laughs> they were fantastic. <laughs> those were fun dudes. Would you be disappointed if I told you they were just actors? Ah, oh, yeah. Don't tell me that, would you? <laughs> well, then I won't say it. <laughs> I I would be bummed because I like that they can't listen live. Um, but they still call in live. That's yeah. hardcore. Yeah. Right there. Hey, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, we're partying anyway, so what the hell? Let's call in. Yeah. Can you please turn your computer down? <laughs> Anything. They won't right. find out for a few days that we were playing La Bamba while they were listening and calling, too. <laughs> I think that's the best Which, part. Which, by the way, well, I hate those guys. Fun. I'll never call back. Tribute to our Drunks of the Week, everybody. Got to get it while it's fresh, right there on the border. La Bamba. Anybody here like Dosecki's Amber? I do. I am a big fan of Dosecki's Amber. Uh, it, yes, it, it rated it rated the best uh, this month in beer magazine. Did it really? Yeah, they did a Mexican taste off, yeah. and of all of them, Dosecki's made the best one. Was it Mexicans tasting, or all the beers were Mexican beers? All the Mexican beers. Okay, it's like uh, it, it, keeping the Vienna style lager alive. Yes, man. it is. You know, and taught to brew by the well, Germans you know, years ago. You know, all those Nazis had to go somewhere, and they, they went, went there. They went to Mexico. What about the Negro Modelo? Yeah. See? What? Don't say... Oh, the Negro Yeah, Modelo. the beer. Great beer. Yeah. You thought you were calling him an... Uh, I like yeah. that beer, actually. That's another good one. I, I like. I gotta say, I like the uh, Dos Equis Amber better, though. But Negro Modelo, another good one. Yeah. Well, the Dos Equis Especial didn't do so good. No. But the uh, Dos Equis uh, Amber did well. Did I get... I don't want to pour out the wrong glass. Did I get this poured to me let's, already? Let, let's get you a glass. Yeah, I just want to make... I think I have... Yeah, that's not it. That's... That pan of pots. You got too much beer in front of you to, like, know darker. what you're going to do? Well, I just... I don't want to dump something good to fill it up with something well, why better. Why don't you drink something good and pour something good? Duck's gotten to that demanding point of his uh, yes. meltdown. <laughs> I'm in charge now, goddammit. Yeah. Why don't you t- intake breath and then speak out afterwards? Yes. Are we still on the air? Yes. Oh. Hey, can I tell you the story about that bottle of beer? Yeah, please do. I got the bottom of it, by And the way. you should. Yeah, I you was do. in Belgium in October, and I was at a place called uh, Deca Brewing Services, which is a brewing company where the Panapot guys um, use their equipment to brew the stuff that they ship out of Belgium, you know, which they probably told you. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm, I'm driving down the road, and I see the sign for Deca. I'm like, oh, there it is. I want to stop in and see if I can get some Panapot. So I go in, and I'm... In this big warehouse, and I say to the guy, well... Can I have some Panapot? Can I buy some beer? Because you can buy beer right from the brewery there. There's yeah. no, like, three-tier network thing. Oh, great. And uh, so the guy showed me around this warehouse. I'm looking at all this beer made by deck I never heard of. And I'm like, uh, do you have any, like, Panapot around here? And he goes, oh, yeah, it's over here. In fact, the brewer's here. And it was Urban. Oh, oh really? True. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And so I got to meet Urban, and he pulled that bottle out of a... Uh, 
palette that was on so, its, so that on looks like a good one on its way to Denmark or somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere in Denmark is ga- sad. Now. He gave that to me. <laughs> yeah. And um, so then I said, you know, I heard you guys have this ostrich farm where you brew and everything. Yeah. And he goes, we are just going there now. Would you like to go? <laughs> oh, and he took you. Yeah. Nice. And uh, so Dang. we followed him out there. We'd never find a place without a GPS. Yeah. Right. And uh, showed us around and told us about this new brewing equipment they're going to be putting in and showed us the ostriches and they have the, and, uh, didn't peck your eyes out. Did no, he didn't. But he did like a little mating dance for my girlfriend. Wow! And there you uh, go. Uh, JP probably do that. <laughs> the ostrich, you mean, not one of the destroyer guys. <laughs> right, right. Okay. The ostrich. And then we sampled a bunch of their beers, and we drank for a couple hours with Urban, and he told us all about the beers, and no rush, no hurry, just you know. It's great. Those guys have a bright future. Yeah, they really do, and they're just making amazing beers. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing this you one bet. with us because we don't uh, get it around here. Uh, it was we had some during our show because yeah. someone else delivered it to us. But that's a nice bottle to share with us, my that's, friend. That Thank was smoking. I hand carried that. That was one of the, uh, the fifty bottles that was in the trunk of my car. Oh, then it went in my suitcase, and I dragged it around Belgium for another week. Yeah, and then I carried it back. In that my that smoke. That was an awesome beer. That is really good beer. Well, I knew I'd have awesome to pull something beer. out of my butt to make up for those homebrews I bought. <laughs> <laughs> well, we like tasting the homebrews too because we get to uh, help people, you know, figure out what's wrong. Sure. So that was that was fun that you did that too. Put yourself on the line. I know I've been diagnosed. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you can't be a better brewer until someone tells you, you know, to help Doc. you along. Everybody gets helped. Yeah, you don't want it bad enough. Got more calls. <laughs> you don't want it bad enough. Now we got an old Rasputin question for you guys on the line. How about that? Read the West, read old. the rest of that. I see it. All right. Yeah, we got John Foster on the line mm-hmm. within uh, from from beer school. Actually. Hey, John, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? So you got uh, old Rasputin question for us, my brother? Do you have bacon uh, in no, your I pocket? Have I have a complaint about old Rasputin. Every oh, no. single time we Cut have him off. old Rasputin, no, no. Every single time we have old Rasputin on the show, everyone complains that they can't find it where they are. Really? And they want it, and then I'm like, okay, guys, I can't, I can't trade with everybody. Huh? It's That's just, a good response just, to that question, John. It's just too much beer. I have to say, I don't think I've ever had trouble finding old Rasputin. Is it tough to get? I think we're, I think we're in like thirty. I think it's twenty three states. Twenty three. Thirty two. Yeah, twenty three. Same thing. Someone's just We are less than fifty. It's like ninety percent of the country it's right there. Slick stacks. It is. It is less than fifty. <laughs> um, no, but we are. We're well distributed in Whole Foods and Safeway. I don't know how far out. Yeah, go, I've always seen it at the Safeway. Pretty much Northern California, as far as I know. Great. So I mean, if you're in Northern California, it's really easy. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. We're glad, you, glad you came to the program. Do you guys? Is it something you try to keep on the shelves all the time, like year round, or do you brew it? How often do you even brew that beer? Um, this during the winter that time. That might be an issue too. We brewed probably one to two hundred barrels of Rasputin a week. Wow! Wow, that is that is a lot. Yeah, but like in the summertime, you're probably not brewing it, or are you? We, we are brew it. Oh, okay. year round. It is year round. Right. How long are you guys sitting on it before you'll you know bottle it and, and put it out? Do you guys age it for a while, or or no? It, you turn it over. It gets turned pretty quick. Uh, it ferments longer than say Red Seal and our you know base beers. Our base beers ferment for probably a week or less. They're in the fermenter at fermenting temperatures for a real short period. It's quick. Okay. Rasputin stays at fermenting temperatures for about two weeks. Okay. But it turns pretty quick. Yeah, all right. Because it's, you know, it's kind of big and a lot of flavor there. Some that, you know, as a home brewer, we, we would want to age that for it to get better. But it's tasty. Prob- you guys probably have, have the process, you know, pretty honed in to get rid of it quick. Um, yeah. 
We got to do a whole show with you guys, man. We got lucky that you're here just to come hang out, but we could talk a lot about your beers. Red Seal. Uh, right uh, there. I, I've, I've got a panty dropper. One of my patients <laughs> is such a big fan of Red Seal. He doesn't drink anything else. Yeah. That's one of those. That's a Red Seal's a fantastic gateway beer. You know, it is. Don't you think? Like yeah. it is one of those. You, if people who say I, I don't like craft beer, I don't like dark. It's kind of like pot. I don't like drugs, uh, and then they smoke pot. They and smoke pot, and then they smoke crack, and exactly. And by the way, it smells a lot like hops in here. All of a sudden, yeah, it does. Uh, <laughs> but Red Seal is one of those. You know, nice. Amber, you know, yep. red ales. But uh, it, it's just real. It's a good craft beer. So you'd never say, oh, this is, a, is not really a craft beer. It's definitely a good craft beer, but so palatable that I think it kind of crosses people over to the dark side with us. Yeah. I, I find <laughs> a lot of people when they talk about, like, gateway craft beers, they they have something that's either kind of semi-craft beer or it's like a light lager. Yeah. And there's a lot of really nice light lagers out there, but it's, you know, it's not it's it's not the best introduction to craft beers right and red seal and there's a few others you know that are there are actually really palatable to, to people that have not been introduced to craft beer they're accessible definitely and, yeah and they're widely yeah. available and red seal has a lot of hops in it i mean it's it's not bitter but it's got a lot of hop flavor and so it is a good introduction it's, it's, it's still lot, very it's got a lot of flavor period it does it's it's still very drinkable for someone who mm-hmm. hasn't had yeah, uh, yeah. It's, craft uh, it's like uh, the introductory for sierra nevada well, but and that's it, what I was going to say. It's a whole different tact on that one. It's not as hoppy as Sierra Nevada, no, and that's why I think it's more palatable as. But an but it's got here. as much flavor. But it's it's different. Yeah. If you're not into the big hoppy thing, Red Seal's perfect. Hey, is John still there on the air? I am still here, John. And this is Stu. And I have to say, Stu. Yeah. Traitor. Ah. <laughs> no. 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 I'm not going to say that. That's funny. Only in that uh, I didn't write the joke. And the idea is that if you want to learn more about what Stu's doing, you should listen to the show that we did with him on BeerSchool.com. Yeah, that's right. Because this one isn't good enough, John. (laughs) (laughs) Shameless plug. We we didn't just have a whole hour with the guy, but we don't know, right? (laughs) This one's good. This one's awesome. I'm just saying it's a... It's a different take on on the same content. Yeah, you right. know what my favorite North Coast beers are? The Acme lines. Really? Like the Acme Brown. We oh. don't do the Acme Too Brown. Too bad about anymore. the Acme Brown. You it's dead. Dicks. Really? Yeah. Really? I really like that beer. It's dead, that was huh? a good beer. We killed we killed it just for you. I liked oh. it I liked it with food. It was really good. <laughs> yeah. Hell, I liked you know, it with when we go to beer, when we go to beer festivals, one of the biggest points of feedback we get is what happened to the Acme Brown? Yeah. Oh, such a good beer, man. So it may <laughs> It may, it may resurrect. come back. It's, yeah. It was one of Mark's like Don't bet the personal favorites. You know, it how hard would it be to get like a, like so, a, like so a recipe? Was there like this make, big make meeting and they said that we're gonna like, just kill that one? <laughs> what was what was what was the meeting that said? Oh, we're gonna kill the brown. Uh, it depends on well, who you ask, really. Yeah, it was a, it was a few things. <laughs> I mean, kill the brown. It, it was our it was our <laughs> That's our lowest selling beer. Yeah, and uh, we introduced was it. Brother, brother. Or, yeah, brother Thelonious, and we right. had a limited number of taps at the tap room, and so they wanted to take one off. They took the brown off, and then at the same time, we changed. The, I guess the malt supplier changed. The new malt didn't work the All same right. way, so they were, were f- faced with they had to retool the whole recipe. And yeah, exactly, thought, you had to retool, and it, it wouldn't be the of, same, and you'd lose yeah, what so little people you had that loved the beer. They didn't want to retool the whole recipe for a beer that was their worst selling beer. So. You said tool. I said, I said tool numerous times. You know what? 
Tool. A lot of tools. Tool, tool. They're all but fucking tools. You can right still now. find it out there, but I have to say, if you see it, it hasn't been brewed for like two and a half years, so... Grab it. And oh, So grab it. bound to get better. <laughs> <It's> only, <laughs> suck it up. At, it five, at four and a half percent, yeah. it's only going to get better. You know how well those American browns are? You know what? And it's hoppy. Hot. I think it so, was hoppy. Um, <laughs> Maybe. Not. But, uh, you know, it's it's... It's going to suck. Uh, <laughs> all right, John Foster, nice beerschool.com, and you can check out the program that uh, you got. You just published it recently, actually, right? Yeah, it's like two weeks old. There you go. So you can check it out, and uh, more from Stu on there, probably a lot more detailed information. John and Motor are going to go with me in December. Oh, are they? To Belgium, on uh, the on the Essen tour. On that tour? Are you guys Christmas going, Christmas huh? Tour. That's our plan. We're going, we go, we're going because it's freezing and no one else wants to go. Yeah, so. that's a good time. <laughs> we're too. going because yeah. there's a beer festival that sounds fun. Yeah, the Christmas beer festival in yep. Essen? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Wow, you guys are going to have to report back to us about that one. Of course, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, we wouldn't miss that. Okay. And, hey, uh, are you going to come to the anniversary party, John? Um, I'm doing video. Yeah, that's what I want to hear. That's my boy. John Yay. always brings our anniversary party home to the listeners. And that's, Monkey cam. And, he's a good dude. And uh, the thing that I've upgraded this year on the on the video is I've, I've made it, the cameras much, 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 much simpler. Okay. So they can move around and they can be no cables and all of that. Great. You hear that, Bevo? You have to wear a cleavage shirt. There's video of this year's <laughs> uh, anniversary party again. All right. Thanks, John. Hey, see you soon. Cool, brother. Later. See you, John. Beerschool.com. So, so is Lost Coast going to be uh, bringing anything new that we don't know about yet? I don't know what Lost Coast's doing. They're a little oh, further north, north from Coast. us. Sorry, man. <laughs> oh, Doc Wait. got served. I got served. Morgan just served Doc. It was fantastic here in the studio. I don't know how it sounded there at home, but right here oh. it was great. Point <laughs> match. Yeah. <laughs> I called him somebody else. Sorry. Don't worry. See, that's back to the branding thing. Yeah. Because they made the decision to brand the beers instead of to brand the company, and so everyone knows Lost Coast when they see the art. But nobody knows North Coast. I tell everybody on North Coast, and they'll... Well, which one, which one's more north? They are. Lost oh, Coast. Okay. They're three hours north. Yeah. They're I'm, further in the boonies. Further okay. to the boonies. We're okay. boonies, um, we're boonies. Back to my question. Is anything new coming out that we don't know about yet? Unofficially, officially, maybe, sort of, kind of. It is our 20th anniversary this year. Yeah. And they are so much that we can see working on testing for a 20th anniversary beer. Yeah. They are not telling us anything. Anything. Nothing? Nothing. But not so, yet. But not some, yet. something's going to be there. We're going to do is, something. Who is for, they? You guys sound like you work like, like you work for Anheuser-Busch. Who's they? Yeah, we work on the floor, and there's all these guys in, in the, they're behind like the dark glass. Oh, and, and they just damn like, it. They just point. They <laughs> okay. kind of provide us a schedule and what to do, and yeah. we accomplish it. I see. So, uh, they would be our head brewers, uh, Pat Broderick, Chuck Martins, and our master brewer, Mark Rudrich. Yeah. So you guys are like the Oompa Loompas. <laughs> um, yeah, we even have the overalls and the green hair during Monday for Friday. And, and, yeah, I okay. believe it's pronounced Brodrick. Thank you. Now, Young Frankenstein, anybody? No, like bra. Thank you. Good effort, JP. You're you're a wonderfully funny man, and I like you. And most uh, of the time, <laughs> and I'm always glad you're here. Thank you. Now the chat room is calling me Clevo. Clevo. <laughs> <laughs> Think of that, Beavis. That's fantastic. <laughs> Although you couldn't tell by where I'm sitting. Uh, yeah, well, today she's got her uh, no, uh, members-only jacket You really on. should have been here last week. She has her unmarried shirts on now. So, Chris, I haven't even, and sort of methodically, not even mentioned the wonderful beers that you donated to us, because I... I'm almost wanting to be stingy with them. They're so wonderful. I can't wait keep to them try them. Well, I wouldn't keep them to myself. No, I would share them. I just don't know if I want to share them over the air 
while you, you know, like, I would like to taste them with you guys. That would be wonderful because you could tell us more about them. But it's late in the show and I don't want to waste yeah. them either. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, let me say this. We're, we're going to we're gonna wait on them. But let, I'll yeah. say this, Doc, that, that Chris is very generous and donated us a couple of bottles that are going to blow your mind. So amazing bottles that you, you can't really get, right? I mean, you can get them only at the brewery. At the brewery. You have yeah. to go up there. We've and, been doing a few barrel age things. Um, we did, I don't know, about six or eight months ago we did old rasputin in uh, bourbon barrels okay old rasputin x and it sold out really quickly ah. and uh back actually to doc's question we we did put some more old rasputin in barrels so ah. in another year or something there will be some more Ooh, great xi maybe i don't know yeah. some more old rasputin um and then yeah what i brought you was uh was the uh, old stock that we put some of it in bourbon and some of it in brandy we bottled it separately and so yeah. one of each i almost brought one of those today oh really yeah we've got That's one of nice each done so, well, here's what we'll do. If we do it on the air, which I'd like to, and, and who else did I meet from North Coast yesterday? Was that... Uh, Ken. Ken, the owner? Or? No, Ken uh, Ken is like the floor supervisor. He's, okay. He's our boss. Let me tell you what he said to me. <laughs> is Doc. he on the floor or is he up there, like, pointing? He's, a pointing he's on the guy. floor. He actually okay. gets dirty. It's pretty uh, crazy. Okay. Ken's a cool, he was a cool guy. And let me tell you what he said to me, Doc. This was awesome because not a lot of brewers say this to us. You know, he saw that, that Chris had given me these bottles. We're going to taste them on the air. And he says, well, when you taste them, you say what you think about them, all right? If you don't like it, you say it. You talk about what's wrong with them, you know? Then we have to do it on the and, air. Uh, yeah, like, we'll do like it on my the beers. And, uh, yeah, and, but not everybody does that, right? <laughs> <laughs> and certainly for a home brewer, and even a lot of home brewers don't like it to be done. They can take offense. Yeah. But um, for a home brewer, it's, they're not selling anything, so no big deal. A lot of commercial brewers, they don't want you to, if you get a bad batch, they don't want you to talk about it. You guys up there sound confident enough in your beer that if, if we had a bad one, it's probably something happened along the way, and, and you're willing to talk about it. He said, if you have a bad beer, call us up, and we'll talk about it. That's what he said. But he said, be honest, right? You're standing yeah. right there, yep. which I really liked. As a, as a broadcaster, we like to be as honest as we can, but you also don't want to give anybody bad press who doesn't deserve right. it. So it's a tough thing to do. But he was cool, man. I, I got to say, I've, I've never had a bad beer from you guys. I've been at the, the restaurant. I've been at the brewery. I've drank a lot of your beer i've never had a bad one i'm a fan yeah well everyone tries their hardest not to put out a single bad bottle but one of the things that north coast is really big on is enormous consistency and working our number one thing is to put out clean beer you know oh yeah yeah so we work really hard i mean we do things that no other brewery does just to just our you know our daily procedure that as far as our sanitation and what we do it's it's very very strict even for a small brewer, you have to, or you're not going to get consistency. You're going to yeah. get a couple of bad batches, and your name goes in the toilet. Yeah. And it, it's commendable of what you guys are doing. Now, Brother Thelonious is a Belgian-style Abiel, you guys. Yeah. put it For a couple yes. years now, right? How long, it, how long have you been doing it? It's been uh, about two years. Yeah, I, I, really, really I really like that one. It's I, nice I got to say, Me too. the first one I had, I didn't like it. I had it your first batch, like when you guys first brewed it, Okay. and I didn't enjoy it. Um, I don't know if there was anything wrong with it. Uh, all right, so I think there's something wrong with you. Did you feel like <laughs> could it, be? Did you feel like the beer changed? I don't the next see why it has to be like, like that, Doc. Why could it not just have been a bad beer? I, you know, because uh, I've never had a bad beer from them. <laughs> but now I actually like the Brother Lawrence a lot. I had one um, a month ago, and it was an awesome beer. And the same okay. token, I maybe I didn't get the first batch. Yeah. Well, you've got another one in your fridge, so yeah, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I just uh, I don't I think I thought the first one was kind of thin. It did. It just wasn't what I expected because I like your guys' beer so much. And um, 
I don't know, maybe I even just got a bad, uh, it wasn't the whole first run that I drank, obviously, but I, de- I went back to it, which is something I've learned, by the way. I used to write off beers yeah. when I had a bad one, and I wouldn't go back to them. And I've learned that that's just a terrible thing to do, because yeah. things I've change. Well. And, you know, when you're a new drinker, right, you get a bad beer, you go, ah, I'm not recommending that to anybody, you know. Yeah. But you get to know that there's all sorts of things that can happen that, have, that gave you a bad beer. Yeah. So you should always go back and try a bad beer. Well, what's interesting about the the brother and the Lemurl as well is uh, it's kind of contrary to what we usually do. We're so meticulous about wanting things to be perfect, almost anally, so we want things to be perfect. But the brother was, I don't think there were really any test batches for it. It was, here's the recipe we've come up with. We're yeah. making 100 barrels, and we're going with it. Mm-hmm. And the Lemurl as well, it was originally in the Silver Jubilee for uh, Whole Foods' 20, 25th anniversary. 25th anniversary, yeah, it was right. the same thing, where here's the recipe, we're doing it. Okay. And they both came out reasonably well, and I know we've tweaked them. We've tweaked ah. it to the Lemurl a little bit, but it really hasn't changed a lot. And the same thing with the brother, it's been tweaked, but it didn't get a lot of change, and so we just went for it. Went I for see. the gusto. Yeah. And you guys did it, you did a big, a lot of publicity for it, too. You really wanted it to get out there and, and let everybody know that you guys were making a good Belgian. Yeah. So... I like to see that because you got to, that's the other thing is you got to let people know. And a lot of small brewers, I think, have a hard time doing that. Yeah. And you guys do pretty good at letting people know. Well, we also wanted to uh, move a lot of it because a uh, portion of the proceeds go to the, um, actually don't know a whole lot about it, but the Thelonious Monk Institute. I think it's a, uh, the money goes to like music education. He has a jazz institute or whatever, and the money goes to music music education. And so a Stu portion. knows about it. He's got, you've got it in your, part of your press kit. Yeah, I, uh, I, well, I brought the press kit down because uh, I'd written an article for Celebrator. Okay. Uh, about what was going on with North Coast, and Doug Moody right. and Mark mm-hmm. had given me the press kit, and I was done with it, so I thought I'd pass it on to you guys. Thank you. But, yeah, yeah it's, it's, uh, it's jazz education, and mm-hmm. uh, they, uh, Nor- North Coast makes a donation to the Thelonious Monk Institute of Jazz, every bottle of Brother Thelonious um, that's sold, and you can go to monkinstitute.org to, to check out um, uh, the Thelonious Monk's Jazz Institute. I like that, man. It, you know, yeah. supporting music education is fantastic in this country, so I'd like to see you guys doing that. These guys are also the official uh, beer of the Monterey Jazz Festival. It's yes, correct. that's right. Which oh, is really? huge. Yeah. It used to be Budweiser for decades. And now it's you guys, huh? Yeah. We've rammed our way in. <laughs> Good. We've taken the shit. rammed our way in. <laughs> <laughs> that was an easy Sometimes one. Sometimes you guys just keep ramming. <laughs> uh, all right, northcoastbrewing.com. Of course, you can go there, too. And how many different beers are you guys putting out right now? Uh, about 11. Yeah, 11 if you don't count uh, Rasputin X and the Old Stock Reserve. Okay. He said putting out. <laughs> We're putting out the tunes. <laughs> try try Lemurl if you haven't yet. It's really, oh, yeah. It's excellent. Yeah, Lemurl's very nice. It, it's, a, it's, uh, it's close to as an authentic uh, Belgian farmhouse ale as you'll find here. Wow. Yeah. That's high praise. Thank you. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Who's it? Where's Weasel? <laughs> Did he just pour that for me? Yeah. That's his sour is beer. Is it his? Yeah. That's awesome. There he is right there. Weasel, your beer just kicked me right in the teeth. I love it. That's fantastic. And then give me a reach around at the same time. Yeah, it's one of those beers that you drink. Like I always say, a good um, a good sour beer is one where you make a face like it's the most disgusting thing you've ever drank. That's when you know it's a good sour beer. Yeah, that just kicked me right in the mouth, Weasel. That's nice. I'm ready for nationals. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. A lot of, I got to do these beers because a lot of people have donated stuff to us lately. Been very generous. He Push and Spin too. came up uh, Friday and brought beer from Craftsman Brewing um, out of. They're in the Los Angeles area, exactly where I'm sorry I don't know off the top of my head, but they're making good beer, yeah. and you can only get it down there in the in the LA area. 
Sit so it was there. brought up to us. Cassidy and uh, Doc, <laughs> I'm turning Doc off. That's it. Yeah, turn, turn, turn him off. All right, JP, you're doing fine. Thank you. How weird is that? The Thank Doc's you. the one getting to get turned off tonight. <laughs> Justin, I have an idea. Why don't we all pitch in and buy some ingredients, you ship, said, them, ship them to Austin. You said pitch. Oh, to uh, Jorge and company. Yeah. Wow. And have them brew something, then ship it up. That's not a bad idea. I want them to brew a Vienna lager is what I want them to do. Huh. Right yeah. there, see if they can keep the style alive as well. They'll just give you a yeah. Dos Equis or something. Actually, I, I want her yeah, to I email know. me because I have an extra regulator, so I can send that down to him. Can, that, that, much clo- that much closer to Kagan. <laughs> oh, yeah, he wants to keg. Oh, yeah. You were listening, Doc. Yes, I was. <laughs> he doesn't want a keg set up. And right about that point, I was tuning him out, looking for La Bamba to play. <laughs> Hey, we can only fuck like with them so guys. much. Yeah. Those guys are great. Did you get the Hefeweizen? I did. I want you to... You're a Hefeweizen guy. I'm not. Although I do like this Hefeweizen quite a bit. Craftsman sent this up to us, so I just wanted to mention it. And, and thank you, Todd, for sending us beer. That's very, very nice of you. Uh, Todd Peterson, brewer down there at Craftsman. And uh, this is really tasty. If I could drink multiple Hefeweizens, which I can't because the morning after is awful, I'd drink this one. Head, yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, you like? You'll be drinking mine next week. Yeah. What do you think of this one? I think it's nice. I, I actually like a lot of clove and, and a lot of banana. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't do well in, in competitions, though. Oh. And so I, I think this one's really awesome. Super I, banana. I, I just, I, I could sit and just uh, just watch TV and drink one of these and smile. Yeah. But if you want competition, you got to do a lot lower temperature and, and get less of that. Yeah. Okay. I really like this one. This one's good. Yeah, this one's good. He sent up a few beers that we tried. We don't have any left, but uh, he also had a beer that he mixed. He put it oh, in a yeah. barrel with uh, Cabernet. Cabernet grapes. Uh, no, Cabernet wine. Must, yeah. Must. Yeah. And, and he didn't pour out all the must. He poured it on top of Cabernet it must. Was 50%. And, uh, uh, yeah, f- f- was it 50 50? 50 50. Yeah. 50 It was really. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. It was it was, re- it was, it was good. <laughs> yeah. It was really really interesting, but it wasn't mu- it wasn't very beery. It was kind of juicy. It almost tasted like uh, sangria because of the it was half wine, you know. And what do they call beer. that when you mix beer and wine? Uh, this, this has got to be a word because somebody's done it before. Is there a name? Weird. Yeah. It's called hangover. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's called ouch. Oh, worst hangover I ever had was a night of uh, drinking games out of box wine. I was drinking like Franzia or something. Hey, my even, even, even less than that rupee. I couldn't even get up off the floor the next day. You said box. Well, so Bevo said it. I'm out of here. That's the end of the show. I can't take it anymore. No more yes, than you he can. said. She said. Uh, <laughs> all right. Next week we've got Dan Gordon on the program with us from Gordon Beers. It's Dan Gordon number three, which is going to be, uh, I think, as awesome as the previous two. Plus, he always brings in good stuff. I know we're going to be uh, having his Dunkelweizen. Again, it's not even out yet, is it? No, yeah. it is. I, I found just, out yesterday. I just, I just had some today with lunch. I was, yeah. I was just reading how it's just you know, he wanted to do this for a long time, and they're just now starting to put it out. It's oh. phenomenal. Is it? Yeah. It is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. phenom and God. Yeah. You guys are slow. I haven't had it yet, uh, but I do hear phenomenal. it's phenomenal. Yeah, I got it. He always brings us other goodies, though, too, and maybe we'll drink out of Das Boot, because we have his yeah. boot here from the last time, And too. I won't be here. Can so you drink like out a, of the it's urinal? Like a, it's like a double pleasure for you Wow, guys. what a hey, great show. Put, yeah. Yeah. Dan Dan Gordon, the, I mean, what a terrible show. Dan Gordon. Put the dunkle on the urinal. <laughs> yeah. Dan Gordon That's and no JP. 
Yeah, that's wow. That's a winner. It's like Christmas for you, jerks. <laughs> so Dan Gordon next week from Gordon Beer's Brewing Company. Thank you to Stu Stewart from uh, Belgian Beer Me. Go to belgianbeermeat.com. Thank you guys. Yeah, Appreciate thanks, it. Man. You're, you're welcome. Thank you. Hey, and there, don't forget that it's not just the tours, but you got a couple of classes coming up. Four different ones just in April. So if you're one of our Oregon listeners or you're in Seattle, check it out. You can go can see we Stu Stewart. Learn to be funny on beer. I think it's possible. Yeah, the stand-up <laughs> beer thing. Anything's possible. I want to go to your your stand-up class as well. I, I think that'd be do. awesome. Yeah, that Let's would be do. fun. Do you have it around here? No, it's in Seattle. Oh, yeah. I hate might have to set up a special I one. Hate Seattle. <laughs> cheap flights. Yeah, yeah, they are cheap up there. Yeah, we'll do a beer tour. Not if you ask my wife. Okay, you can hey. just come to Seattle. We'll do a beer tour and a comedy class. <laughs> I'd be down. Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. Actually, I would definitely. I, I be lived down in Seattle for eight years. I'll take you all the. Brew pubs and breweries. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. And then Mike we can go to the bus stop. Uh, we can, JP loves himself the bus <laughs> the stop. The bus stop's great. There's a, a phone call still, too. I don't know. Don't touch the bathroom. Mike Milam from uh, uh, Beer Bear More Beer, and he was our sour beer expert today. Thank you very much for sharing that information with us. Has he gone? Is he, is he here somewhere? He's gone? Cool. Okay. He's left the building. Late. Yeah. Mike has left Mike the building. Mike has left the building. But great information. Yeah. I appreciate him spending some time to do oh, that yeah. with us. And then uh, Chris and Morgan, North Coast. Appreciate it. Go to northcoastbrewing.com and you can check that out. And you guys got to come back for a full show. Definitely. So I know it's far, Deal. but uh, we got to talk about yeah, all these well, beers. Yeah, well, you crash here and we'll, we, we we'll play I'm beer jingle with you. Up there too? Do yeah. that. We come, come together because we got yeah. a, you got enough beers for us to do a whole show to talk about. So, for sure. Yeah. Come beer on Beer jingle is really good. Weasel, thanks for the sours, man. Appreciate it. You Tasty's here. Hey, you he brought beer. Schumann, you just look stupid. <laughs> But you did it good. You did Sammy's it really out. well yeah. today. Sam, don't Sam's swallow out. your throw up. Is Sam just literally passed out on the couch oh, over there? They were throwing things at him. He's beer jinga material. He's been passed out for like two and a half hours. Let's draw that. cocks on his face. Where's the camera when you need one? Yeah. There's one right here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in with Take us. Take a picture with him and the dog. Thanks to all our guests. I appreciate it. Dan Gordon next week. Don't yeah. forget to support our sponsors who uh, paid for your program today. Plus, you donators paid for the program today, and I appreciate that. You can hit the Donate Now button on our homepage. And... Uh, Help support the program and uh, buy Brew Your Own Magazine through our homepage. You can see the banner right there. You get a great magazine. We get a little kickdown. And uh, get yourself an AHA membership through the store. All the ways that you can support us, keep us on the air, helping us help you. Cheers, everybody. We'll see you next week. Well, I'm the one right now.